yourself a tall glass of RC Cola, then sit back and relax, because we're about to take you on a journey. A journey into DC Comics. I'm America's Sweetheart, Eric Shea. And I'm Jim Moore. And you listen to episode number 220 of the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast. Episode 220, what's your favorite journey song, Eric? Is it... Uh... It is, I don't know. What's your favorite? All my favorite. They all are mine as well. Oh my, Steve Perry gem. But yes, this is episode two twenty. Off with a bang, Eric. You looking up Journey songs now? I I I hear typing. Ah, yes. But yeah, welcome to episode two twenty. That means. 220 straight weeks of this nonsense, Eric. Will, will the madness ever end? 219 it, straight no, weeks. No, actually, I think that uh, Batman Beyond Mark proved that it was actually 220 it would be because of the way we had before then. And anyway, we did record that that week also, so we'll have to see how. I don't know. He ended up explaining <laughs> it to me, and it made sense the one time. <laughs> but here we are. Here we are. Uh, we're here to talk about stuff, Eric. We do have a website that you can go and, and check us out at weirdsciencedccomics.com we also are on twitter at weirdsciencedc and we have a patreon account that's patreon.com slash weirdscience and you could go over there to support us for all the things that we do and get a bunch of other shows we had started doing not just a dc comic spotlight but a marvel and an indie comic spotlight as well and i'll tell you what those spotlights are this week the marvel patreon only spotlight was spider-man life story number one me and brennan did that and liked it. We had an Indie Comics Patreon-only spotlight, which was Dark Red number one by Tim Seeley. Yeah, we, we liked it enough. Vampires. Yeah. Uh, we also have, yeah, wait, who ordered the steak, Eric? I don't have that <laughs> I did. right now. DC Comics Patreon-only spotlight, though, is the big one for people listening to this podcast. And if you want to listen to us talk about Batman number 67, as well as Teen Titans Go, Eric number 33, uh, you have to go over to the Patreon. So yes, the Batman... Is not going to be on this. Uh, the badass has picked it for the Patreon only spotlight. And going into it, I said to you, boy, that's going to be the worst. Like, we're only going to have three minutes to talk about. And we don't have much to say. I think that one ended up being about 35 minutes of us yep. just talking about Batman number 67 and trying to not not trying to be positive about it, but trying to give us new info, Eric, new info, not repeating ourselves. I said uh, we got complaints that we repeat ourselves a I'm bit sure when we we, totally with our ourselves. hate. I don't know. Uh, at least I ended up apologizing for repeating things. But if you want to listen to that, go over there. Also, then this you week on the Patreon. Apologized. Yeah. Also on this this week on Patreon, me and Reggie had our Saturday morning cartoon Supercade show, which was on the Mr. T nice. cartoon episode one. I did my weekly comic news show this morning and then coming up later this week. Uh, we will have the new 52 review Deathstroke Volume 1 Legacy. Oh, Some what a people gem. like that new 52. And that's going to be all eight issues. Is it eight issues, yes. right? Eight issues. We're going to have it all in one episode. We're not breaking that one up. We also have a pop culture podcast coming up on Monday. I know much to Eric's chagrin. Uh, What's wrong with pop culture? I'm telling you, when it shows up, we're like, oh, man, we got to oh, do no. that. We also have uh, so back tired. issues. I know. We have back issues coming up, which will feature Mark Wade's Flash number zero from nice. 1994 and the I tie-in have, issue to zero hour event yeah to zero hour and i have a secret origins of the mad hatter coming up 
But all of those, almost of all of those, uh, are picked by a certain bunch of people Who on did, the Patreon. They're the badasses, Eric. So everybody, <laughs> uh, smoke like a badass, and here they come, Eric. We got the badasses getting ready here. Alphabetical order this time. All right. I'm waiting to see Classic. if I actually have the one that goes down. I hope so. We oh have double A run. Yes, we did, Eric. I got the right one. We have double A run. Aldrin, Stoja, Anthony G, Bobby Bain, Brandy, Murray, Brian, King Carlos, The Cellar Dweller, Chester McJerk, Comic Boom, welcome Rocky to the badasses, D-Man 3000, Danny the Street, All New Dave, David Fink, Eric G, Hakeem, Ian, John Jack, Jolly Drew, Josh Vermillion, Lady Abby, Lone Wolf, Marv's Wolf, Luis, Mark Jager, Batman Beyond Mark, Matches Balone, Mrs. T, or Missy T as we call her, Monty, Nick Adams, Polly P, I hope he's feeling better, he's in the hospital right now, supposed to, he's in the short stay unit. And they're keeping them long, Eric. That don't make sense. My man Pete from NYC, Reggie, right said Fred. He's too sexy for the badasses, I hear. Too Both sexy for everyone. our guy, uh, Rob Lewis. He's me and your man. Ruben. Ryan Reading, Scott Manship. Scott. Manship. <laughs> it's so funny when you say Scott. T-Funk, Swanee, <gasps> and Ulysses Jones in the Ulysses Jones show. There you go, Eric. I was right out. on time. No, no, no. no, no. no. I'm you like a out. wizard. We're always on time, Eric. Uh, it's because I, I get all fired up about Scott Manship. Yeah. I just he's Manship, but I, I like to call him Scotty Boy is what no, I call him. I, I never have called him that. Scotty Boy went and saw <laughs> just a liar, the, is what you are. <laughs> Scotty Boy went and saw Captain Marvel, and amazingly, he liked it. Now, I will preface that by saying Scotty Manship likes everything, it's true, and, and especially everything that uh, one Jim Warner doesn't like. But I haven't seen Captain Marvel, and probably never will. I'm what not about a movie Shazam. Guy. That's out this week. I actually am intrigued to see Shazam, actually. But I, I, I think that if I want to go, 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 t- go up to the ticket taker and be like, I'll have one for Captain Marvel, please. Oh and I'll go you're, in and there's not the one that I want. Home. And then I'll yell, no, no, no. I'm talking no. about the original Captain what a Marvel. Jerk. <laughs> I'm going to be no, that I guy. Actually, is it weird that I say, man, I'm intrigued to see Shazam. And then I feel like a piece of shit for also saying I might not see Captain Marvel. So if I see one, I should see the other. Just no, so I'm not a piece of shit. You are a piece of, of shit, but that's not going to change things. Oh, well, no, it'll make me. I don't care that I know I'm a piece of shit. I need to fake the fun well, to other people. I think you're a piece of shit? The, the ticket teller. When I'm like, hey, I'll go see Shazam. I just love it. I'm going to go up to the, I'm not going to watch that Captain Marvel ticket taker. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I'm like, guy. hey. Hey, I'm going to go see Shazam, not that Captain Marvel nonsense. Is like that a people, lady I see on much. the marquee? I see a poster with ladies? I'm out. No, I don't. I, yeah, no, oh, you're one of those. Toxic masculinity over here. They're yelling, Eric, to everybody else. I don't know where you watch else. your movies, but it sounds awful. I watch them on Twitter. That's the problem. Twitter <laughs> becomes a real place where I'm like, yeah, I'll have a ticket to, to Shazam. Oh, have you seen Captain Marvel yet? Well, no, I, oh, here we go. Hashtag toxic masculinity over here. Everybody, look at him. No, I probably won't see either. (laughs) It's true. The whole deal. Uh, Do you you think that if I was going to watch either, I should first watch Aquaman? Not that you need to, but should I start watching? Do do you think? I I didn't say need to. I don't think you should, no. Yeah, well, I won't then. How about Batman v Superman? The only Superman? things I think people should do are the things that they need to do. 
How about Batman v Superman? Should I watch that no. at some point? How about Justice League? Should I watch that? How about a Wasp and the, the, the you know Wasp and the little? Yeah, guy? you should probably Isn't watch that, that before you watch that? Captain Marvel. Oh really? Wasp and the little guy. It, it won't matter. I just think you should end up watching these movies and Doctor Strange. No. And you know they're good movies. Yeah, I haven't seen Doctor Strange yet. Should I end up seeing? Uh, now you're just making think. fun of everybody who has watched these movies. No, I hope you they feel good can, about yourself. I, I hope that they like them. I I can't pay attention to that. I can't pay attention, Eric. I have hypertension, but I can't pay tension. Uh, should I go out maybe and watch uh, Dark Knight? Should I finally watch that one, Eric? Is how that come, something I hope I should you watch? have because you've told everybody how you like Batman Begins and not The Dark Knight. So yeah, I hope well, you would have watched because, it. Well, wouldn't you say that about something you haven't watched? No, I know I, like, I wouldn't. I say I like Batman Begins more than I haven't seen. I, I watched it. I haven't seen the whole thing. I get bored with it. I really don't like it. I, I get like halfway and I'm like, yeah, I'm out. So, yeah, all these things that people say are the greatest things ever. I, I usually you take a strong watched. stance against. I got you. No, it's after like 1991. I said, you know what? Nah, there's going to be few and far between these movies that I'm going to actually watch from now on. I made a stand there. I made I a know. stand against the the horrors that is the movie industry. I don't like the way they operate. You know, in the 90s, you you did have Pearl Gem. They made a stance against Ticketmaster. I just made a stance against movies is what I did. I saw some. Not I many, took a no. stance against ticker takers. Yeah, really. Those ticket takers, they, they have a lot to say in my world. I'm sure I'd have some problem. I'd go and I would end up and I'd have the asshole. I'm like, yeah, I'll see Captain Marvel. Oh, which one? And then it'll get all out of hand. I don't work there. <laughs> and I'm like, what's going on here? Yeah. No, it'll end up being that, that crazy made up discussion that supposedly some writer of maybe a book that rhymes with Atman had with an Uber driver that, that was way involved for any Uber driver. Nonsense, Eric. But, you know, that's not what we're here to talk about. We're not here to talk about Uber drivers or ticket takers. We're here to talk about comics. So we're going to go off right now and do just that. Now we have waited for far long enough for the part of the podcast we love. The meat and the cheese that we crave. Hello, and here we are with the reviews. No ticket, Eric. No ticket. You, you, over and over again. If, if you don't have a ticket, you know what happens next. Hey! Who ordered the steak? That's right. That's what happens when you don't have a ticket. You ask who ordered the steak. Now, is this and the then, main uh, podcast or this is the indie podcast? Th- this we do? is the main. Okay. Hey! Who ordered 
the problem is, is what happens when we record, the uh, sound effects are left over from there. They save them up Which here. means you have to use them over and these over again, are, obviously. These are what we have. The, the best part is, is that's not even the case because I ended up having to log in again and I put these back in <laughs> because I like them. No tickets. <laughs> There's no a bad dates here, Eric. There's just those. No tickets. What's that you and sound. And then this, well, that's true. Or me, anytime. High school, college, never had any dates. This is the part of the review podcast. I, I'd like to start out like this, Eric. Tonight, we don't have a lot of reviews here. It's true. Um, but I would hope to say that they will be positive Uh-oh. reviews. We'll positively be talking about a bunch of books here. Please don't think that we're miserable curmudgeons. Please think that we are people who are giving our accurate and heartfelt reviews i'm done with this that that was actually this dramatic pianos that that was part of the generic soundboard things so i'm deleting these things off there there's ballpark organ and then dramatic piano i wonder what the dramatic piano is the the part of the thing is when i'm at the ballpark i'd like to kiss you on the lips you can kiss me on my ballpark organ Eric. Along the times also, though, if me and you, here's a joke. We'll continue the jokes that we had last week, Eric. If we go to the baseball game, if we go to the baseball game and uh, would you kiss me on the strikes? Because if you do that, Eric, I'll certainly kiss you on the balls. Boom. There you go. We're ready, Eric. Now I am ready for the podcast. Is this all? I, I, I don't know what happened to this relationship we have. Why are we starting? All of a sudden, we're just smooching each other all the time in your oh, mind. Oh, smooching. I yeah. thought you were more upset that I was taking you to the baseball games. That That's what awful. I thought your, your problem is. Listen, if we go to the baseball game, I will let you lick my pretzel if you let me lick your wiener. There we go, Eric. How about that? There's a lot of baseball. <laughs> you like that? How about if we go to the baseball game, you can pretend you're the pitcher i'll pretend i'm the catcher how about that we have a theme going on here right i I guess we still have have not heard the baseball organ though well no i I deleted that i told you i only left dramatic piano i I didn't leave baseball organ, and and i know i didn't even check it it's definitely charge i don't need that charge that's what i think it would be charge is what tanya does every time she behind my back gets another credit card that's what she yells Comic books, Eric. We're here to talk about comic books. There's not a ton of comics this week. In fact, we ended up, as you already have heard, we ended up having Teen Titans go on the Patreon spotlight, picked by the badasses of the Get Fresh crew. Beep, Beep, boop. Um, But yeah, we we don't have a lot. Dan DiDio has said that he's going to, you know, thin the herd here. Uh, So we don't have a ton, though. I think that this episode will be a little bit longer because Reginald is back. He is back. He's back for the attack. And him and Chris are doing a little catch up and mustard of the Sandman universe. Now, with that, please don't expect to hear anything about Harley or Black Files on this show. Because he did say to me, hey, uh, what are we going to catch up on? I'm like, nothing. We're going to do Aquaman this week. We got to catch up on this week's Aquaman is what we got to do. It's funny. He said, uh, that's good because my voice is still really shot. And it was really bad. I'm like, yeah, I wasn't really thinking of your voice. I wasn't being nice (laughs) thinking of your voice. I was thinking of the uh, horror that is both Harley and Black Files. But yeah, if you want to go and read all of the reviews, including what I just put up, a second opinion of the Batman by Jay from Canada, 
Uh, I'll tell you, it's a little more positive than my initial review. You can go over, as well as all the other reviews this week, over at WeirdScienceDCComics.com. We're going to have a two-book section uh, to begin with. And I I like both of these books. I I don't love them, but I like them. And that's more of a positive spin, though, right? We're trying to accentuate the positive. I like these enough. I like one a little more than the other just because it's a little more, it's a bigger book, but that's Just League number 20. And that's written by Scott Snyder and Jorge Jimenez, art by Jorge Jimenez and Alejandro Sanchez and Tom Napolitano. And yes, I did say written by Jorge Jimenez with Scott Snyder. He actually worked on the plot with him. He didn't write the script, but worked on the plot. This was the first time I I believe he said this is happening. Jorge now, so he can tell me what the plot of this comic book is. He's not going to, because I like this issue. I I actually like this issue a lot. I don't know why you, what do you need? You need to have him hold your hand? I don't understand still. I'm telling you, we're in the sixth dimension, which it just, it seems to be our world in the future where they wouldn't. No, they're putting it back together. It's the sixth dimension. Yeah, they are putting the multiverse. Well, they already said it's the dimension of, you know, the the imagination and the creation. They're just creating a new world. The thing is, as we go on here, neither does Batman. Nobody knows what it no. is. We have, but they haven't been told. That's, That's the part of is, a story. For the, how I see this weird, strange, futuresque world, like, you know, how old do you think Shane is? You know, the Hawkman, Martian man, like the, the Hawk Martian abomination that we have. How old do you think I, he is? I would think he's probably about 12, 13. Okay, because I was going a little bit. See, even that's more. I was going to go seven in my mind. So, like, let's say no. seven years in the future, whatever this world is, where yep. we know how to create, like, you know, take down the Legion of Doom and bring the multiverse back together and even create new worlds because all yeah. the stuff that we've been doing, like, why are we still doing this after this long? How long is this story going to take that we have to, like, you know, fight the Legion of Doom and Perpetual for the next, what, 12 years? Well, it would, but the problem is, though, that you have to keep in mind as well that Superman said he went through here for decades yeah. before they even, but they're making this world after the fact. This is a world that they're creating after the fact of defeating them. And it took, you know, that's why Superman's so old, Wonder Woman's so old. We have to see how it works out. Batman's dead. You I just know, thought all they had hard stuff. times to stop moisturizing no, or something they, like they that. Just, uh, we, we are going to find out. I mean, here's the whole thing. You're looking too much into it because by the end, none of this is real. And that's it the problem work. I have because it and might as well be the Justice League nightmares for me at this point because none of this matters. We spend this entire time to walk through this world. That's just a setup and wrong and not real. I'm like, oh, what what are we doing here? Yeah, well, I think it's something that they're they have to have that Lex is obviously making Mixie do something here that what they end up and doing in this world is going to change even things. That, I couldn't throughout. even tell if it, the, the Legion of Doom had any control over Mixelplick because the see, like you know, they are watching Mixelplick for some reason. He is losing his mind. He's being controlled by yeah. something. It seems like, and then even goes to attack whatever Justice League members we have left, like Mara and Starman. But he's like, you know. Imagine if we had our own imp brainiac and then he opens up a door and it seems that he has Batmite in a container or a contingency against Batmite. I don't know. But no, it doesn't seem like they have thing. control. It's, it's that whole deal. And that's the thing. I think that Mixelplick is not attacking Mara or them. He's trying to break free. He just breaks out of the thing and tells Mara, like, I, I can't even talk to you right now. I got shit to do and breaks out. I think that he was more trying to go and either get out or go fight Lex himself. By the end there, when he breaks out as 
as a huge entity because they're he's, you know he's yelling monster. At yeah, he is. But the Just League are in the future six dimension Wonderland, but something isn't right beside Shane. It's just all too perfect. While we don't see exactly what's up I yet, it seems done. that Lex is involved and he wants his own imp. While it all feels a bit like the Age of X Men stuff going on at Marvel now, I do like it, and I just think it's a trap. It's it's obviously a trap to get them stuck in this dimension. It was set up by Lex. Lex right. is controlling him with Brainiac. I just think he's trying to get them out of the way. And it's a, you know, the man for the man who has everything for the entire Just League. But you have the idea that while this is going on, Shane being created from both the uh, Martian Manhunter and Kendra is something a little more and actually can sense that this isn't right and wants right. to warn them. But yeah, I just think this is all just a big trap for them. I it's don't such a think weird it's- idea too. Like I'm going to create an entire world. That is a trap for the Just League, but there's going to be an entity within this world that can spill the beans at any given point. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, but I think that that went away from them. And I right. think the problem is, is the idea of, and this is in my head right. of, Okay, we're gonna we're gonna set up this fake universe. Obviously, this isn't our Superman, and if it is, it's a weird sixth dimension. You know that he went in, he got trapped somewhere else. This Superman came out. Obviously, he's older, but that really doesn't matter anyway. Again, this is kind of make believe. It seems, but it seems to me that. Lex, Mixie, you know, whoever and however it was formed to make it the perfect world for them. Right. They were a little off with Kendra Martian Manhunter. And I believe that the kind of wink wink is the idea that they have these slight feelings for each other, but it never would have progressed this far. And but so it's kind of like Worf and Deanna Troy at the end of you know the, maybe, uh, the next but generation, I, I but they I never have got no together. idea what you're saying with that <laughs> nonsense. But I'm saying at one point, if they went now and you know you have Mixie and Lex and whatever, right. and they're making the six dimensional weird science podcast world, right? And they only got to listen to what we just recorded tonight. We would go in and there'd be me and you smooching <laughs> at a baseball game on the strikes and on the balls, and we would it would throw us off. We'd be like, what the hell? And then I'd start thinking like, what's this go? Wait a second. This was a joke that we had. But I think there was this like section of time, just this little kernel of time that they grabbed to make it because you do have a Flash who's re-putting together the multiverse with Jon Stewart, the architect. Flash being, it's it's pretty much Flashpoint again. And I don't even understand also, this Flash. I wish I'm telling you, you can look at Jon Stewart and they always talk about the idea that he's an architect. You could, if you yeah. want to throw in the whole military aspect, this is the greatest sense of Jon Stewart. But him just wearing a white lantern costume. It is like, weird. Okay. That's now, white the flash lantern is John weird. Sword. What is up with the flash? It seems He's like wearing- Flash is all three. Like it's it's Wally and Barry. Because at one point when he's standing there, there are what exactly. appears to be Wally. I it's think almost that like again, solitary that we have but before. this is where like- I'm saying. I think that this is where we're seeing this trouble is because they've tried to grab. So they go to grab the flash at a point where there was more than one flash. So it's this weird thing. Also, the idea of, hey, we got the still force, the speed force, and the hyper time. Again, that seems like a oh, segment no. of we, this right now. At some now. point in the future, we use the speed force and the still force to crush hyper time. Like, yeah. I don't even know what but that means. But that's why I'm saying what I'm saying is I don't think that they really do either. I think that this is the play of them getting generic versions of 
of what they think would be the triggers for all these characters. You have Wonder Woman. She's there with her all herself. Look at Themyscira. It's so great. Look, you know these new Amazons, Vixen and Kara. The the things (laughs) all seem a little off. Yeah, and Ivy. Things seem a little bit off to me. Like I said, you you have this idea of, oh, we crushed the hypertime with the still and then the speed force. I don't know how that works, but I think that that's what it's supposed to be. I think that it's supposed to be these things that were grabbed from, you know, almost like from the headlines of today, but from these characters to try to get them to love this universe. The thing is, Batman is always going to be the one that's never going to be fooled, right? So when he goes and they show Gotham in a really good moment, too, as they go and it ends up being Dick Grayson, Batman sacrificed himself to beat Doom in this reality uh, and to beat, you know, Perpetua and Lex and all that. And you have Dick Grayson, who's now Batman, who isn't aged as much as some of the others. Like, it's off. But he says, like, the family aspect. Look, you know, I took over your family. Oh, look, I got them. He's like, man, it's bright here. It's called the sun, Bruce. And that's good. <laughs> but the problem is Bruce looks at it and it's like, okay, well, where are the villains? Yeah. And I think that that's going to be another thing that isn't here because that's not the for the man. But Batman needs the villains. I think right. that is a wink, wink at, again, a Batman in that whole thing we even had with the Joker and Batman and the Batman issue we talked about on the Patreon only spotlight. Batman isn't Batman without his villains. Right. And they're not here. And I don't think they are. And I think that that's going to be where, you know, Batman gets this idea that something's wrong and all this. But while they go in, they go. And Superman's introducing everything. Look, this is the greatest deal. Like I said, it's a weird thing with the Shane, which who is to me a monstrosity yeah. and should be put out of his misery now. But he is part Kendra. You know, he's a, a hawk Martian. And the thing is, too, we, we come in here with the Justice. For some reason, maybe I'm just not thinking correctly about the whole thing because we did see Superman go through the doorway before to go to the sixth yeah. dimension. And he comes back. He'd been there for however long, you know. Yeah, he and claimed now, decades, but exactly. He's gone and then he brings the Justice League back with him to show him the future of this yeah. weird. I tell you, I don't know how it works in my mind, but why is nobody asking where Superman is on this? Why is there only one Superman, but there's doubles of everybody else? Well, I'm, I'm saying because Superman, that's yeah, that, but it was him who went through first yes. and made it. But they aren't asking. And uh, and there's another thing that maybe they will be like, well, what's going on? Also, just the idea just, of a lot of other characters. Now, you have a Dick Grayson, but a right. lot of other characters are mentioned. But everything seems to be very devoid of people. You have the just, you know, the Hall of Justice here, the House of Justice. The House of Justice, yeah. Uh, that's more, uh, you know, it's more of a multidimensional thing now, like the House of Heroes kind right. of called out there. But they're just there. There's nobody else there. And it's like, oh, there's a, a museum. There's no defenses. We don't need that now. It's just a museum. You have Martian men are like, oh, man, there is the full map. It's not just justice or doom. It's the full map. That's what he Which wants. Pretty That's cool. a yeah. trigger. Yeah, and it's a, a big trigger. And like, oh, here we go. This is our son. And, and that's where I think that a lot oh of people God, were gross. thrown off already with Martian Manor and Kendra because you're like, Kendra, what, what about Hawkman? And all now this is the sixth dimension. You're playing Hawk around. Man? But again, Hawkman he, doesn't want to do with Kendra in his own book. Why no, is she going to no, do it with him? <laughs> well, I'm with this. I think that since he is created in this, in my mind, that's why he's a little off because he doesn't have a counterpart. He isn't something that they're trying to protect. This is just there as, to me, a prop to get Kendra and Martian Manhunter. Okay, well, this is cool. And in that, they even talk to Kendra and, and Hawk, or Martian Manhunter and say, you know, you guys came together. You, you ended up lying to the people when 
one you have to. And, and that throws them off. They're, each person has a little bit of a kind of a trigger deal, except and, maybe Barry. I'm done, <laughs> Barry's I, I need, just dumb. I want to find this whole thing because this is so funny in my mind because when they had the whole thing where you have the future Hawk girl and Marsha Manor talking to the, you know, the current version of it, talking about, John, you were the shepherd. You connect everyone to the great mission. You make them see what they must do, what they must sacrifice. And Kendra, you're the person who tells them what to say and when not to say stuff. Yeah, that's like, like, the tongue. Like, it just, it just it like, made me laugh so hard because it was almost like an afterthought. And Kendra. And Kendra, you, by the you way. Were, you were there the whole time, too. You Good nag them a lot. You <laughs> nag them about things. But, yeah, but, you have all these things look set at up. Like, going back to that thing you are saying, though, I'm telling you. Barry Allen, I'm telling you, a great CSI, a great detective in his own right. If I go into another world and I see a version of myself where all this crazy <laughs> stuff is going, <laughs> with I'm going to ask a goddamn question. I'm going to ask what I, I, happened, there, man. Well, because like, for some reason, even looking at his main persona in that you know new fancy white suit, it doesn't even look like Barry Allen. No. There's, he has brown he hair. Really aged. He I really aged. Even, but I'm again, you, though, it doesn't even look like Because it's a combo of Wally yeah. and Barry. And, what and is it's it? Odd. I don't know because there's well, these weird flashes one, in the background of like, like. You know, that are vibrating. I yeah, have no yeah. idea what's going on. And it on. could even be barred. I, it, yeah. It's something going on. But yeah, you have the Trini. With all this, you do have Batman saying like, oh, how, you know, just He's tell us how to questions. win. Yeah, just tell us how to win. I want to get out of here. We want to go back home. And they keep, well, you know. We'll tell you, just relax. And I think there's a timing issue with there as well. But you do find out that you don't get the whole plan. But basically, hey, you know how to win? It's my grandfather. Keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. You, you're you're going to have some just twists and turns. Just keep plugging away, guys. Just keep going. It'll work. I just, Look at us. We're alive. I, and, just uh, being the Justice League, though, these are the greatest heroes of all time. And I know we're going to a place, a strange place, where they're supposedly seeing themselves. And I they want to get the information. I think that you want to get that idea. And Batman's the only one. And if Superman was there, I think that he would be as well. Like, oh, but, what's going on? But I think a lot of this is to trigger them to be in awe and not well, yeah, ask you, many you questions. Get them spellbound and the whole thing. We're, obviously, we're keeping them busy while something's going on in this whole thing. But once you go in and you see these things, I'm like, all right, how are we going to do this? Well, we're going to tell you. But, you know, maybe tomorrow. Let's just spend yeah. a day sightseeing. I'm like, yeah, all right, you know everybody, what? Justice League, <laughs> assemble. We're fighting these. This is a trap. Yeah, Let's get yeah, out of here. Yeah. I like it. Like, listen, we'll talk about it. I am not just coy. You guys are going to have a lot of hard times ahead. Why, why don't you relax? I'm telling you, you like to relax. You don't go to work every day, every every day of the year. Yeah, You're just taking yeah. a little day off. They, they do go a step. Nobody calls me thing. a superhero either, This though. is also the thing. No, that is true. <laughs> Especially not just. But with that. Is there a possibility that this Superman is on the up and up and they're trying to push them some way because they do end up giving us background, more background of Perpetua and putting her in a not so great light. That's the thing that throws me off because they talk about how Perpetua and Lex is, you know, we know all this because they are like, well, at this moment, doom. And like, we know this, we, we have, we were you, we, you know, we're a future version, alternate, whatever, but we know what's going on. Let's just tell, I want to tell you about Perpetua. And I like this explanation. It doesn't give you the full deal. Obviously it says the seven unnatural energies. We're still not, you know, we're still confused to that, but knowing that the monitor, anti-monitor and world forger are her sons that, that seemed pretty cool. I get it. You know, that she's the big, 
bad. There's also others of her that I didn't really think of before because they're the ones, the others in prison. She was forever in prison in the source well, and they're like, the others got upset, even if it was just the three, but they ended up imprisoning her because she was trying to make the multiverse into this darker deal, this this awful version. And the multiverse wants to be correct it wants to be balanced it wants to do all this and she was trying to switch that so you do set up that you have the world forger you know mentioned again which we were wondering by the end of metal if we were ever going to hear about that but that's when they're like listen and it even says perpetua's goal through it is to turn our multiverse away from justice toward doom to turn it into a weapon a poison arrow aimed at her brethren and we must get control of the multiverse from her and help her uh, help it achieve a higher form Maybe this is, you know, the roundabout deal that it is Superman. He's not with Perpetual. He's not with Lex. He's with this other deal that wants to, this is the higher form. And they know that by the end, could it be something as, I don't know, is it cliche enough of, you know, you guys are good. Lex is bad. You both are the problem. You're going to keep wrestling with this nonsense. I want to get rid of it. The higher form is the evolution of all you together. And that's where they're almost like a third party. But I I don't mind it as much as you. uh, Only because I I know that it's I know that it is this whole thing seems to be not believe, you know, it's make believe whatever. But this book has not been fun. Since it started, we're at well, we're in issue twenty, and I had fun with this. You issue. want to talk about fun? You want to make a, have a make believe world that I can get all on board with? That's it's, fun. It's you give Starro. me Jaro the boy yeah. wonder as Robin. I need that, that was look. one of my fit. That that's to me. Jaro dressed up as Robin fighting so Deathstroke hey, with Batman <laughs> is basically the smiles that I wanted to have when Rebirth started. That yeah. is, and it's so weird. I mean, it's not like I'm demanding a Jaro book, but I'm kind that's of demanding the fun. a Jaro book. At this I would point. like it. That's the fun of it. I love just the it, idea that annoy me at Batman the beginning of Jaro puffing and puffing oh, going yeah, after Deathstroke, but the but the He's person Homer. who can take out Deathstroke is Jaro. I got it, Daddy. I love it. That's that's the thing is when he first started calling Batman dad, I was yeah. annoyed. Now I love it. Also, I love that he's trash talking. Deathstroke. Huh, more like death joke. Am I right? Batman Am I gets right? There. Yeah, Batman gets a good one, uh, son. Good one, son. Yeah, and I, it's a dream. He's having dream a dream. so much. And it's, I want to see this. This the, needs to be one of the multiverse oh, worlds. Yeah. And one of the deals with, uh, you know, uh, Jorge is when he goes and signs things, it, it better be this Robin. This yeah. Jarl Robin is the best. And it's on that panel there. I oh, love you, daddy. Dad? <laughs> I love you, daddy. But yeah, as this is going on, you have Mara, a star man, trying to wake uh, Jaro up because something has gone on. There's a cocoon around Le- a uh, weird around energy Mixon. cocoon. It which seems like you- I think he has made. I think yeah, he's trying yeah, to fight like, this off. Wasn't he supposed to be in that weird diamond, he black was. diamond eclipse but deal? I, like, has I he turned that into an they, energy cocoon, or they just let him out? I, I, don't, I don't know. know. But yeah, he's in this energy cocoon of his own making and Jaro comes out to read his mind. You have Will Payton like something's going on. I, I can't read it. Jaro's like, I can. There's a voice in his head and it's saying, you must do what we agreed on, Mix- you know, Mixie. And we'll see if that is the deal. You're so but- afraid to say his name, aren't you? I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to get yeah. You say it wrong, Because dude. we say it. Mix will click, but it's yeah. Mixie's pitalick. Other people say it. Yep. Everybody has a different way of saying it. So I say Mixie. 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 They even say it. <laughs> 
the best is as it goes on, I think that you have uh, Mara actually call him Mixie at one point. I'm like, thank you, Mara. Uh, but yeah, you end up, like I said, you get these triggers and the triggers might be a little off in the sixth dimension where you have Kendra and Martian Manhunter are married in the future with a kid. They even think that's weird. But I think that it was like, grab a slice of life of what's going on. Yeah, they did kiss. So, hey, that's in their mind now. There you go. Well, it's a weird uh, thing, too, because for whatever, who's ever can, uh, controlling Mixie at this point? You know, the thing is, you know, you must do what we agreed on, Mixie, and erase the line before it's too late. Line, and the line yeah. at this point is because they end up talking about the idea of these dimensions yeah. where you have the first dimension, which is just a point. Second dimension a is a line. And they uh, do this whole thing when we go to the actual Superman later on talking about the line is the, the bullets still like going, the locomotive, yeah. the leap over a tall bound. This is the line. I'm like, well, it's not exactly – he's not two dimensions. If he is a comic book, he is. But like yeah. the whole thing, if you're thinking about it actually, this line is it's two-dimensional it doesn't really make a lot of sense altogether yeah. in my mind, but it seems like the whole idea is like, all right, Mexi, I know you have a lot of fun and games with this Superman guy, but for whatever we're doing, you need to kill him now. Yeah, Stop you need to around. be done with this. Yeah. And it, it's set up earlier where you, you think that Mixie might have been, you know, obviously he's coerced, he's made a yeah. deal, whatever the case may be. But he did mention, like, I- I'm your imaginary friend, Superman. I think that it will come down to that, that Mixie does actually love Superman like a Batmite loves Batman. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes. But, yeah, you, you go through these things. You have Batman in uh, Gotham. You have Jon Stewart and uh, Barry Labs. in Star Labs where they're re-putting together the multiverse. There's building things. You have the reason why <laughs> Jon Stewart is a – a white lantern is because he says, I energize them with the life entity. It's just there okay. to throw that out. That works there. for me. Yeah. That sounds yeah. good. Just the idea, though, for how many decades, and we're still trying to put it back together. I'm like, this is hey, the never ending story. This is the multiverse. There's a lot of stuff going on. But again, when they're Can't sitting you just build there. a wishing machine or do a I kumbaya just, circle or something, guys? What, Come on. What they have to put together is Barry because he's sitting there again and he, zoop, zoop, he, he has all the flashes zipping around. And yeah, that is never good. It never works out. No. But they're there. I also just love I love the John. They're throwing gang symbols out there. John's got the two. You got Barry with the one. I'm like, what are you doing? But I do like that. And it's like, flash frack, brother. And I'm like, I like it. I love the art. I thought the art oh, was the art's great. great. Yeah. I, and for some you, reason, don't like Barry and John being this close of friends, though. The fact they, they love each other. This but is again, this the future where they're just such good friends. That's a flashback. Don't you ever say that again, I, John. Again, Have some pride seems, in yourself. It does seem <laughs> off to me to try to get them involved in something else. Because this, I, I again, I may be thinking way too into it. But the idea of John there and you have him and Barry, where that's huge. You know what I mean? And it is, hey, you know, you're an architect. This is some stuff that you would like, right? That keeps John from going, yeah, where are the, all the Green Lanterns? Where's the core in, in this world? Or, you know, he hasn't even asked his ring anything that uh, seems a little off also. It does. But you have Wonder Woman, but they, they seem to be trying to all of them with this. It's shock and all going on. You do have Wonder Woman, Themyscira, and, and not even called that really. It's like, oh, we're here at the island. Oh, yeah. And like, okay, you know, I'll go with it. Yeah, who go with it? And like, oh man, you know, the island need a new purpose. It's going to be, you know, we're going to bring light to the world, not just protect the secrets and great truths, but tell everyone about them. Oh my, you got new Amazons, Vixen, Carrie, Ivy. Ah, and I think Ivy's that that's dead. just it. Yeah, and I think that that's or is she? Aren't we have heroes <laughs> in crisis next week? Now, but you have Wonder Woman who's there, and that would be something. 
something that would get her. I mean, is this, like I said, for the team that has everything? I, I don't know. Batman's there. Everything's great. His war on crime, he's won it. You have Dick Grayson as Batman. Gotham is a... I mean, a, a bright light in the world so now. Beacon, I'm telling you, the signal I mean, is always working with all the light going on in this place. You also have lots of spaceships flying around. I don't understand. But yeah, you have all this going future. on. Yeah, yeah. Even like Wayne Tower is just this ball up yeah, in like that it. looks like Atlantean <laughs> technology. That Things got a little too about. sleek in the future yeah, for well, my life. again, because Batman's dead. This is what happens. It's like if I died right now, who knows what this house would look like. Holy moly. At one point... Tanya had the idea that the attic was going to be turned into a movie theater and it was going to be a full out. It was going to be a full out Harry Potter esque thing where you'd go through the the platform up there. I can just imagine the rundown dilapidated (laughs) Hogwarts that it would be now. I mean, it would be a disaster. It would have been so awful. He'd have shit just falling over. But that's what happens. That's what happens no. when Batman goes down. You, you get Atlantean technology in there. Because it certainly does look like that spire. Uh, parts of those that we had earlier on in Rebirth. But yeah, you have this going on. And, you know, it's revealed, hey, uh, it's me, Dick Grace. And also Batman. I wanted Batman to go, I knew it was you. I mean, it wasn't yeah. my voice. I, I recognize your voice. That's um, right. But he says, I'm not asking proper questions like why you're not me. Yeah, I should have well, done then, this before. He says, "I where are the villains? You know, and yeah. he says, I, you know, Look, I have a lot of questions. I think I've made it obvious in our life together, Dick. I don't care about you. Where are the villains? Yeah. He's like, where are my best friends? The villains. Look, you got your memory back there, boy? Out of town, Rick. (laughs) You know, talk to me later. uh, Yeah, he wants to know. That's where you have Kendra Marshall Manor sitting there. And it's like, it's very odd. Turns out in this weird future, this awesome utopia that we have, Damien has just expanded his underground freaking dungeon where all the villains are just down there under Mercy Hall. No, no, that's where they're dead. He yeah. killed them all. Like, where are the villains now? Now, Damien killed them. Then, then turns out Mercy Hall got the death penalty Reaper. going on. Yeah, really. Uh, but yeah, then you have Marshall Manhunter and Kendra talking to each other. Like, this is weird. I mean, we kissed that one time, but that was awkward. And uh, I think we should yeah, start. Or keep, maybe think we should keep up kissing then, huh? No, yeah, maybe you should smoke. Uh, <laughs> really, Marshall is like. By the way, do they have baseball games here? Can we get to those? But yeah, and you have this, you know, kind of deal. But Shane comes monstrosity, Eric. He comes out. I hate that and name, Shane. Like, yeah, my brother's name Shane, and I can't stand it. And I think yeah, I suggested that name I don't for him like to get that. named. And, yeah, well, this is the thing is it looks like he – they say super empathic. He has a Y in it. it. It's like he is the six-dimensional author. That's how you know it's the has. future. That's how All I they have those silly names. It's Shane, but you have to put a Y in there or why? something. Yeah, really. Really? Over at the Marvel podcast, this guy mails in Jacob with a K. He might be from the sixth dimension. Uh, you had that. I want you, Eric, with a K. That's how they spell it at work. Like, like yeah, morons. That's how my cousin spells <laughs> like it. Morons. Yeah, yeah. There you go. But yeah, this whole thing is like, you know, we got to do this. He's like, listen, I'm going to show you what's going on, why this is wrong. And we'll have to wait. For and that, I love the like, thing oh too. When, when anybody's upset about something or they have something to tell you, they're always stumbling over their goddamn words and never get right to the yeah. points like this. You know, this place, these people, they're not yeah. what you think. Here, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll show, show you. you. Oh, I just God. Like, no, it's no, like, I can't be. I'm like, show me. It's, it's, it's Telos. It's all these things all the time. If ever there's any bit of info, it's like nobody in a comic, movie, TV show could just come out and go, hey, everybody, you're duped. Get the hell out of here. Find the exit. 
In and, a perfect and world, it, this whole thing would be, it's like all of a sudden, it's like, you know, like, say you're at work or something like that. And I just come walking by. I got some big news. <laughs> and I just walk by. Hey, Jim, you got AIDS. Have a good yeah. one. <laughs> Thank move you. On. Yeah. And then I'm like, you know what? I appreciate the candor that you just gave me the bit like, of awful news. I didn't tell you to news. sit down. I didn't freaking hum or hoe about the whole goddamn thing. I just came no. out and I told you. You just said I have AIDS. I'm you like, AIDS. Uh, okay. And then it turns out an hour it's not later. true. No, no. An hour later, I'm introduced to my personal assistants. They're like, hey, we're your aides. There you go. Uh, That's what I had. (laughs) I'm like, I don't know, Eric. I went went a long way for that joke setup. He he should have really told me more than that because I've already told Tanya and everybody else, you know, (laughs) that that I have aides. Uh, But yeah, then we go back to our earth and you do see Mixie. Ba-boom. He has gotten bigger. He's embiggened. Eric, and He's that's where you have – oh, it's, it's Starman. This is what Mixie. happens when you're in, a, in a, a cocoon. You just grow. That's right. You grow like a butterfly, you do. Uh, Starman yells, Mixie, hear us. And then Mara's like, you have to break from whatever's controlling you before. And then Mixie, as a dark version of himself there with his little – the top hat is now six uh, you know, stories tall. Yeah. It's far too late for that sea queen. Too late for everything. Bust out of the Hall of Justice. And that's where Lex and Brainiac are kind of sitting there and like, yep, everything's going according to the plan. We're going to get our own imp. There is a symbol with a little lightning bolt on that box. Yeah, Yeah. I I don't think that it will be him, though. I don't know how it's going on. It would be weird that it would be him because... They're already controlling Mixie. Why would they use or him maybe they're this? not? But well, we'll see. We'll see because because uh, they talk about deal. you know. Think about what we could do for just a second if we had our own damp imp. So it seems like they don't yeah. have one right now. Yeah, I would. I I would think that it's like something crazy. You know that it's going to be a mix up. That that is a little bit of a uh, a twist. That we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. But yeah, uh, because yeah, why wouldn't they have already been activating him and what's going on with this? And even with thing this with whole mixing. doorknob thing, is because it's like, is this like a wishing doorknob that like you know Luther has? Or the whole thing is like, hold on, Brainiac, put a pin in that for a second. I picks up the doorknob. Lightning hits a door and it then opens, opens the door. door and there's just a box with Batmite symbol and I'm like, did yeah, he this just must wish be for where, this? I don't know. I think that it was just they had captured him and he's there, but we'll see what's going on. But then we go back to There's, there's a lot uh, of cool Superman. stuff going on yeah. in this book. I just want to know about it though. I'll tell yeah. you, they present me a book every two weeks where the thing is – I don't know any of the setup or what's going on in this world for how anything works. I'm well, telling you, a man can fly. I'm like, man, he, he absorbs yellow sun's radiation. I understand this. Just tell me about this goddamn doorknob. Gotcha. And he's he's losing his powers, what they're showing. He's trying to fly. He keeps losing. He gets, uh, you know, he doesn't go as far each time. And then as this goes on, the older Superman does show up and says, you know what? We're going to have to talk. And even says, you know, the voice says your life from the rocket to now, all of it is everything's one line. You know, I, you know it, don't you? It's a speeding bullet, a locomotive leap. Uh, we got to talk. So he's there. He looks sinister, but we'll see how it is and what that is all about. For some reason, he looks like General Zod to me for whatever he reason. He does a here. little. Uh, and, and with that, maybe he's the one controlling Mixie and they're trying to get this whole, you know, thing going on when Superman did go through the door that opened up the way to kind of trick him, all that stuff. But we'll see. But uh, with this, it does kind of remind me a bit of how this story set up. It reminds me a bit of when they did go to Thanagar Prime. Right. And that was when you had Tynan doing that. The thing is, there's mysteries being set up here, but nothing like that. Like that thing on Thanagar Prime was just nonsense. You, you would get tons you of information that ended up meaning nothing. 
I like this mystery being set up. I like the idea. And hopefully when it is revealed, whatever this world is, it will make sense and go. I'm enjoying it right now. And I I actually thought it was really good. I thought the art was great. The art is great. Uh, I love the thing with Jaro. I'm just going through as we're talking at the end here. Um, But I gave it an 8.5 on the site for some reason. I don't know why, because I meant to give it an 8. I actually (laughs) ate the whole time I was reading it. And then I got to the end. Is that accentuating the positive? Uh, But I'm going to have have an 8 here. That came out. You you, wo- you woke up. You didn't wake up. You got up in the middle of the night. You were sleep reviewing, Jim, and you added a little well, positive spin to this. Here's at the, the end. thing, too: is that I had three reviews to write yeah. on the site. I started with Batman, went to Naomi, ended with this. That might yeah. explain things as well because I did like this. But I'm going to go to the eight that I originally intended. Uh, what would you give it? I would give this issue a 6.8 out of 10. I'd like to go up to a 7.4. It's just that I don't understand so much. And I can tell you, you say sixth dimension. Okay, I know we went to the sixth dimension. Like, why is the sixth dimension the future of this? And I don't understand any of the things that are going on here. And none of my characters are asking questions about no. things I want to know about to help me out a bit. But I do want to know more about this because using the fifth dimensional, like Mixie and, you know, Batmite, that's all very interesting stuff that nobody's really doing right now. And I want to see him do more, especially, you know, the Legion of Doom is one of my favorite things out there ever since, you know, I was a kid watching Super Friends. I want all of this to make sense. It's just right now, it's not really doing as much as I wanted to do in order for me to understand and follow along as well as I want to. But it's still a fun story. And that Jaro bit, that Jaro bit is so goddamn yeah. good. I, oh, it's the best. I, I want to see an entire issue yeah, of Jaro, the Star of oh Wonder. I, I need to see. I, don't, yeah, I, I have I do no too. idea why you're hitting that, but okay. I just wanted to hit it. I is was it, is that my, you know, wrap it up kind of thing right yes. there? Okay. Yes, no. Eric, okay. we talked like to a thank lot you, uh, tonight about the Justice thank you, everybody. League and, and the idea that there are some mysteries in life and there's also a monstrosity by the name of Shane. Yeah. What is he, a monstrosity of our own making, Eric? Is he I a monstrosity of the world that we live in today? No. <laughs> I like it. I, I, I need to get hybrid. back that. I need to get the ballpark sounds. But yeah, I, I actually, I'll tell you, my whole thing by the end of this is this is now starting to be a little more fun. You have Jaro in there. There's a little bit of a wink, wink uh, to sense of humor deal that we hadn't gotten. We don't get a lot in the other books in, at all. So I, I like that. But yeah, I'm a little more positive. But we're going to move on to your book, which is the next book, which is what? Nightwing number 58, written by Scott Liddell and Zach Kaplan, with art by Travis Moore, Tamara Bonvillon, and and World Designs. The Nightwings are on the move as they try to stop the Joker's daughter from blowing up the hoity and the toity of Bloodhaven because she feels that they don't do enough to help the homeless. We get some background, some villainy, and ultimately Rick Grayson as Nightwing once more, which we all can be happy about. Yeah, the the weird thing about this is is you do have Zach Kaplan on here yeah. writing script. He he did a bit with last issue, though I don't know how much because right. he was kind of announced to be on the book a week before the issue came out. Um, he to did me, about, a, about a week's worth of work. Yeah, well, to <laughs> me, you know, you have this continuation. You have Rick Grayson. We've liked this whole Nightwing squad, and the one thing that we had that, that we thought was a little squad. Off, yeah, whatever this, the Night Squad they call it. Uh, with this going on. Our biggest complaint had been that Rick Grayson was a one trick pony yeah. of man, you know, I don't remember stuff and man, I, I, I want to have a different life. Now, it seems a little different here, but I'm telling you, I'm seeing through the veil that this is just because we have a new writer on script and it's the same thing still. At the point when he's <laughs> talking to Joker's daughter, we are getting the exact same thing that we have since we started the Rick Grayson deal. Like, you know what? 
my dad, you know, this, and I don't know how you are, but I this, and I don't know if I want to be a hero, but I might have to. It's just, to me, it's just, it's the same picture painted by a different artist, if that makes sense. It's so similar, but there is a little difference because it's a different guy on script. I actually like his script. I yeah. like the way that the characters talk with each other. I, I wish, like you're saying about Justice League, I actually wish that we would get a little better setup of Joker's daughter since a lot of people who joined in Rebirth have no idea who she is. Well, it seems like we kind of just jump from what we're doing in Batman Eternal to right now. Yeah. Like with and her I doing think the homeless that there thing needs to, to right be now. a setup. And yeah. I, I wish there was more of a setup of that. I wish that even if you were going to say must be Joker's daughter reborn. I would never that say that. we kind of pull back and, and restart her a little um, because of the whole idea of, you know, oh, my dad, my dad needs to watch my dad. He was abusive. My dad. And if you know Joker's daughter a bit, I don't know what you're it's, about, kind of, it's kind of confusing. Yeah. <laughs> it's what I'm saying. I'm like, are, I are you just talking about nuts. Joker or your actual yeah. father? Like, what are you no, doing? No, here? no, That's yeah. the thing is without a setup, without a let's kind of dive into who this is. And the problem being is that Rick Grayson knows, well, Dick Grayson knows Joker's daughter. Well, Rick Grayson may not. So you can't even use Rick to be our, you know, point of view. Like, oh, you know, this is what she She thinks this, she thinks that. He must not remember much either. That's the thing is I just imagine the way Rick is going to help us out here. It's like this. Well, I don't remember this girl. Hey, you know what? How about you tell me about yourself a little bit before we start fighting? And then there's a little reintroduction. That'd be the worst though. Yeah. Oh, it would. (laughs) I would actually have liked where you do have Barbara at the end with the kind of, you know, closing the book on all this. And hey, I'm heading back to Gotham. I think that Dick Grayson would think this Rick Grayson's a hero. I actually wish she would have gotten involved and she would have been able to tell them something like that. And also having Batgirl in Bloodhaven with the rest of the Nightwings there, that could have been pretty cool. cool. It would be really cool. And I thought that that was going to be the setup because as we go, uh, you have – what's her name? Yeah, Colleen. I still have problems with names. Colleen Edwards and Detective Swoboda are together uh, trying to get to – like uncover where these missing kids are. Yeah. So as you know, the Nightwings can only work with one lady. She is disposed of. I really thought that by the end, I didn't. I could. I didn't even remember that Barbara would have necessarily still right. been in, in Bloodhaven. But by the it end, never my when, mind either. When she's heading off to the uh, airport, which also seems like you, you don't need to fly not a that plane. Far from Gotham. To go Where are you flying? I don't know. She said she's flying somewhere. But with that. I would have liked Barbara to show up and you could have had instead of this ending of, hey, cabbie, can I get in the cab? You could have had her right there hand in hand with Rick Grayson fighting and then being having that be the wraparound of, you know what? I like what you're doing here. Keep doing what you're doing and go. And even with the idea that she could even say, hey, you know, this this team that you're kind of thrown on here. They're okay. You know, yeah. you, you guys know what you're doing. Uh, I would have liked that. They're just okay, Plus, though. They're not like us. Plus, Barbara could have yelled a couple things about Joker's daughter to get people more in tune with who this character is. Because when you do this and you start saying, oh, my dad, my dad, my dad. Now I'm starting to think that I'm not on solid ground either. That you're starting to change some things. You're starting to, you know, because in my mind, when a character comes in, 
the first time in Rebirth since 2016, I do think that you should reintroduce them as we go because of so many people either jumping back in or starting at Rebirth that didn't do anything with the new 52. And I I think that that should be something the editorial team should pretty much have as a prerogative. Like Bobby Brown, that would be my prerogative. I just imagine for the most part, though, for what we've had out of the Joker's Daughter you don't want to let a lot of people know what it was because it wasn't great. So the whole idea oh, is like, it's crazy. Right, look, we got a crazy woman here. She's got the face of the Joker. She calls herself the Joker's daughter and she likes homeless people. Okay. Yeah. Run with that. That's all but you even need to with know. That, if you had Barbara Gordon there and there's Rick Grayson and Barbara Gordon and Joker's daughter is like, you know, my dad, he, this is how I get attention. And then you have Barbara like, uh, are we still talking to Joker here? Because you're crazy. You're a crazy girl. Now, come on. Uh, but yeah, I would have liked that because the way they really push it yeah. and people can only guess, oh, okay, I get it. It's, I mean, the character's name's Joker's daughter. We're crying out loud. <laughs> and then you have that. So uh, originally, and her name is Dula Dent. At one point, she was the Scarecrow's daughter, and she was the Penguin's daughter, and the Catwoman's daughter. She has gone through a lot now since 1960 called. They want the character back, Yeah, Jim. really. <laughs> now, since Batman Eternal, this is the Batman Eternal, you know, version in my mind. Also has, again, do, do people really know that Joker's face there that she has stapled? I mean, this is crazy stuff. Jim, that was but only like eight that, years ago. Calm down. I, <laughs> well, I said that I a lot know. of these people joined in. Now, the thing is, though, she has set up. What I can only assume is Archie Bunker, uh, because it looks just like Archie Bunker. <laughs> He's got the bomb set up. Oh, Councilman Pollard. I got you. Councilman Pollard. He looks just like Archie Bunker to me. A little younger Archie Bunker. With a little, I thought you were going yeah. the idea that she had yeah, like, no. something I missed where she's sitting in a chair that looks like no, Archie no, Bunker's no. chair. No, she's in her chair, but Archie <laughs> Bunker has the bomb strapped. I do think at one point that you do have a little snafu in the script where they call it a club when it does appear to be just a restaurant. But that's well, it, for some reason, it reminds me of that um, or that restaurant. I'm guessing it's an actual thing that's over in um, Central Park or something like that in New yeah. York. Remember that thing where Rick Moranis runs with the dog going after him in Ghostbusters? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it reminds me of that kind of club in my mind. And but I just it's like not the a cl- idea. you know, it's it's more of a restaurant Look, though. It's a very it's an, a restaurant, but I don't know if it's a Are members you only it's restaurant an exclusive club. That I know they didn't want uh, they didn't want homeless people in, but who, who does? does? Who does? I just and love the fact the- though that we're at, like in my mind we're at you know uh, Zach Edwards' apartment when we started out this whole thing. We're hutching him talking about the idea of doing the Nightwing job yeah. and Zach's apprehensive about it as we've seen this whole time especially since, since he got shot during the Scarecrow bit but look at this where like you know Zach's apartment would be where Hutch looks out the window and he sees this club of the yeah. people running out screaming like where are the streets at where you're living? I'm telling you, this like this. Yeah. If you open this window and you just see this club there, I'm like, not even a street that goes there. It's like a weird little driveway that's like a wraparound. Yeah, it looks around. like I'm a like, little roundabout deal. And also, looks like it's almost out. in the woods a little bit in the background. Like, I have no idea also, where you live, Zach. Le- that's that's a, a problem at one point too. By the end uh, or in the middle, where I don't even know what Hutch. What does Hutch do at the one point? Where like, hey, Hutch, get these people away out. And then he breaks the window, but we see people running out the front door when he looks out the window there. And I Look, think that they got people in. got scared and they forgot how to use doors. All they right, don't want to use a new door. exit. Yeah, we're gonna go through. People are gonna slice. I just love themselves. the idea. It's like this: right, bust the window up. People are starting going. Pulls out a can of spray paint, writes "exit" above it, and they start screaming, running out. 
They yeah. need to be told what the appropriate Exit. exits are. <laughs> Go to the exit. Yeah. It's, uh, you see people running out, but the back door is, you know, sealed shut. It's welded shut. Well, but I like the front it too door, because when, when Hutch does it, they're like, there's a lot I'm of weird go, things here. I'm going to go around back and see if I can get these people out of here. I'm like, you are above a door that's open where yeah. people are standing right there. What are you talking about? Hutch? Yeah. Just jump and it down. Does, get those it people out the, right there. It is called the Oasis Club. Yeah. It just seemed weird when they said that because I'm like, they don't look like people clubbing. I don't see these old people with like, they, I don't still, think you go understand out, clubs. they still go out clubbing with day glow sticks and they got those baby pacifiers. They're just glow sticks. Uh, you know, the baby pacifiers, they still do that. Kids still doing that shit. Right. <laughs> that, that shit scared the crap out of me. I don't want no life-size <laughs> big baby coming at me with a glow stick. That's look, a look, goddamn nightmare. If I can go someplace wearing a diaper and it's okay and I can yeah, piss myself yeah. while I, dancing. I didn't say diaper. I'm going to do I got, this. I like the diaper. I don't like the, the, the pacifier and the glow sticks. They freak me out. You know, then you start eating the glow sticks. That shit inside goes in your mouth. You're all fucked up. I just love it too. For some glowing. reason, I'm just going the real big baby route where I also have a diaper, pacifier, and a big old bottle of milk. There's nothing yeah. you. There's nothing all you want more have, well, when you're dancing in and a if, hot well, place you're than doing some that, warm milk in a bottle. If you're doing that, you, I, you also better yell. Tell them big baby sent you. <laughs> you better do that outside as your me. diaper goes. Very loud music. Hey, ma. All right, there, there's a little Simpsons reference for you. Big Baby sent you. Big, uh, Big Baby ended up uh, getting a plow for himself then later in that episode. But uh, yeah, yeah. He didn't uh, get plowed himself. That's true. He may have. But Maybe. yeah, you have all this going on. You have this club, and you, they're going to, you have Joker's daughter set up the councilman. He's going to blow up because these rich people don't care about the poor people. I got to get my my dad to pay attention. And the best way to do that is, and it's very, it's, very. It's pretty much Joker's convoluted. daughter doing Joker's daughter Just doing stuff. Joker's daughter things. That's the thing. Yeah. By the end, you can throw all you want about the, the rich versus the poor, the homeless, the, you know, even that. Joker's daughter. No, no, because this is just a, a batshit crazy plan here that she's doing. But it's also very conveniently convoluted in the way that you have Rick Grayson show up. And at the beginning, it's set up where Sap is talking, hey, Sapienza. if I need you again, I'll get a hold of you. We got the cell phone. And you have a little joke. What? They don't have a Nightwing symbol here? here, here. I'll be here all the week. And uh, you're like, no, no, I'll get a hold of you. And then right away needs them. And so they go I, I, here. I because- love that too because the whole thing is like you know Hutch and Zach are across the street from the club at Zach's apartment where they see no. this stuff going down, and Hutch communicates with everybody by pressing his Nightwing watch. I'm like, yeah, you guys watch. are just a bunch of cops and a firefighter in old costumes that you're like you know yep. pretty much they in my mind tech, stretching baby. out to get inside of it. But yeah, you really. have a Nightwing watch yeah, that Nightwing alerts everybody. Like, how is this a thing? And it made like, me laugh because it's kind of the <laughs> Superman watch with Jimmy. Is. But it's uh, like, when did they get that? Who? <laughs> made it and when did they have the time to do this they but it just doesn't started. seem like colleen's alerted like you know night no. like you know uh sapienza no, seems to just get a call sh- she doesn't like the fashion statement that that watch would present uh you know so yeah it, it, it's it's funny too because you have that it's just them there in the room and you know zach's there and hutch he hits the thing and it alerts zach who's right yeah. next to him hey uh, oh man it's the like watch a walkie-talkie they only have one that goes to the other one yeah and you didn't even know that there's also a string that attaches them <laughs> they're like cops <laughs> hey can you hear me now 
uh, they're going and they're going to go. But yeah, you get Sap who had been talking to Rick. He had just gotten in his cab to go and he's like, hey, do you still have the you grease, still got paint? Your grease paint and your ropes? And then in the meantime, Colleen is down below. They, if you remember, they got the word of where this serial killer, you know, crazy yeah. guy had kidnapped people. And, where apparently and they're he going keeps to get people that. in the basement of the a Museum of Modern Art. Yeah. I, I don't yeah. understand yeah. the house is you know, a great fucking place to keep easy. people. <laughs> that's easy to go down there. <laughs> you know, your own basement, eh, you know, that's well, too saying, cliche and easy. We saw before that the guy who was kidnapping people was a janitor and he yeah. was asking people to give him art lessons. So I'm guessing he's the janitor of yeah, the Museum of Modern Art. But, but and still. then kidnaps people, takes them to his work and puts them in a grate below the that's basement. That's what they <laughs> say. They always say, don't take your your fun to work with you, right? This is what he is doing there. To work. Well, that's what I'm saying. What he's doing here with the, bringing these girls or whatever, you know, into this, that's like you bringing your stupid Transformers and stuff and talking to me. You're both nuts. It's what well, happens. It's the weirdest thing, too, because imagine this. Maybe he has keys that allow him to get in because he is the <laughs> I janitor. I just want to know if there's another janitor, what that guy thinks. And he they goes can down, only there's hands one. coming up the grate. Even that, though, it's like this. In order to have fun with my – this sounds so weird, but to have fun with my kidnapped yeah. victim and do whatever I'm going to do, it has to be during work hours because yeah. it's inside well, the museum the that gets locked up at night. out, that's his time then, Eric. He doesn't want – you know, this is where – happy he well, was they, they when they left. If, he, he yeah. jumped up and clicked his heels and like, she's going to be busy yeah. with homework all night. Yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> the thing is he's – he when he goes home, it's Netflix and kill later. But, you know, they say <laughs> if you love your work, you, you know, you never have to work a day in your life. That's what he has figured out with his rape and killing victims. Yeah, He's yeah. The, the American dream. But, yeah, we, we go. And that to me, that is only for some reason – and maybe it's because of Zach. I, I still think Zach is not exactly long for the oh, world because he even says, but he does seem to be better off when his sister Colleen is there. This separates them. I don't really know why. I don't yeah, know why weird, you uh, had her separated. It is a very weird side subplot to this thing that I can only think it's going to be bigger going forward. The idea that maybe they can't do the Nightwing and their actual job yeah. at the same time. Not at the same time, but like you, you, you can only do one or the other because the job here or maybe the fact is they're doing enough good it's with weird. the job. I don't yeah. know because the whole thing is and Colleen not doing her Nightwing stuff in a Nightwing book and just out with Swoboda. Yeah. And Swoboda mentioning, you know, hey, I let the Nightwings kind of pass because of the Scarecrow. And so what is the setup? Do we find that this is there being set up? Is the guy, did he do all this to lead them there? And then he's going to knock them into there and now no, no, the he, rest have to find he's, them? He's just a piece of shit. He's done. Don't I, worry about I know. That. I'm saying though, you know what I mean? There seems to be something else and there seems to be another reason why you would think she's separated from them. And not just, hey, I'm with Swoboda and doing this. Is this so that Swoboda hears later, hey, the Nightwings were added again and this is her cover? But again, I think that you would be able to tell that the woman yeah. Nightwing wasn't the, the there. lady one there with the you know DV. I mean? Yeah, yeah, really. Um, but, you know, I don't know what the setup is. And like I said, this whole idea of the Joker's daughter's plan is crazy. This is going to be a stupid thing where, all right, we got we got Rick Grayson. He's doing a thing. He's just a guy in a black T-shirt and some grease paint mask or whatever. Yeah. We need to get him a costume back. So we need Colleen out. So it's going to be Rick Grayson with the deep yeah, costume get back once again. There. I just like that he's only been, you know, this grease paint Nightwing a couple times, and everybody just calls him grease paint. It's the best. It's the worst what nickname are you, call him, you could ever want. You don't need to come up with nicknames. I'm still waiting for code names for everybody here. I'm yeah, telling you, no, like, they, they you, do. You got H, Fire X, Z, Nightwing. 
I'm telling you, they just keep yelling at each other with their first initial and then, hey, the new guy, and then call him Cabby. You, you got to be a little off. You're like, that was off. But yeah, Cabby, hey, huh? Man, I just like what Joker's daughter calls him Grease Paint, too. I'm like, this is sticking. Oh, my. You, you better get amnesia again and forget that nickname. Uh, the one thing that I thought was interesting and what we were going to get that doesn't seem to be the case yet, and I wish it was. I wish that Joker's daughter, because Joker's daughter, you know, this isn't in this continuity. But in her first appearance way back when, uh, a big thing, and it was a Nightwing, or not a Nightwing, it was when he was Robin, but a Dick Grayson thing where she was really intent of finding out and figuring out Robin's identity and ended up doing it. And mm-hmm. he figured out hers. And I wish there was a little hint of that where she's there. That was a way and, better dual dent than this one, though. Yeah, well, I'm saying I wish that she was there. And while this is going on, you got a little inkling that she was going to try to figure out this whole bunch of people's identity. And that, that really isn't pushed. Now, the reason and the way she gets involved in the story, besides setting up, you know, the the suicide bomber there looks like Councilman Pollard. Yeah. yeah, is that she is below in the sewers and boy that is so forced in a quick way of Rick Grayson to be like, you know what? You know, they're there, there's the sewers. I think she's here and then she's there. It, yeah. it really seemed like, boy, like what the And it's the happened? worst part because, you know, you have Councilman Pollard and they're trying to deactivate his bomb vest. So, you know, Joker's daughter going to make her appearance by blowing up a hole in this club. So in she club. should come out from the bottom. You know, the, the hole is in the floor. She it comes out. It doesn't seem like she should have ever have come out. Like, no. you know, she blew her own cover. And just came out for no real reason well, except to get whole, in the comic. Even this whole thing, she needs to make appearance, I guess. But even the whole thing where she then yeah. fights the Nightwings, a smoke bomb goes off. <laughs> and <then laughs> yeah, like, that's the And best. all of a sudden, it clears. Like, she's gone. I'm like, she is down that hole. You were you could not see her for maybe a minute yeah. tops. Go yeah. down in that goddamn yeah. hole. And, and you find and you are superheroes. Yeah, with this, you have the Rick and Dula going at it. Yeah. While the rest of them are defusing the bomb that may not even need to. It's so weird because she has the detonator, but they kind of get it away and they're trying to, you know, hey, let's find the ground wire. You have that. I didn't really get much tension that they were going to, you know, you have Dula and the whole. I don't think she's going to blow it up. So the tension was a little off in my mind, but they're fighting. And yeah, she ends up with a smoke bomb when everything's done. That looks like they have knocked her out. They're like, OK. And even Zach has to mention my sisters normally our closer yeah. uh, all of a sudden you're the closer oh my good and job they're about to get it yeah hey grease paint and then you have a smoke bomb oh no the smoke she's gone looks like we'll have to get her some other day no no there's four you of get you get down in that goddamn hole take two of and them. go after her rick and hutch get in that hole. wedding villains go, go like this her. because she appeared to be hurt and she's running away, you should be able to catch her. And this is what happens all the time. And it is a artificial way to extend stuff. And it seemed very forced. And then you have what I said again, you have this forced deal. And, and through all this, when you had Rick Grayson and Dula fighting, it was the, I know how you feel. From what I recall, I didn't have what anyone would consider a <laughs> conventional upbringing. I'm like, really? This is the the worst fighting banner i have ever seen i me and you are fighting and they're like hey i'm gonna take you down you know what when i was a kid like i don't need that shit. I'm telling you, i don't even i don't even consider it a fighting banner it's where it's like say you're telling me about how bad your daddy was because he drank wonton broth at a fucking chinese restaurant yeah. and while you're doing this you know we're, we're might be able we're about to fight here while yeah. you're doing this i'm just a deep in thought about my own childhood <laughs> 
That's yep. all it is. You're like, huh? You know what? My dad made me pretend huh. that that wine coolers were poison my ivy, poison medicine. ivy medicine. And then he right as you me- think of poison <sighs> ivy medicine, I kick you right in the face and knock you out. You out? How you and, kicking and me now, in the face with them no, stubby little legs? Really, really? Yeah, I was going to say you missed the opportunity to say where am I going to go get the ladder, and you would have seen me, you <laughs> asshole. Uh, I didn't but miss yeah, nothing. Th- this whole idea of them just talking about this, but this is where I needed more, more for other people. The background of Joker's daughter and what it's about, and you do have the idea that Dula has come across. You know, some things. Now, like, she doesn't know. I it, it's z- a shame he's not Nightwing at this point. But even then, she could say, like, why don't you, you remember me and stuff like that? And I, I thought that that would have been a cool deal if you would have had Rick paint. Grayson. But if you would have had him in the Nightwing costume, this would have been a cool thing of the idea of Rick Grayson lost his memory. Dula Dent, who wants to have people remember, wants to make a splash, and that Nightwing doesn't even remember her. Maybe it could have been played off as well, It's sap. being played off right now that the Nightwing that was is gone, and we have new yeah, Nightwings I in know. town. But even that, even if Dula didn't know and you had Sap and she thought maybe that was him, I, I just I would have liked the play of her always getting forgotten. Also, we don't know her background of this. A lot of people don't. And then you have Rick not remembering things. I think that there is a pretty cool little thing that you could have, I don't know how you'd well, make right it work Well, right off the bat, him. you could have had the Nightwing show up and Zach is all upset because is she wearing someone's face over her face? Yeah, and yeah, then yeah, I, I mean, go, that oh, is yeah, well, Turns up. out it is the Joker's face from this. Yeah. You could like, use that as a little bit of a way to set yeah. up this background on who this character is for people who yeah, may not I, know. Yeah, I know that I know that we aren't really big. How and I don't know. Joker's daughter, may, Joker's daughter may only be in this book a little bit. But if it right. ends up tying around of something, they even mentioned, like, let's get her and take her back to Arkham, things like that. <laughs> like, to uh, think that she got back in that sewer now it's just done with like it might have been better served to maybe have you know I, I know that this drives us crazy sometimes but you do have a new character that a uh, not a new character but a character a lot of people don't know especially rebirth to have a three-page thing of her thinking about her upbringing thinking because when she starts yelling dad 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 you know i, I don't know that it's it's hitting like it should or even in the right place like, am but, i talking about my stepdad or my yeah, biological that's what i'm father. saying i, I knows, actually would have liked how this would you know you could have set some people up with that but again we complain about recap and stuff like that yeah. so maybe it'll be better maybe she won't be in the book that long and by the end we're like all right she's out you know what we got was good enough i'm um, really afraid yeah. from this though for the way they're doing it where zach doesn't want to be a nightwing anymore and like colleen's off doing her own detective stuff with swoboda i want to know more about these nightwings in an organic way but that i'm really afraid though i'm yeah. not going to get an organic way because i don't think there's a really good way to do that because what you want in a nightwing book are these characters being nightwing so it doesn't yeah. make a lot of sense to see them doing their day-to-day job and not getting a Nightwing in the book then because you have so many characters. Like, they, they've been mentioned for a little while now. Hutch, you know, he was in the police academy. He got drummed out be, or he and left because keep some, to, some shit like went down. Like you said about the Justice League it. earlier, yeah. it's this big secret that nobody thinks is a secret, but they won't tell us. You know, Hutch, when they drummed you out of the yeah. – and then something always happens and, and takes you away. It's, again, Telos's name. And like Zach, uh, it seems like he's a uh, – he's kind of a meek boy while Colleen, she's the closer as we've yeah, heard. Yeah, so you, you know? would like to see them as kids and see yeah, what led to that. Something. See, or even the background we had where, you know, I, I told my father I was going to yeah, be a cop like, like him. That. And he had – he felt pity for me because he didn't think I could do it to Hutch. My yeah, daddy, basically, he didn't think I could do it, yeah, Hutch. Basically, he <laughs> says like, Hutch, my dad said, you know, don't get yourself killed because of me. Some people yeah. aren't cut out for certain jobs. 
setting up that he's going to die yeah, eventually, yeah, yeah. but also setting up why he got hurt already. Um, but yeah, I, I like that part. I, I actually like that part a lot, and I do want more of that. And maybe again, are we too far down the road now to have a issue like maybe they'd be served to have an annual coming up at some point where you have nightwing annual where it's the next one august uh, yeah no may 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 is the next august month Uh, i don't know may is the next august next august that's you know (laughs) orange is the next black may is the next august no may is the next annuals month and we could look up to see if there is an annual but that'd be a cool annual deal where you have you know these backgrounds secret origins of hutch and with that, I think everybody gets really, code names this issue. All right, everybody. all right. Yeah, we got Axie. Uh, with, with this, a lot of people aren't enjoying this Nightwing book, but I, I do think that if we could develop these characters a little more, maybe they'd come around. That'd be to cool. it, though. A lot of people are turning a blind eye to it. Not even. Well, that's the problem. The chance, is I still is actually shame. I like this I series, like and because also. The thing they're doing right now with Rick Grayson and the new Nightwings, it's the most we've done with the character that's interesting in a long yeah. time. It's Again, I want to reiterate be- something. I don't say as often as I used to, my favorite character. My yeah. favorite character is Dick Grayson. Not Nightwing, not Robin, you know, Dick Grayson. And Rick Grayson is just another iteration of him. I like it. It's interesting to me. You're doing something different with the character. I think that what you were going to say is throughout all Rebirth, we've been bitching and moaning that you're just not getting enough. And, you know, I'd rather have this than that judge nonsense. Oh, yeah, definitely. No, what I was going to get at, though, to go into this whole thing was the idea, though, that with even with all these new interesting things going on, the way it's being presented isn't interesting enough in my mind well, to keep it, it afloat I want more. for as long as I would like it because I'm telling yeah. you, this is going to keep treading water and doing the same thing that we have been doing with this new idea. It's still going to bore people though, but I'm yeah. still enjoying this and I still want to see more of these characters. Well, That's why you, I gave you, this yeah. a well, 7 out of 10. We're not, we're not fully done because we didn't I'm even say done. at the end. Now Barbara's there and Barbara yeah, gets a ride already. with Dick, but she says to him, this is like a pin in it. Where yeah. She's like, hey – I saw what was going on. He even says, which is kind of a good way that is you get Barbara there and I'm like, she's there. Why wasn't she in the fight? And she does say, hey, you I saw you guys. Ass. When does Barbara ever like, yeah, I figured you had it going on. Okay. You, you know how it is. But uh, yeah, you, you end up with that. And she was she's setting like, up a you know Gordon what? Queen energy meeting and when again, she was there. This, didn't yeah, have time yeah, to do yeah, it. Really. And, and this is kind of, again, it's kind of recap of things we've had already. But I do like where she he's like, you know what? I would know that, you know, if you were friends with Dick Grayson, he must have been a pretty cool guy. She's like, oh, man, he was the best. And you know what? I think he would like what you're doing as well. And I, don't I think thought he would. that that was. And he's like, that means a lot, Babs. And he's like, you realize I'm the same guy, right? You know, and <laughs> I, I kind of I do remember some things. It's, very it's such convenient. a weird idea, though, because we're, we're putting a pin in this. We're taking Barbara to the airport saying like, OK, she accepts Rick Grayson for who he wants to be now. She's not going to be bothering him. Next issue, old flames. I'm like, what? <laughs> Yeah, like, really? Old Flames? That's the Old Flame. But hey, there you go. Starfire's in town, Eric. Yeah, oh, maybe. my. Hey, we'll see. That'd be she's in, odd, the, she's in the ghost sector. Yeah, yeah really. <laughs> she is. She is. Uh, what, were you, what did you give it? I gave this issue because of the art and because of how much I am enjoying these characters. A 7 out of 10. Yeah, there are some problems still with the idea that yeah. we have to reiterate the amnesia and Rick Grayson's not who he once was and stuff like that. But I'm still yeah. having fun with the series. I like not, the art a lot. It's not this. amazing, I, the series, but it's not terrible no, either. No, it's not amazing. But I like it. I'm giving it a 7.5. I, uh, I I liked it. I, I like the art. I just – again, this is one of those things. And you're sitting there like, Jim, you were bitching the whole time. I like what we got. 
I just really want a little more. And, you know, a 7.5, I want this book to be a 9. I want it to be a 10, even. And then we can get the hell out of here, Eric. But uh, it's just there's there's just so much more I think they can do. And where I'm afraid of the idea, what are you, what are you hitting things around? You're playing, talk, you're playing ping pong over there? Yeah. Uh, with that, I think that by the end of this, when everybody is, you know, hip, hip, hooray, clicking their heels like that serial killer, yeah. that – Rick Grayson is back to Dick Grayson and back to Nightwing. I have back a feeling. Ten. No, I have a feeling that me and you are going to be like, oh, man, you know, we didn't get all we wanted from Sap and Hutch and all those. And that's what I'm worried about. You have them now. Explore the be space that, that you have. Well, I'm saying explore the space that you have now and we'll even like it more. But I do think that this is a book, not great, but good. Uh, you know, okay to good most of the time. It, it's not really upsetting all me, right, so I right. like it. And right. I like the art a lot. So, so there you I. go. Yeah. And so we're going to go from there, Eric. Uh, I think that uh, the less uh, podcast length, is that how you say it? I, I don't the know what you're getting at here. Are you okay with the podcast? I might have. <laughs> hey, you, know, you know, something maybe. that's not as the length of what it could you know, be something, back then. Oh, by the way, did you see that under the moon uh, ad at the beginning of the books? That Catwoman thing. Oh, it looks good. I can't wait for that. That won't be on the podcast, but you have to look. It's at the beginning <laughs> of each of these books. It looks good. Uh, I'm going by no, now. That, the thing that makes me laugh, it says under the moon, and I want it to be Chase okay. the Moon, your yeah. series, but I do like it. It does look cool. But, She's got um, one of those cool little cat hoodies that yeah, the girls like have it. now. I like it. And and a weird Rottweiler looking out a window at her at one point because she's a cat. But, Eric, that has nothing to do with anything. And, yes, I did take some pills tonight, Eric. I, I needed, a Rottweiler. I needed a, a, a pick-me-up. I don't know what it is. What, what, do you, what do I look like? A fucking dog whisper? I mean, really, I, you could go by the, the girls I dated in high school, but still. Uh, oh, my. No, what I was going to say is we've had oh, a less length of podcasts right, le- yes. lately. Yeah, uh, yeah. And it's a been lot shorter of it- is what you're getting at. Yes, I don't like to use that term. I know you don't. <laughs> That's a term. It's not in my vernacular. Uh, we have had uh, a not as many <laughs> males, and I doing? think that it came in. A lot of people emailed this week, though. They were they were lesser of males. I don't want to say shorter males. No, no. We're going to go off now to the first male section. Yo, it's mail call. It's mail with Jim. like to kill him of course you do yes eric it's mail with jim and if you want to be involved in the mail email us at weird science dc comics at gmail.com like a bunch of people tonight we haven't had a lot of mail recently and it was a call to arms oh my and legs eric and the first one simon Who's legs? We have not Simon's had legs. a right. email from Simon in a while. Simon says, hey, Jim. Hey, Eric. What's up, Don't worry, Simon? Jim. 
I'm not here to start a fight or bully you about your wrong opinion. He is no. a crybaby, isn't he, He's, Simon? He says, oh, I thought you were saying Simon was. Oh, my. <laughs> no, it's you. <laughs> he, he saves the bullying for Slack. I right. just wanted to pay respects to the passing of a legend. Wrong turns time on the podcast is up. And if Eric hasn't tweeted out one of his legendary obituaries, yet may I suggest the following. Okay. Wrong turn took the right turn into our hearts. And this wrong turn feels right? Said. This run, no, because he's gone. And and we ended feels up right having the him. whole week. We had the whole week without wrong turn. It and amazing. it was kind of sad. It was I, I amazing. thought it was sad. I, I miss him a little. You know I have how to quiet admit, it was? Just, I got so much work done. It was quiet. Uh, I'll give you that. I'm I'm on Twitter right now. I wanted to read the tweet or not the tweet, the message he sent me. Here it is. He sent me, "What's up, Jim? How you doing? I miss you guys. My work doing very well. Good. I'm doing very very good job. Everybody like me, man. I, I do did. good work. And then the job Classic. is difficult, but I can do it now. It's so easy." <laughs> Classic wrong turn. There you go. It's I need so a weekly difficult. update with stuff like this. No, that's why I'm going to make sure that I respond. Now, in, in the whole deal, Eric, I responded to that with, and I'll tell you, I will reveal my heartfelt response. The best would be cool if I said LOL. that. But I did not. No, nope. nice. I put awesome. We miss you. That's what I put. Because put I put words in my you. mouth. I do. I put everything in your mouth there. Big boy. What are you, the sailors down at the docks? Keep doing what you're doing, Simon. And thank you, Simon. Next up is Pete from NYC, who says, What up, Jimmy Jam, America's hardest working sweetheart in the fresh cup brew? Poop, 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 poop. What's up, Pete? Figured I'd write in, well, because someone has to. Three-hour podcasts are killing me. I love it, too, there. You start doing a four-and-a-half-hour podcast, and people start yelling you're doing a three-hour podcast. It is like, what, I owe you five bucks? Three dollars. When did I borrow 50 cents? There he goes That's crying again, seems. Simon. Yeah. Well, now I'm talking to people on my suit. You shut your mouth. <laughs> you're going to lose wrong turn and take Batman off the show, too? Yep. Oh, yep. my. All fooling aside. I recently Business read plan. Convergence. <laughs> it's on the DC app. I had a four-hour flight and figured I'd check out why Shay loved that book so much. How dare when you? When I first started, oh, let's listen to you cry, baby. When I first started listening to the podcast, no joke, every other theory Eric had was tied to Convergence. Jim kept yelling at him to quit with his nonsense. Ah, the good times. Anyway. Can you help a brother out? What the fuck did I just read, Eric? Nope. I have no clue what the bullshit was about. First issue was okay. I yeah, give you a theory, the but apparently issue. you don't want to hear those. <laughs> oh, my. I don't even know if you remember your I theories. No but idea. then it made a left turn in Albuquerque, and I landed in Mexico. It, it probably had sombrero. something to do with Earth, too. I know that. Probably. And flip-flops over black dress socks. Uh, do you like flip-flops over black dress socks? I don't like flip-flops. Today we went. Me and Ethan went to. I always wear the, black socks. Though. Me and Ethan went to the Q Mart, the flea market in town, yeah. the farmers market. More a flea market makes well, it sound like that's fleas. the reason why I'm itchy right now. But yeah. we're we're walking around, and Ethan likes to ask me questions. At, at, you as know, a, number as a young number son one, does to a father. Number one to to annoy me, but number two in a way that he wants to prove that he knows me. And only ends up showing he knows He's just trying nothing. to convince himself he because says, he sees so little of you. I oh, knew yeah. you, Daddy. Oh, I, I thought that was a short joke, you no, jerk. He always sees so down. little of me. No, he's like, Dad, 
You're you like wearing full track suits, right? What? What, is it, what are you? T- what am I? Run DMC? <laughs> Get me a bowler hat. And if I can, you know, is, my Adidas. Yes, yes, I do. Buy me a full track suit. Yeah, no. I'm like, no. And he's like, oh yeah, yeah. You don't like wearing like hoodies and stuff. I'm like, no, Ethan. Please, what am I wearing right now? I don't like the pants. And he's just like, oh yeah. Then I'm like, I, I've had it. What is this conversation but, you're having with your son? This is just what he's talking about. And then he ends up in the, and then the you whole fake deal. Lose him? Uh, no, no, about the whole flip flops and stuff. All he talks to me is about is clothes and fashion. Then he bought he bought another bunch of rings today. <laughs> I mean, really? Uh, no <laughs> need for a long like review. Uh, he says, no need for a long review on, on uh, convergence. But what was even the context for it? Maybe I need to be reading at the time to understand it. No, oh, he did not. DC was moving. <laughs> yeah, they were moving. They had two months to, they to, needed to move. They two months. And they ended up saying that because the whole offices were moving from New York to Burbank, they couldn't have the <laughs> editors around. We ended up saying that we, we in our mind, loved to think that maybe Scott Snyder was riding the U-Haul. James yeah. Tynan was buying the pizza and eating all of it. Dan and Jeff yeah. Johns were like, you know, both sides of the couch moving into the office. Yeah, moving it. They had to keep going. They were making it harder than it should be, Eric, as they were moving it into the office. But yeah. no, As one it always was does. the move. And they took two months out of the deal. And what Dan DiDio claimed and what I thought was going to be the cool idea of it was he it was almost the beginning of what we ended up being promised for rebirth. Actually, it wasn't a a promise and an apology of all the characters. They're still here. Well, not even just that, but the way Dan DiDio said was all the stories that pretty much got cut off at the knees when New 52 started, they were actually going to end then. But the thing, that was what he originally spelled out. But then then we were on a planet in bubbles, and it made no sense. But why why you had, say, the Nightwing Batgirl deal? Yeah. And, you know, Superman. that was because they were – And Lois Superman Lane. and yeah. Lois married again, which that did giving end up giving John. us what it is and giving birth to John. Like these were supposed to be the, hey, we're going to finish up all these stories that everybody always wanted to do. But why they had to do it on another planet with Telos and all these things didn't make any sense. They should have just had you know, Telos was the like, name of the planet, Jim. Yes. But <sighs> if they if they would have had Gail's because Gail Simone did the Nightwing Batgirl one. If they would have just let Greg her Ruck write two issues of just that though, just let them get together and finish off stories, but instead they just tried to throw things out there it was just in a nuts. year where these cities like you know it's been a year inside these cities but that were bubbled up and domed up right before their timeline was erased we had all of the heroes that you knew and loved from different eras without their powers yeah. until they were given their powers and then it was yeah. all over and after an earthquake still had them even before and then you got oh, you like know classics like the atom with a huge hand and then there's dome cities. Nonsense. They'd fight other dome cities. Yes. And then you had cities Fuck. that didn't want to fight, and they were eradicated. Like, that was like Candor City, and an yeah, injustice yeah, fought among themselves, and yep. they kick over killing yeah, immediately. Injustice ended up killing themselves. Oh, such good times. Oh, uh, convergence. If you remember, uh, the biggest take that Manship's I had favorite. from Convergence, I know he's probably he's right now he's got Salivating, a grin on. Thinking he's about got it. a grin on his face right now because he knows how much I hate talking about. It. But one of the biggest things I took and and legitimately took from Convergence to carry on was how much of a dick Greg Rucka was. There you go, because we ended up getting a preview. 
that we were supposed to put up on the site. And uh, no, I think it was the question, actually, I I believe. And when we put it up, it did not have word bubbles. And we were given this. Everybody was. And they said, here's all these previews you can put up on the site. So we put it up. We tweeted out. And he basically ripped us apart, uh, you know, publicly on Twitter saying, that's hardly a preview if it doesn't have the the dialogue. And what the fuck do you you want? We, We were told to put this up. This was given to us as a preview. Go fuck yourself. And I actually... I forgot all about that till now. Now I'm angry at him. Yeah. I, I want to go and you know, slap him right upside the face. By the way, love the old hacky joke bit. Hacky, I'll give you my favorite one. Bartender says, Eric, hey, Eric yeah, Shea, yeah. That's me. you ever kiss a parrot? Why, no. Yeah, but I best you kissed a cockatoo. <laughs> Wow, you butchered the shit out of that. Yeah, well, whatever. And yeah, yes, yes, I, I, I actually said, one person came in and said to me, I was at the bar, and they're like, hey, uh, do, do you like Beretta? And I said, yeah, because I have a cock of two. <laughs> it's getting late. <laughs> hey, do you like Beretta? No, it's getting so but I have my late. penis out. Look. Oh, no, yeah. I was there at the um, dentist, and the Beretta. dentist said, hey – you can't see well because you got the cataracts. And I said, what the fuck would a dentist know about vision? <laughs> Here you go. <laughs> you like that one? I, uh, I, went in, I went into the dentist and I said, hey, what time is it? And he said, it's fucking 430. What are you, a fucking idiot? There you go. Eric, these are jokes. You like that? There was the shoe bird, and the shoe bird would shit on you, and if you wiped it off, you'd die. You know what the uh, moral of that story is? What's that? Buy American. There you go. These are good jokes. And the dog, the dog likes it. Listen, yeah. the fucking going nuts out there. I'm Audi 5000, Pete from NYC. How you, Pete? Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Craig's next. I'm glad that Craig's back to uh, writing it. At one point, Craig would make fun of me. Now he just makes fun of Eric, I think. I don't like this. Craig says, Dear Jim, Big V Ken is banging on your door, demanding the pair of you launch a comic based on a board game. Board games include Buckaroo, Battleships, basically any old bits of crap in a box. What is your first arc? My first arc is Candyland, Eric. I would a- definitely have a comic based on Candyland. But you hate Candyland. I, I, no, this is the thing. You end up cheating, getting to that float at the end, the ice cream float, and then you're fucking out in two Shoots issues. and Boom. ladders. I'm done. Shoots and ladders. How about snakes and ladders, Eric? Would you like no, that one? It's, it's shoots. Did, did I ever tell you I had a snakes and ladders uh, my mom brought from England? Uh, that was hers. Why as would a you tell me about that? No, I'm just saying. Okay. So that, I, I thought that these were jokes. No, no, no. That's you just hit the rim shot for no it's reason? True. Okay. Yeah, right. Really, if I know anything about you, you like a rim shot. Man. Who doesn't? Oh, my. And the question for pitiful vegan over there, teetotal, drug-free, re- uh, reformed, sexist pig Eric Shea, if I may. That's me. What's Eric Shea's holy grail of toys that he hasn't been able to find or bring himself to pay the bucks for, assuming he's already had a full set of Migos love boat? Eric. My holy grail that I want to have is the Filmation Ghostbusters Ghost uh, Command Center. Okay. What What do you think about that uh, new? I know it's too new, but would you like to get your hands 
on that uh, sail barge, the that Jabba Jabba's Hutt barge sail from Haslab. That Holy looks crap, amazing. That thing looks I, huge. I, I don't know anybody who has any room to display that anywhere. You have to have a dedicated yeah. toy room that is set up for like a Star Wars. Maybe your buddy Joe could do it. Freaking like, you probably. Know. He, he, you, he I ended saw up somebody who bought one so that he had more room for his Star Wars. Ship. I saw one person who bought one. Just saw it still in its box because there's nowhere for him to put it. So it's just in a storage facility, like, you know, like a place. So it's just going to sit there with the rest of his Star Wars stuff. I'm like, yeah, this one seems like it's going to be most people are going to do. Just put it in storage yeah. immediately. That's what I yeah, have this job of for. It's this like uh, the, one, the, se- the uh, Star Wars fan says to the other. Is that a Jabba sail barge, or you <laughs> just want to fuck me? There you go. That's a one-liner that I used to tell down at the Friars Club on a Friday night when I'd get together with my friend. And then I'd say, hey, what, you cut the turkey? Boom, Eric. Batman Beyond Mark. I'm just giggling to myself now right. since you're not Where's reacting. Where's my figures out here? Hey, there you go. I mean, click click away like you All do right. half the time. Drive me up a fucking wall. Batman Beyond Mark's next. He says, sup, Jim and Eric. So oh, there you go. Yeah. Fucking nonsense. I'm back from the Game Developers Conference. Oh, I nice. had a red-eye flight back, and I'm very tired. I just flew in from the Game Developers Conference, and Jesus Christ, I had to shit. <laughs> There you go, Eric. Jim, the Panzer Dragoon post-mortem talk was fantastic. And once they post the video of the talk online, I will send it to you. Panzer Dragoon. It's one of the games, the Panzer Dragoon Saga. Panzer Dragoon Saga uh, for the Saturn was one of those games that Tanya probably sold for 50 cents. That thing was worth (laughs) thousands at one point. Also, had uh, you still had your copy, I totally got it signed for you. I only have uh, Dragon, uh, Panzer Dragon, uh, We'll pick I him up with the dragon. I think it's Orta, the one that came out for the Xbox. Uh, I do have that still. Shout out to John Wayne for passing his comprehensive field exams and his girlfriend for getting him a trip to Hawaii. Pretty sweet. He went to Hawaii to get laid. <laughs> now I lost my point. I, I know. Also, shout out to Alex M for getting me back into the Bethesda party and for hanging out. That seems like there's a big story behind that, right? For getting him back into I, I don't it or getting know what me Bethesda into is. it. That's a game company. They, they were at the Game Developers Conference, the GDC, baby. Now I'm going to go take a nap. <laughs> Batman Beyond Mark, P.S., at Hero Notes Pod on Twitter. Go there and uh, subscribe and listen to the Hero Notes podcast that he right. does with Luke. And that's it for the first bit of mail. Eric, what did did you hear the joke they said? I says to my kids, hey, did the mailman come yet? And they said, I don't know, but his eyes are getting pretty glassy. Gross. <laughs> yes. We're off for some more books where we in, uh, intro, we introduce Reggie and Chris, Eric. I'm having a lot of problems tonight. Do you understand what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Wink, I wink. I got you. Do you get it, Eric? Uh, I will uh, lift the veil uh, I I got hit with a shovel today, Eric. I can't talk. No, actually, we're actually recording longer and later than we have in a long time. I think it's getting to me now. Uh, and it's only, it's not even midnight yet. We used to be like warriors, podcasting warriors. Dummies, that I could got go you. until the break of dawn. And by that, I mean a girl that you used to date. 
Thank you, Eric. Do you like what? that? Was that a good one? The no. crack, the crack of dawn. You said yeah. the break of dawn. Who was that girl <laughs> that you were yeah. dating? Yeah, because you, had to, you broke her leg that time that she asked you if she could borrow fifty cents. You, you were not a very, you were frugal then, and not very well, nice. I don't trust people to. You money. did That's tell me good. before. You told me at one point that you were not a very nice guy. That you would go out looking for fights. Oh yeah. Unfortunately, dawn was, was there at that that night. The one night you went out, she was there. She was just trying to be nice. She broke her leg. It's not nice of you. You shouldn't. She broke my heart. Oh, she broke more than your heart. (laughs) We're going off to some more. Worst pain there is. You're giving me a Hey, guys, what's up? It's a jolly Drew. I'm driving around a sunshiny 50-degree weather in Chicago, Illinois. Oh, boy, it's windy by the lake, but, you know, it's all right. We're happy that the sunshine is out. And, uh, you know, I, I wanted to call into the, 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 the now-defunct uh, rant and rave line and just be sort of like, uh, hey, guys, like, I know that, like, technology is difficult, but, like, my heart is breaking because there's no rant and raves and I don't get to hear Luke Hollywood's voice anymore. And it's just like, I, I kind of need that in my life just to keep me going. Um, the, the, the pod's been great. It's been a little shorter, but there's been books I like. There's been books I dislike. Uh, Teen Titans is going strong. So that's pretty fucking cool. Uh, but I had an idea for the podcast. Uh, I mean, I always thought of like Jim and Eric as like one of those classic, like, uh, recording duos like Lennon and McCartney. Uh, Eric is obviously John Lennon because he has glasses and he cannot see. Um, and then, uh, Jim is obviously Paul McCartney because he's such a sweetie and, um, you know, uh, he's always like pressing the buttons and like sort of the, uh, the producer, or the, at least the driving force, like, hello chops, we ought to record, uh, an, uh, an LP to die, right? Uh, yeah, that's a uh, flawless Paul McCartney. Um, so anyway, yeah, you guys are sort of like Lennon McCartney. Uh, so you guys gotta like eventually break up because you're mad at each other, but that's okay because then you're gonna do your solo pods. Solo podcast is gonna be so cool. Uh, obviously Eric's solo pod is gonna be like, uh, shit talking, uh, Jim a lot. Um, but also it's gonna be, I guess, about like trans morphers. And then, uh, a Jim's podcast is gonna be about like, um, I, I, I don't know, uh, uh, his, his wife or something. Uh, and then, uh, you guys are gonna, you know, shit talk each other a bunch and be like, uh, Hey, that Eric, uh, you can't see he's blind as a bat. And then, uh, Eric's going to be like, Oh, that Jim, he's always, uh, wearing shorts. And uh, it's not exactly a one-to-one. What do you want from me? Uh, but anyway, yeah, the, uh, that'd be pretty cool. But then you guys have to get back together because you're such sweeties and, uh, I love the podcast and you guys are an inseparable duo. And I guess Reggie would be like George Harrison. Maybe you're giving me a whoa. And so he'll just go on and do like, uh, you know, like a, a triple, uh, podcast or whatever. Um, and it's going to be about, uh, how we found God and, uh, how awful, uh, Jim and Eric always were and how they never listened to his ideas. Anyway, uh, so that's, that's basically it. Um, just wanted to say hi and give you, uh, you know, your ideas for the future. Um, obviously you're going to be making solo podcasts from, from us shortly. And I'll look forward to that, especially the transformers. Uh, so I'll, uh, I'll bid you guys adieu. Uh, I'm about to reach my destination. Um, so I'm going to park, I'm going to pull over and I'm going to say, uh, uh, shout out to the Get Fresh crew. Whoop, whoop. 
Uh, I love you guys. Uh, keep making quality pod and uh, keep reading them books. All right. Uh, bye. Woo! All right. And we're back. And somebody Ooh. who's back as well is Reggie. Reggie, Hello. you are back. Yeah, it was hi, a, a, quite a vacation you were on. Yeah. I, I wouldn't say it was a vacation, but you call that a staycation. That's more right, like, staycation. It was indeed. more. Of, I want to die. Oh my God, cation, 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 cation. But yeah, you uh, had lost your voice and your hearing, and uh, your your will to live. It seemed, but uh, 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 not from me. Uh, my my will to read comics was tested in the last couple of weeks that you weren't here. And uh, I, I do mention it at some point where you got a hold of me and you're like, OK, what are we going to do, you know, with your grand return? And we were last week. We were going to catch up before we knew if you were going to be able to with the Harley and the Black Files and right. the Female Furies. And you couldn't do it again last week. So then this week, you're like, okay, what are we doing this week? I said, really? We are doing Aquaman. That's what we're doing because (laughs) that other nonsense, we may reference a little the next time those books pop up. But I I am trying to desperately enjoy comics again. I don't need Harley and Black Files to throw that in. And in the meantime – Last week it would have fit better because I think that last week may have been the most miserable podcast oh, really? ever. It just, oh my goodness. And even so, even lately, we're trying to accentuate the positive a little and, and then we start, you hit record the positive right out the window. Uh, yeah. this week though, I, I, I'm very positive. I'm actually a positive Peter for the most Ooh. part this week with the comics. Not that I think they're the greatest things ever. But a lot of the books do show me a little bit of a light at the end of the tunnel. That's kind of what I'm going. If I'm going to accentuate the it's positive, just a freight of, train coming your way. It may be, but if I'm going to accentuate <laughs> the positive with this Aquaman that you'll get into in a second, it is the idea that I kind of see what might be going on, and that we are getting to some place that I'd like to be, the which is out of this first deal. And, and yeah, uh, and I do believe that. That by the end of this, you know, you pretty much just have – you had Dan Abnett on this book forever, right? I yeah. mean, really, forever. And so to just have Kelly Sue DeConnick show up and just go boom right into the next story that just kind of continues whatever, I think that that might have thrown us off. I do think that this – and this is a five-issue arc, kind of a Marvel-type yes. deal – um, I do think that like even when we started Fresh Start over at Marvel, Eric, give fresh me a little start. Fresh Start, um, you had these first five issues of Fresh Start where they weren't the greatest, but they kind of got you involved and whatever. I do think that this whole five issues in a weird way is basically like – Let's kind of separate Aquaman from Dan Abnett. And whether or not it's been great or whatever, it kind of seems like that's all it's going to do. Like now we kind of see a little light at the end. He's going to come back. But now he doesn't come back where people are like, oh, why isn't he running Atlantis? Or why isn't he doing this? Yeah, why isn't he going up to that? that you know, yeah, I think that that's what it stuff. is. I think that this is instead of a placeholder, it's kind of a place starter and yeah. a separator, kind of a, a wall in between the Dan 
Cabinet run. And I can't, when we get to the next arc, I'm hoping what I'm going to say is true, is that we kind of have this little mini type thing in here. And the real run starts when she, you know, comes back after this. And this is the penultimate issue of that. But Reggie, I'm stepping on your toes. And I know <laughs> you don't like that. That sounds like me and Tanya dancing. Oh, uh, You know, me and her go dancing a lot. Eric oh, knows. I always say, I always say I'm at work and he's like, what are you doing tonight? Which he never would ask because he could care less. And usually yeah. I'm talking to him anyway. Yeah. But, uh, I, oh, I'm going dancing tonight. We're, we're going to the ballroom, I tell well. him. And then me and Tanya go dance. Ethan today on the way home from work, I just picked him up, says, uh, hey, when was the last time you and mom went on a date? I said, well, to answer that, we would have had to have had one. Hey. Uh, yeah, what am I? What do I look like? Bad dates, I told you him. Were like, you were like uh, Bush was president and not the most yeah, recent. Yeah, really. That was no, the, uh, the, no. older, the one that no, just like, passed away. No, I'm like, Bush was president, and that's just who, what we called uh, Teddy Roosevelt back in the day. <laughs> old old, old Bushwhacker, Bush, we, we called him. Called him. Yeah, that's right. The old Bush. But what are we talking about, Reggie? Talking about Aquaman number 46, written by Kelly Sue DeConnick, art by Robson Roca, Daniel Henriquez, and Sonny Go. It's rhyme time. It's rhyme time. Time to put the comic books in rhyme. It's rhyme time. It's rhyme time. Time to put the comic books in rhyme. Hello again. It has been a while. Andy and Kyle and land on Nama's Isle and Nama hits them with the salty spikes. Kylie grows ugly and she does not like. See, Nama ain't gonna plead her beg. She needs Kyle back. That's her left leg, but Aquaman keeps it on the level, leaves Kyle enough juice to look like Blue Devil. Boom, 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 boom. And that mama is such a bitch. And then he calls Kylie Kyleich. Leech. Kyleich. I was trying to force one in. I was waiting for it. Uh, with this issue, number one, I think it looks fantastic. I think oh, the art in this is, is spectacular. I really like it. That's going to be a lot of my, my score by the end. Uh, the story itself, not much to it. I, no. I mean, really, there isn't much to really talk about. And even with that, like I said, I'm waiting for this light at the end of the tunnel. It's not necessarily this story. It's just what happens by the end, that people know that Aquaman's alive. They're aware of him, things like that, especially even that, Mara. That feels weird to me, the idea that he uses his aquakinesis and Mara can just say, oh, my, Aquaman's like, you're not a fish. What the hell are you doing? Why yeah, are you I, I think that this? maybe that she can get no, a hold of him. Plus, it's, I don't even know that it's full-out Aquaman. You know, telepathy going on. I think it's a little deeper than that as well, only because it isn't him trying to use it. It's him calling out to everything. And maybe this is the start of some new thing that, that like I said, Kelly Sue DeConnick. Yeah, she's torn the character down. He doesn't remember anything. He's a shell mm-hmm. of himself. He doesn't know. So maybe as this goes on, we even said before, like at one point, it looked like he had, you know, the aqua kinesis that he never had before. Maybe he is going to discover more abilities that were deep down. I don't know. You need her to find out. And I like the idea. I don't know that she's going to be able to go find them. I, we don't even know where the heck this really is uh, with this. But well, it I is mean, kind it's of, Oaken Island. Well, I it's know a, that. I mean, where exactly would that be or whatnot? It's just, it's just a thread to connect Aquaman, yeah. I think, with the familiar. But again, uh, it gets, hopefully it'll be, it'll it be got something me excited. we see in the next arc. Oh, yeah, yeah. it's supposed to do that. Yeah. Uh, this is a story that I think has been getting better as it goes along because we're getting more answers and more payoffs and i think it's actually going to read really well as a trade but we had a lot of expectations coming into it that we you know uh reading single issues that we want certain things answered um and we really didn't get them answered for until a couple of those things until now 
So, uh, but I, I'm enjoying the way the story has developed. I like uh, it. I, I like it a little better this issue. I've been yeah. a little down on it. I know Eric's not very fond of this <laughs> issue anyway, I, but I like this issue. I think more than any other issue of Kelly Sudeikis run because this whole fight scene with Aquaman and you know uh, and Nama, it does look cool. It's just a lot of things getting there don't make a lot of sense to me because we have Kaylee show up for the whole idea where we have to sit like and all the sea gods of the island are upset because oh we just doomed these two people to yeah, the end. Yeah, we let them go. But we know mm-hmm. that Kaylee is a part of Nama that you know she needs to be there in order for Nama to her full power again but when it shows up or she's all of a sudden you know that's not kaylee that's kayleech the sand they're like the salt monster that is my left leg or something like that and like i need that power <laughs> I but then part hold of. on to that kaylee and become a blue snargoyle i'm like yeah, what I, the hell is going on here i, I, I yeah. didn't mind that only because she's fighting off the one deal and again she's kind of making herself her own deal they you know the other gods have no idea it what's going on really convenient. Say though, yeah, it's it's simply what we would call. And the thing is, is at I, first, Nama needs her so badly, but yeah. then later on, she's then, like, ah, I got, I got, well, I she got, got enough, enough of her. I got yeah. enough of the salt that was making you into a hag, but you kept some of that stuff and made yourself into a non salt hag. I'm like, I don't know what you're doing anymore. Again, I don't mind it. I don't mind only because it's these are gods, and, and this seems like some sort of mythological deal and going on, and really. I'm banking on Kelly and Kai Leach and all these to just be left behind when we're done this. I I just want Aquaman to get his powers back and go. And I'm seeing that here and I see a lot of great art. But, yeah, this is a very quick moving issue. You have the gods, you know, on the unspoken island that are gathering up and saying, you know, we done fucked up. up. Yeah, they're like, we we kind of fucked up. Two or three pages for people just coming in to sit down in this house to say the same thing. Yeah. And it's weird, too, because, you know. Mac, Koo, Repu, I don't know those names anyway. And so when you're doing well, you this, know, it's Tang if, was the well, first to arrive, Jim. It's if, it's if Kelly Sue DeConnick wants to be like, I gotta remind them of the names by the end because we're gonna we're gonna turn back to gods by the end. Mm-hmm. And the, the thing is though, I never knew these names no. and I never cared to, and I'm Sister not gonna remember. Adipi? I was just what looking if, at Sister Adaby now. Well, maybe that would right, be better, but I thing. still don't think I'd remember Sister Adaby. I would remember these yeah, guys. I was just like, okay, there you go. And also if I sat there and said, okay. Who's cool when he turns into? I wouldn't know. So, but it's cool looking, and I think if you don't care about the names or whatever, again, you at least get the scope of how many that there's a lot there as they come in, and some of them like I never be a saw lot of you. Guys. Like, I never saw you before, but hey, I'll go with it. Uh, but they're all going in, and they do say, "I think we messed up. We shouldn't have let them go." It's not that you know they had to go or whatever, but maybe we should have stopped them. And you have Andy. And Kylie, she turns, and it's just a fight. I mean, pretty much just a Don't fight call throughout Aquaman, all this. Andy. <laughs> and, and with that, yeah, well, it's a it's a pretty cool fight. You know, that there's a lot of back and forth, and eventually Nama even turns into this huge dragon, and uh, it gets really dynamic. It, it's this is what I would yeah. call a real slobber knocker, action packed issue. There were a couple of moments I felt like the storytelling was a little deficient in the fighting. But yeah. you got the you get the idea basically you know you're Again, not, uh, the, the best part for the fight is because it's a fight on two realms because like we're fighting Kaleech at first so Aquaman has to bludgeon her over the head and apologize yeah. and to the point where you know uh, Nama gets the power of Kaylee 
And then, you know, like it's like sucking off. I was going to say sucking her off, which sounds awful. Oh, my the thing is when Aquaman then steps in and punches this god in the face, that was very satisfied Nama because the whole idea where you have this god who is poisoned to see all these other gods are afraid of it. And all of a sudden this upstart boy who she doesn't even realize who he is. He doesn't know who he is. No. But punches her. How dare you? I'm like, you're damn right. Go for it, Aquaman. That actually got me a bit excited. But yeah. That was the main because then I'm all of a sudden, oh no, she disappeared in the salt and now she's a dragon. Okay. Yep. And everything in her path apparently is getting destroyed. I'm like, I like the art in this and I like some of the battle stuff, but like I don't think it actually complements the story as much because they're saying these things that I am not seeing on the page. Like everything in this dragon's path is being destroyed. I'm like, there is nothing on this page. What are we talking about? I There's guess really they're there. talking yeah. about fish. The fish underneath and yeah, stuff yeah, like that. Right. It must be because you goes. do see as he's calling out. I mean, some of these fish look a little worse for wear, but I think that that's what it is. And I don't mind thinking in my mind, though it's not set up well, of the idea that when she gets her power, she turns back into a dragon. That obviously she must have been at the one point uh, and all of that going on. But I think it looks great. And yeah, Kaya, uh, Kylie ending up uh, as Blue Devilus is very odd. <laughs> I don't um, know why. Again, though maybe it'll be explained of that that was her true nature all along and then it was added to be this that and the other thing i don't know again i'm giving that a pass because i just want to get out of this and I this mean, she's, look not, great. she's not even a being i think i think that she, this what we're seeing is the residue of whatever yeah. the hell fuck yeah that's what i think too fine. and it's just her uh, own deal she got and, to and fight I, it I off agree. and became I, her own I, thing i see her I, I bet she is involved in the next arc like i don't think she's gonna vanish but I don't, I don't see her as a long-term uh, Aquaman. No. I think she's going to go to the to the scrap pile with, uh, what the hell's her name, Dolphin? Dolphin? Yeah. yeah, Dolphin. <laughs> and then, I mean, or at Dolphin. one point, I mean, there's Aquaman flying a salt dragon. Eh, pretty cool <laughs> to me. I, like, I don't mind that. I'll like, go with that. that progression, like, I have no idea where this tower or hill came from that he jumped on yeah. top of this. Yeah, he because just I, I went up. back and I'm looking, like, he had to go up a hill, but this, when he jumps onto the dragon, it looks like they're on a giant tower. I'm like, what the hell is going well, I on? I do say, I mean, you see him going up and then she yells, get away from me. And then you do see him. And in the very distance, the dragon is heading towards this little cliff face that he must be running up to and jumping off of. But he's the flash. Yeah, he gets there. He, he does it. And he look at him. He's sexy. But yeah, at one point, he <laughs> just he's in agony and desperation and he cried out and it came from inside him and echoed through the seven seas and beyond and you see that mara hears this you see all the fish hear it you see the gods on the unspoken the unspoken uh, island the there the, <laughs> yeah the village here's yeah really orc orca's about to Three kick some ass. and um yeah and then you see that Hold tight, champion, for we have heard your call. And you see all of the people in the unspoken water, the island, they end up turning into the gods, some which have changed a lot more than others, some yeah. which just end up changing a hairdo into I got having a shell in my head a now. Shell. God. That's all it is. The, the one is like, oh man, I got to turn into a god. Anybody got a conch shell around here? Check out these cool I got to shove that, that, hold up my wing Shove that into my trench. It's Starro's cousin over here. I yeah. I mean, one, one is a, a freaking holy moly, it's a volcano tusk looking <laughs> elephant. Like, he's there. Look, when they passed out the godlike looks, old dreadlock shellhead, you were in the back of the you you fell asleep. You were last there. Oh, yeah, yeah, Manny faces back there. Manny faces, you you got you know, bikini lady. 
I like them all. I mean, really, when I, when I think of Aquaman, I think of Bikini Lady, Manny Faces, and Shellhead. Now, that's what I think of. I'm already yeah. hoping DC Direct is going to do a whole line of these. It'll be oh, great. it'd be crazy. People would be like, what the? People would be like, <laughs> why are they doing another Starro? That's what they, you know. Oh, no, no, that's me. I'm the octopus guy. It's crazy. Uh, but the art's great. The art is great. And I is, just, it's, it's been spectacular throughout, but this is the first time we had a chance to really see action. And uh, I think yeah, he nailed it. That's really what I, and I think, again, we're making fun of it. There's not much to this, but the idea that Aquaman is getting a hold of people. Now everybody knows he's alive, or, you know, the most important person, Mara. And we have these gods that are now gathering to fight with Andy, Eric, oh. to fight against <laughs> Nama with Kelly, who also looks like Blue Devilus. Uh, you know, for some reason, reading this, I did not get angry. And I was like, you know what? I, I kind of think that it's action-packed and I'll go with it. I'm not as high as Reggie. I, I like the see action. His score. I do like the I like the killing. Uh, I like but the, you know, I like the yeah. I, I, but I didn't get uh, there. Was, the first Your issue I was in. Up like that, but you saw a psychopath. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like the killing. I like the, the, the killing. First, I think it was the first issue. We all kind of were like, okay, we have this going on. We'll I see how it goes. The you, second you liked issue, it the most. I liked it more. I, I like. I was like, okay, I'm down with this. You guys started falling. Then we all kind of felt this is back to okay, whatever. I had some fun here. It's not the greatest of stories. I don't say you can say this is classic Aquaman because he doesn't remember who he is. But we're getting there. It's and not really a bad story though. I'm not. I'm no, really that's not, what I'm saying. I, as I, we go, I'm, I'm appreciating it more, and I'm glad it's going to end next issue. Yeah, so. it's, it's one of these where I'm going to tell you that. We go when, when me and Eric used to talk a lot about how we would base the scores. And when we set up, you know, our idea of scoring on the site, we, we said that we were never going to do a five for art, five for story. Right. I know a lot of people right. do that. It was always a gut feeling. Sometimes when you have that gut feeling, you can't necessarily put it into words exactly why you like it, but that's how this is. I actually had fun reading this, even though I see a lot of problems. I, and people said, you know, you have Gareth on, uh, uh, Twitter who goes nuts if we like this book at all. Yeah, and I know I where he's coming from, but I, and again, I can't say exactly, but I don't get annoyed with this, especially because it's almost over and now I see a way out of it. And, and mm -hmm. I kind of don't mind that. And this being the penultimate issue of what could be just a mini series, if you want to consider it that I think that this as a penultimate issue did what I would want it to do where I'm excited to see what goes on in the, in the next issue. So I I'm down with it. Uh, I'm not as positive as you, Reggie. What'd you give it? I, I think that, this also, this first arc of Kelly Sue DeConnick serves as a decent introducting, introductory arc to Aquaman. If you know, if you've never read Aquaman before and you just jumped on because of Kelly Sue DeConnick and Robson Roca, or really just Kelly Sue DeConnick more, more uh, realistically, I think this, this is enough to give you, cause you, like you say, they, we broke the character down and she built him back up. So yeah, I mean, he's not back yet, but no. you know, you get that he's a good guy. Uh, yeah, you know, and, I can and, get that. And you're getting his power set, and you realize he's connected to this woman. You know, there's a bunch of little, bunch of pieces of information coming out that that should serve the reader uh, in the future. We'll see if we go there. Yeah. Um, I'm really enjoying this. I think this is essentially a, a literary device where you sort of tell the story in reverse, right? You come in yeah. with a cold open and uh, fill in the blanks as you go along. Maybe it's not it's not a 
it's not told in flashbacks, but they have clarified, you know, what's been going on as the, the uh, issues have been coming out. And this mm-hmm. one, I thought was a really good value for four bucks. Uh, the looks of it are great. You're getting a lot of slap boxing and uh, dragon wow. action. And uh, does it make more sense to you, Eric, if we say that Kyle came to Namas Island as a witch priest, but, but left, left as, as a, a priest, priest witch? witch. That's does what that, I think no. happened. That makes sense. No, no, that doesn't that makes complete sense. No. Plus, out of nowhere, I think she was drinking Fago while this was going on. Does that, <laughs> so, does that do anything? This is a garbage story. I and mean, I like, I love a... salt. Salt is my favorite thing to eat. So I like yeah. that as well, right? You got so, you, so you might get down with that. Yeah, that might be your, uh, yeah your I might. Yeah, really. So uh, anyway, I was really enthusiastic. I really enjoyed it. I gave this an 8 out of 10. Yeah, I'm going to go uh, 6.5. It's a positive 6.5. Like I said, it's a gut feeling. I could even go as high. I'll go as a 7 because I'm excited about where we're going and where I don't actually think that we have really gotten a really great setup of Aquaman. I think that this is the setup to do it. I do think that going forward with him getting his memories back and his thing, that will be a good device of saying like hey look this is aquaman when he's remembering oh i remember everything now you're here i'm there i can do this i can do that and then things will be you know kind of spelled out a little better i i would have liked more of the gods uh on the island so that when they end up gathering by the end but again is it better served that we just kind of get rid of them and they they do their fight next issue and we never see them again that's why i think that we didn't get much of them but at the end with like next the battle of the gods i'm like okay tusker all right, bikini <laughs> lady. You know, I, I actually wish, but again, to do that maybe normally, and I'll tell you along the vein of some things that you usually talk about, a little longer than what you say, Reggie, but this is, it feels like five issues and then we'll be done with it where you might think if Brian Michael Bendis came over to take over Aquaman, we would have gotten 18 of this oh, before God, we yeah. went back. So I don't mind it as much now seeing Mara find out and then go on with it. And, you know, hopefully that this will pay off a bit down the line that we kind of had that separation from Dan Abnett to the next deal because going from this, maybe this is where Aquaman goes back, remembers everything and that's the reason why he's like, listen, I'm not going to go back to Atlantis I need to do this, I need to figure this out, you know, I don't want to have this happen again, whatever and so that goes, but yeah uh, I didn't mind it, so uh, I'll go seven. Eric, what do you give it? Uh, the art is decent in this, That's, and if you want to see Aquaman kicking some ass, you'll, you'll get a bunch of that here. I don't necessarily think that the art depicts everything that it needs to as well as the story, like, you know, from what the story is trying to tell you it's happening. I don't think it works out exactly perfect, but it is decent. But overall, this is a garbage story, but this is the best we've gotten of the garbage story. <laughs> He's going 5-5. Five, five. I'm going to a 5-5. Five, five. I'm telling you, it. that is uh, – I knew it. I just yeah. the whole thing. We have Kaylee. She's the power of the no, city. No, no, that's Kaylee, Eric. Don't you no, get no, no. it? I'm talking about Kaylee before no, she I becomes Kaylee. Well, that's the thing is, the, the, aren't they all priest witches? Isn't <laughs> that? <laughs> well, that's a garbage story. You, I you know, guys are garbage it, people for liking it. Yes, yes, we are. We are. I, that, that nonsense of movies that you like. I'm getting you back for the times where I'm like, man, I watched that. It was a piece of crap. You're like, it's awesome. But... So five five you go with right? I knew I knew by that tone in your voice you yeah, had to five, be. Five, and again, voice. Y- you'll have uh, Gareth. Gareth right now saying Eric still went three points higher oh, than he should have. He's so angry. Yeah, at least that he'll like your score a little better than ours. But 
that's that. But uh, we're going to go off to talk to Chris, and then we'll be back uh, with you and Chris Reggie doing a catch-up. And we will uh, see that's a catch-up of most of the books that you missed while you were gone. You, Chris, All three of them. you yeah, finagled Chris into doing it. He didn't doing it with me. That hardly. <laughs> now, speaking of which, though, we do have uh, Dial H next week that oh, you'll yeah. be doing yep. so you'll have your sam humphreys fill with that I, oh, I'm, I'm sure so forward to not to hating that one <laughs> yeah because. yeah we'll see we'll see but we're I gonna go off now to... yeah i want to see how it is but we'll we're gonna go off now to talk to chris about teen titans all right we're here with chris and that means teen titans how are you doing chris hey, hey. Hey. Good. How are you doing? Great. Just wonderful. And we've been waiting for this Teen Titans, you know, crossover deal, this terminus agenda, mm-hmm. uh, which I, I like the name of it. It sounds very, very uh, fancy in my mind. <laughs> uh, and it, it's a weird deal because to me, it, it just as a little start of, of my idea is if you were going to pick, you, you know, you had the Deathstroke book and you had the Stroke Squad, you did, but for some reason in my mind now. The Defiance team, Jim. Yeah, the yeah. Defiance team. It, you had these things going. I still like the Stroke Squad, but uh, to me, especially how Priest writes is so different than what Adam Glass is. And I know that sure. Deathstroke and the Teen Titans, this is a classic, you know, showdown and things like that, but. It's a weird deal because we've enjoyed the Teen Titans book so much, which to me, we've gotten to like that one of our favorite books, the three of us. In the meantime, I'm getting sick of Deathstruck, and that's becoming (laughs) one of my least favorite books and just least favorite to talk about. So having this crossover, I hope that what we get is a thing that will lift my enthusiasm of the Deathstroke book up and not bring down the Teen Titans book. And I kind of yeah. see that this first issue, which I do like. I think I like more than Eric did. Um, but we'll just get into it. I, I just wanted to – it's when I was reading this, I just kept thinking like, is this – when I read these things and you do have both writers, Adam Glass and Priest, doing this together the and plotting, things like that. Yeah. So I'm waiting to see like, is this more of a Teen Titans book? the whole deal or is it going to be more like the Deathstroke and I think as of right now it, it does feel more Teen Titans-esque obviously this is a Teen yeah. Titans issue sure. um, I'm going to wait to see what the Deathstroke issue is like as well because I hope that it doesn't get bogged down because Priest did you catch up at all uh, with the Deathstroke which you don't really have to at all after reading I, this I, um, I dropped Deathstroke after yeah. like the first six issues because it uh, you know, I, I'm a I'm a priest fan from way back, yeah, yeah. and uh, something the, the worm has turned on him. It's it's a little different than yeah. you know, as Quantum and Woody or as Black Panther. Yeah, yeah, this is, yeah. Uh, this is a lot uh, a lot more. It's it for lack of a better term, it's kind of dull. Yeah, it, and, and uh, it's convoluted, and it yeah. gets really you know. Th- and I hope that this doesn't end up like that. And I thought that this first issue was pretty straightforward enough. Uh, I was happy not to see any of the little the black Fraser panels. Yeah, in here. yeah. I, oh, I was yeah. very happy not to see yeah, that. Yeah, that, that actually yeah. played out. Yeah, and that actually yeah. threw me and Eric off because we were like, man, when we had you know in the Deathstroke book, and then when he went and did the Justice League book, he brought those with him. That is a, a thing with yeah. him. And we didn't realize that this was a classic thing. And even it's a priest then, thing. Yeah, yeah, even then we were already sick of it. But uh, <laughs> go into it. Tell us about this, Chris. Sure, sure. This is Teen Titans number 28, the Terminus Agenda Part 1. Story by Priest and Glass. Script by Glass. Art by Bernard Chang, Marcella Maiolo, and letters by Rob Lai or Lay. Yeah. Lay, right? Yeah. Yep. 
Now we open with Damien waking up from a dream where Deathstroke is just about to kill him. Yeah. Uh, he gets up, marches into the bathroom, punches a mirror because he sees Deathstroke's reflect- reflection in it. And uh, then Jin comes up and uh, kind of soothes him a little bit, just uh, kind of calms him, sta- calms him down. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and Damien's pissed. I mean, yeah, he's upset. He's and I think that he's also upset at himself for getting this upset. I mean, that's not like so. Damien. Damien isn't one to, you know, punch a mirror like that in. He's he's a, a pain in the butt, but he usually tries to keep himself he's under control. Yeah. And he, he likes to it's do that. It's a weird so. setup for this whole thing, though, because leading into it, it feels like we're playing off the idea of what we had in the Deathstroke versus Batman and six part arc in the Deathstroke series yeah, yeah. where Damien was a part of that. But that took place while Tim Drake was dead in the continuity from like two years ago for when okay. he tried to stick that. So going into this, it's just that Damien's like, yep, I got to go after Deathstroke because he killed those homeless people that we had before in the Deathstroke like series. Years we were ago, doing the arc. No, no, that was from the yeah, Arkham the- stuff that we just did. Oh, okay, he broke okay. out of Arkham, killed 37, like I think homeless people. I think it was 37, but they were actually, he thought they were aliens, but it seems like they were just homeless. So it's like, all right, look, he escaped Arkham. He killed these people the teen titans got to bring him down i need him in my dungeon for whatever reason but this backstory that we have with this dream and the idea that he's like you know almost afraid of deathstroke or the feelings that he has from deathstroke it's from a while ago but it feels like it should have played off like this is something that should have happened more recently than just yeah. like you know that that weird mm-hmm. like six issue arc yeah yeah and is uh the, is the flashback the flashback image here is from the lazarus uh contract right that's that's yeah, what, yeah. yeah yeah and so but even that though is a little odd because what he's seeing has roundhouse, has and, roundhouse and things like that so i think it's supposed to be a combo kind of a premonition that he is afraid of going after deathstroke and in that i think he's also afraid that maybe the team will bring him down or they'll get hurt. You don't know how Damien, you know, his head's always sure. wacky. Well, it kind of stuff. makes sense for the idea because you have a new team, which we are enjoying more than any pretty, pretty much previous team Titans team since flat, like, you know, uh, the new 52 started and stuff like that. Yeah. We have been enjoying this team, but they are barely a team. You know, we've done a few things, but we haven't really seen them work as well as we'd like. I don't know. Like they haven't done a lot of stuff so far to make me think that they are a cohesive team. So the idea of going after Deathstroke, the Terminator, somebody who Damien is talking about, he has taken on the Justice League and gotten away every single time. Like that is a big deal. It is a classic Teen Titans thing to go after Deathstroke and have those two fight. But even when we get into it and we actually have them fight, everything in this feels really forced to the conclusion that we had because in the last issue of Deathstroke, which was the prologue to the Terminus agenda, he was in Gotham City still trying to do, you know, Deathstroke assassin for hire kind of stuff while he is a wanted man. And now because we have the Teen Titans go after him, we go to Georgia for where he gets his haircut and we already know this and we're going to have this weird yeah. spell set up with a glamour to make him think that we're a part of his barber shop. Yeah, I don't know. I, it was an I odd actually, thing. I like that though, actually. I like that plan. But that when, when Damien is telling the whole team, listen, we're going after Deathstroke. He's an agent of the other. You do have Red Red Arrow. Like, what? Like, why am I? Yeah. I'm the one who's after the other. Like, this is my thing. Why didn't you tell me? She gets triggered because Jin knows about it, all this. And then when you do have the, hey, everyone's gone up against them at one time or another, that does look like that would be kind of the Terminus agenda. But also past deals as well. You have Wonder Girl there and stuff like that. So that's going on. And I, I thought that that was pretty cool. Um, but it just sets up that basically Deathstroke always wins. We've never been able to capture him. Nobody has. And the weird thing is, is that Wallace is just like, listen, what are we going to do with him when we get him? You know, I, I want to get rid of this guy. We, and so it kind of 
makes it that by the end, the big cliffhanger reveal shocking deal. I don't think that Wallace is going to be that upset about that by the end because he's really real. I mean, I, I'm waiting for him to want Damien to say, listen, we're going to kill him. Like When we get him, we'll slice his throat for you because he seems very pissed. And, and it does do a good deal of like showing the Deathstroke 21 to 29, that Defiance squad where Wallace was on the team with Deathstroke spells out, hey, I joined because, you know, he was talking about his son. I never got to meet my father, say goodbye to him at least. And uh, that's why I wanted to save him. Uh, so I did like that. I like that you have now the weird thing about it is they are going to go off and fight Deathstroke, like we said. And uh, they're not quite a team. And then it's set up for them just to all argue about stuff at the beginning, which I think that yeah. that might be a little off. But we do go down to the dungeon. And Chris, tell us what happens down there. Well, the thing, the funny thing is during the little uh, conference meeting here, Roundhouse doesn't know who Deathstroke is. Yeah, that's odd. That's very odd, especially for a kid who's online so all the time and seeing the things. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that seemed that weird. His face is plastered all over Gotham City at this point. Yeah, for those right? murders that just and, took and the place. weird thing about it is it doesn't play out later to mean much that he didn't know who he was. You know what I mean? Sure. If at one point, yeah. if at one point there was something that was like classic Deathstroke and Roundhouse was <laughs> taken surprised by it, like. The only thing he has that's big in the run coming up that is utilized in this is the icon shield. But that's nothing that, you know, he would have known or not known sure. anything about anyway. And they kind of Wallace, who is the guy who should know him the most from actually being on a team with Deathstroke. He's the one who pretty much gets fooled by it at one point. But even that doesn't play out as much as it should uh, because of what happens to Roundhouse. But, yeah, they, they end up going off to Georgia. And tell us what happens, Chris. Yeah, we, we stop in the dungeon first because we have that Emiko and uh, Damien talk where uh, yep. Emiko is none too pleased about no. hearing about all this the same time as the rest of the team since, as you mentioned, you know, the other is, is kind of her thing. And uh, if Deathstroke is, in fact, tied in with the other, then she really should have known about it first. But yeah. Damien kind of comes. It's not. Yeah. <laughs> he comes yeah. clear and he's like, nope, just just getting everyone fired up is all. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. just trying to lie to motivate the team. That's yeah, how just getting everybody it, right? going, right? Yes. But yeah, we, we head down to Georgia where, uh, well, the creators of the new Teen Titans get their haircut too. Uh, yes. but, but Deathstroke, I, I don't know why Deathstroke would ever go to a barbershop. I mean, that's I don't like know shop, either. I shop yeah. things close to his head. Just I that. He, he, he spells out that he doesn't like the towel over the head because he doesn't like, and, and again, any mob movie, anytime some a mobster goes in and gets the towel, it's they're done. It's done deal. And, yeah. But you also have razors and things like right. it. Just seem weird. It, it seems very that, odd. He, right now, he's one of the most wanted people on the planet, and he's just right. going to go and get his haircut out of nowhere for some reason. I'm like, yeah, this seems like a good time to get the flat top. It back is, or something. Here's like, what the are you deal. Doing, I like the idea of this. I like to see that Deathstroke is the smart. That's the only reason. Again, you have. The page before, two pages before, you have Damien and, uh, you know, Red Arrow down in the dungeon. So that new readers. Now, I mean, this seems to be like, hey, this issue, let's play a little recap in a way that isn't very, you know, out out on Front Street type. Yeah. So I think that it's done well. Only because you have the dungeon. Okay, people will know that that's a thing. You know that Red Arrow knows about it. You know that the others don't. So that you have the surprise by the end. You have in this where it's just them showing that Deathstroke is smart. 
number one, and then the icon shield and the winter green AI. It's just thrown out there. And and if you are reading the Deathstroke book, this is nothing that's going to be new to you. Uh, I don't even know. I think it should have been set up a little more even, but it, it is a weird setup to go get your haircut. I mean, to have yeah. that, but it is a little more clever than just saying, like, something else that Deathstroke's doing and they come, but, you know, they end up fighting. Like, and- for, like I, when I got into this, I half expected, like, I don't, I don't know how much I half expected, I just kind of expected the idea that the Teen Titans, Damian Wayne being Damian Wayne, was going to do this gigantic, really cool setup thing for how they were going to take down Deathstroke. Something more than just we're going to do a glamour where he thinks we're part of a barbershop when he goes to get well, his haircut I mean, in Georgia. That, that does show like even Deathstroke says like De- it, Deathstroke's impressed. He says, you know what? You almost did it. You did your homework. I actually thought if if anything, I thought they were going to disguise themselves as the Plorian aliens and kind of lead him <laughs> to them instead of going to get them. But with that, you know, you had Jin do a spell that made it look like they were in this old barber shop hanging out, but they end up getting a, a line wrong, and yeah. then the fight's on, and the, you know, and Deathstroke is not holding back on these kids. He, he's no. going full out. And so that's the thing is too. I want him to be Deathstroke. This is a classic thing. We're gonna have the Teen Titans versus Deathstroke. I've wanted this for a while because the Lazarus contract did not work out the way I wanted it to because it was just got convoluted and weird, and you know, making Wally West have spatial pro- like time problems yeah, with his yeah. powers, and also giving him a heart problem, and then but, shut uh, down that team. So and the whole thing. Yeah. But like, I wanted this to be this ultimate thing where. You know, Deathstroke shows us why he is the Terminator, and this new group of Teen Titans, as cool as they are, are not a team, and they cannot take him down. And then you just have Roundhouse's suit have a problem, which yeah, actually, actually knocks him out. Yeah, actually, that's the like, thing. You know, even Crush comes out, and you do get, uh, again, in my mind, a little recap. As you're going, you have the Wintergreen AI kick in. He turns it on only so that you can tell the people reading this the, you know, analysis of Crush and Roundhouse and mm-hmm. this and that. So it does set him up. But, yeah, he has this icon armor that does have the deal where it's kinetic. So you, you keep punching him. It gets stronger and stronger, which yeah. Wallace should know, but he's going to town on him. And then, yeah, yeah. And the problem is, though, is that he is taken down by the idea of that Roundhouse's suit. It goes wonky because of getting hit in the icon armor and all that, the shield, and it blows up and and it ends mm-hmm. up taking Deathstroke or at least shuts down the icon armor. And then Damien stabs him and done, done and done. <laughs> and I was like, well, you know, that's pretty quick. You do see at this point where Roundhouse is in big trouble. He is starting yeah, like, this to This is the most move. interesting yeah. part of the issue in my mind because we learn more about Roundhouse and the idea that his suit is something that he needs because he's a shapeshifter, which yeah. I had no idea they no. considered him a shapeshifter yeah. before this issue. Yeah. The icon armor says, oh, look, it's a shapeshifter. Or the idea that these suits were been wondering, like, when does he change his clothes? Yeah. What is his suit? What happens? Because it keeps him together. He is, like, oh, just coming out as a blob at this well, point because he does not have the suit keeping him, like, you know, in his normal form. Yeah, and why I like that, I think, is the idea that I'm hoping kind of when Jin comes over and is like, something's wrong with him, maybe they don't know that either. And we're going to yeah. figure it out. Like, they're like, mm-hmm. you know, what the hell is your power? Also, there's a bit where Crush comes and starts yelling and screaming and punching and kicking. And Slade's like, huh. You remind me of somebody else. I wonder if he knows you're you're out and about. Now, what did you do to me? Because he gave the dim mock. And she ended up mm-hmm. getting, you know, a pressure point. Um, but, yeah, they end up, you know, pretty much paralyzing Deathstroke with that razor blade deal yeah, that we had, had earlier. Had a paralytic agent on. Yeah. And uh, then what happens, Chris? 
Uh, they take him to the dungeon. Yeah, and, he's uh, right to the does. dungeon. Yeah, yeah, why not? Um, yeah, and uh, uh, Damien is uh, they're having a nice little repartee with each <laughs> yeah. other. They're ex- exchanging pleasantries here. Uh, you know, uh, Slade asks, you know, how how is Batman doing? You know, trying to get under. Oh his skin yeah, and yeah. Uh, that doesn't really work so good. Uh, but, yeah, it's funny because they're both trying to talk crap at each other, and I think that Damien's the one who's more upset by the he end. He looks at well, – yeah, Even the whole idea, it. I like the idea like, you know, I'm Deathstroke. I can get out of here whenever I do. <laughs> well, why don't you? I want to stick around for a – yeah, you can't get out. But the whole thing, too, that I really love because this is a humiliating situation if it is Deathstroke captured by these Teen Titans and put in the cell, but also having the other villains, oh, my God, they did it. They captured Deathstroke. The idea that these other villains are just kind of talking like yeah. shade on him. Sure. I don't want to shade the idea. Oh, my God. They captured Death. They so I guess it. he is slipping a bit. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So I, I do like that. But yeah, how does it end there, Chris? Because there's, uh, it's supposed to be, I guess, a shocking ending. I thought it was. Kind oh, of it's kind of shocking. I thought it was yeah. shocking. Place. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, but I, I'm telling you, it is. Wallace West finds out about this, but they were going to eventually, and it looks like they left the door open. <laughs> the door's uh, you know, wide open. Huh, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, really, he comes running in. And he's like, what is this place? But the the whole setup earlier, now, is it going to be Wallace is like, oh, good, I'm down with this, but I don't know about Gizmo. And, you know, these other guys sure. don't really need Black that. Skull. But, Black yeah. Mask, I mean. And also, if you're a Black Mask fan, the shade thrown at him earlier in the issue of like, hey, these aren't these street-level nonsense villains like Gizmo and Black Mask. I'm like, eh, Black Mask is Poor pretty Ronan. tough. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he comes in, but I don't know that he's going to be that upset. I think he's going to be more upset of the continuing secrets that aren't being told. And mm. that's what worries me because we have really, really enjoyed that this team – has liked each other. It's always Wallace that ruins it. But He's always the stick you, Wallace, in the mud. I hope this is the thing where it's like, you've gone too far now, Rob Moore. He is the person who will not cross this line kind of thing. Because see, like they even said the whole idea when he was working for Slade before, even during the Lazarus contract, which got him to do it. He went back and made sure that Deathstroke was okay and got yeah. him out of the whole Speed Force deal. So maybe he is somebody, well, I don't like Deathstroke. I don't like Slade Wilson. But the thing is, we can't keep him or well, these other villains locked this up is because the other thing that's not too. the heroic thing to do. You can't really keep Deathstroke in a dungeon and have a crossover either. So something has to get him <laughs> out. If he can yep. get out or whatever, and it might be him. But if that's the case... Maybe we'll get kind of a little wish that we've had since this started with Adam Glass and get Wallace out of the book. That's because, what I hope is the case. Yeah, he's because like, he's inside, mm-hmm. he doesn't want any parts he of this anymore. Not, or it's going to be Damien like, okay, you know what? I'm going to go your route. And then we get less of a Damien. And I, I don't know because Wallace and his, you know, bitching and moaning and moping is what we didn't like the most out of this book. And this seems to just be, you know, more of that. Though, like I said, it is set up at the beginning for him to go to Damien and say, and it's so funny when he sees this because he's, what are we going to do when we get Deathstroke? Like, how are we going to hold him? Don't you worry. I'll, I'll think of something. Like, yeah, <laughs> You'll yeah, see. yeah, 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 really. That, that's what it seems. But, uh, yeah, I, I love the art. I thought the art was fantastic throughout the whole deal. And I like this. I actually like it. Mm-hmm. I like this first issue a lot more than what we got in the Lazarus contract of any issues of that. Oh, for so sure. I'll, I'll give you that. I did not enjoy that crossover much at all. And I think it's just because I like this team more than what we had before uh, in the Titans and the Teen Titans at that point, which was that big deal. Um, but what do you think, Chris? What did you give it? Well, I, I gave it a, a higher score. I must have been in a really good mood. But, uh, I've when done I, when that I as well. Site. But, uh, <laughs> but, you know, this uh, – 
when you're looking at a crossover, it's you have that. Do you want to follow into the other books that you don't usually collect, or do you need to because yeah. you don't want to miss something? With this one, I, I'm actually looking forward to Deathstroke, and yeah. uh, I haven't read Deathstroke in years, and I'm looking forward to an issue of Deathstroke to see where this goes, which is a testament to how well I, I thought this first issue was yeah, written. I, I um, agree. I, I like that they are that this is crossing over with Deathstroke, but at the same time, they are not neglecting to move Titans stories forward. We have the the reveal of Roundhouse as a blob. Yeah. You know, uh, that best that part of the book in my mind. Crush it, the it mention very, very of, of Lobo even. Absolutely. And the idea that this even ties into Damien thinking that Deathstroke's one of the other, an agent of the mm-hmm. other, which I ah, think that was pretty good. That out oh, I know, that but was, he's, yeah. they think that that's the intel that they kind of get, but, you know, I know that that might be the way, but even that, like a Jin doesn't care about that. That wouldn't be nope. anything that would yeah. trigger her. So, uh, yeah, I, I agree. Uh, but yeah, what did you give it? I gave it a nine out of 10. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to go seven, eight. I'm not fully up to an eight, but I like it. I just have to see how this is going to go. I could even give it an eight. I, I could go as high as an eight. I, I actually did like it. And like you said, that one of the things that I thought was good is you haven't read Deathstroke, but yet mm-hmm. you weren't thrown out of the story. And this is a no. book. This would be as if, you know, we're reviewing them. But if we were buying them and you're just buying Teen Titans, all of a sudden you have a crossover, that first issue, and you're like, boy, I don't know what's going on. And then you're like, okay, tell me when this is over. I'll come back in two months and go back to my book. And yeah. I think they did a really exactly. good job of keeping you involved and progressing a couple things and giving you these things and wanting you to go then. And th- this is what a crossover is supposed to do. It's supposed to yeah. make you want to get a book that maybe you weren't reading. I think that that would be what this does, like you said. So I'm down with that. Uh, I'm going to go eight then. I'll go fully eight and see what old Eric Shea has to say. Oh, Eric Shea is going to be the negative Nancy of the bit because I just found this whole thing, which I was really looking forward to with this issue of Teen Titans, very simple. Everything just seems so simple for the idea. It's like, all right, we're going to do this. We're going to, the whole haircutting thing really bothers me. I understand you, you want to set up a situation where you catch Slade off guard, but how are you going to determine when he's going to get his haircut? Because oh, you guys have some long ass hair yeah. for a while Yeah, I mean, with that, one place like in I Georgia, said, either you have that or you're just going to have a thing where here's Deathstroke. He has icon armor. Yeah, I thought that this was, you know, it's a little forced deal, but I thought it was more of a clever way to get everybody up to speed on all the characters, whether you're reading Deathstroke or Teen Titans or neither. And you get it. I, I sure. thought that it was a, a clever way, but keep going, Eric. Keep going with your negativity. And even with that, when you do have the Teen Titans fighting Deathstroke, which I also was really looking forward to, it was just really simplistic to the point where an accident ends up causing them to defeat Deathstroke. I'm like, this is the, like the, one of the, the most skilled person in the DC universe. And he was just taken down by a bunch of kids who have no idea how to use their powers yeah. against him. And it was really, it really bothered me. Like I'm telling you, the biggest part of this issue that I liked was finding out more about Roundhouse, who I've begun loving the goddamn character. I want to know more about him. And this whole Deathstroke thing, while it's cool to see more of the Mercy Hall, you know, dungeon that Robin has, it just didn't feel right. It felt very forced to get us to the situation so we could just get to the more, the next part of the issue, like that uh, de- next issue of Deathstroke. And we just needed to have this part at the end. It just felt very forced. Yeah, to get there. I'm I telling you, up- I, yeah, I think that this was just hundred uh, percent. This was the setup for everything and they didn't want to come out with just narration. I, I really do. Yeah. Uh, and that's why I think, but what, what would you give it? I would give it a 6.5 out of 10. All right. Well, you're negative. You are negative. That's yeah, just the setup. It's the first issue of a crossover. You got to get everybody on board with their powers and stuff like that. That's why I think they went. And I, I think that they 
probably were told that they had to keep it simple, uh, mainly because a lot of times priest and, and all this gets too out of hand and it's not simple, then people bail. So I, I think sure. that this is definitely written more for people who aren't fully, you know, reading both books to get everybody on board. So I, I'm going to give it that. And I actually think that uh, we're going to see that Deathstroke allowed himself to get captured by the end. I, I think there's something with that that he because he's not going to stay in jail anyway. I think he wanted to see what was going on or maybe using this to kind of get out, of, you know, knowing that Damien would kind of do something. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it plays out. Uh, but now we are going to go to Chris and Reggie. And Chris and Reggie are doing a, a big catch-up because Reggie's yes. voice is back. He's back for it's the back, attack. <laughs> yes, he is back. And so we're going to go off. Uh, do you recall what you talk about, Chris? Uh, we talk about uh, books of magic. No, no, not, that's the only one we don't talk about. Okay. Actually. We talk about The Dreaming number 7, House of Whispers number 7, and... Uh, Lucifer, and uh, maybe, Lucifer right? number yeah. six. Okay. Yeah. 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 So it's been, a, it's been a bit. Reggie was, uh, conked out for a while. He called he me a couple of times and we tried to start some things and it's just like he said the same thing happened with you guys where oh, yeah. he would start and you're like, nah, this isn't happening. No. <laughs> it's not <laughs> happening. He was getting so frustrated, <laughs> but both of you will be back together and we're going to go to that. to the Sandman Universe segment on the WeirdScienceDCComics.com podcast. My name is Reggie. My name is Chris. And we're coming to you this week with three books because we have been remiss for the last couple episodes. As you can hear, my Mm. voice is still kind of struggling. But (laughs) as Chris can attest, this is the best it's been in about two weeks, right? Absolutely. You heard me the other day. It sounded like I... uh, I heard you of, last week, heard you yeah, the other day. It's a uh, needles in my We're mouth, on the upswing so. though. Yes. I'm I'm coming back, folks. This is uh you know, this isn't perfect. Hopefully this sounds breathy though enough for you. So first one we got is from three weeks ago now. It's uh the dreaming number seven story is Love Part One by Simon Spurrier, Abigail Larson, and Quentin Winter. So we're beginning a new arc. Uh let's find out what Daniel Dream has been up to since he fled the dreaming. Uh, way back in issue one. At the hospital, Rose Walker is visiting her ailing mother. Uh, Fans of the original Sandman series know that Rose was heavily mixed up in that story. Uh, I'm not going to go into the specifics because it actually, she she winds in and out of it. But uh, pertinent to this particular story, we know that she doesn't age. And I'll tell you now because she lost her heart in a vortex created by her grandmother, Unity Kincaid, if you are curious as to why that happened. Chris... (laughs) <laughs> I know that made a lot of sense. Uh, oh, yes. Also, she babysat Daniel when he was still a human, which will be weird in a moment. Uh, down the hall from her mother is Lucian. That's the Dreaming's former librarian. Uh, he didn't die after all. How about that? Yeah. Rose was following Daniel around, and she was on hand when Daniel left Lucian squirming in the dirt. Now, Lucian is barely responsive, but Rose tells him her story anyway. 
Which is a uh, you know pretty convenient for us. I gotta see you. Thank uh, you. <laughs> now while she talks, Rose nervously flips a heart shaped lighter open and closed. We learn that Rose's mom is dying of cancer, and that Rose has a daughter named Icy. Uh, I'm sorry, Ivy, who's a tab- la- 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 la, tattoo artist. Uh, now since Rose doesn't get older, she and Ivy are now relatively close in age. Though Rose admits that Ivy was always older, even when she wasn't. Uh, you know, see, Rose Walker is a, a bit of a flake. Yeah, uh, you see. <laughs> I think we've known some other daughter combos like this in our lives, though. You know, where it's like the daughter this runs is, uh, the show. It's <laughs> like uh, that Gilmore, uh, whatever. It's kind of like that. Yeah, a little bit like that. <laughs> now, uh, Rose moved into a place near an old inn called Forney Rig. Uh, this is another important place in Sandman, a kind of nexus of realities that uh, plays a role throughout the series, but. Uh, one issue in particular is like a anthology of stories that, <clears throat> pardon me, can converge on this in. Uh, this is a part that I thought might be lost on new readers. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, nearby, uh, in that house, uh, Ivy was conceived, and the father, as, as far as I could tell, is anyone's guess at this point. I don't know. I couldn't figure out who it was. Despite not having a heart, though, or perhaps because she has no heart, Rose Walker falls deeply in love with people. But as she does not age, and they do, and because relationships are tricky, they often end in sadness, and uh, her sadness, specifically in this case. Mm-hmm. So Rose resigns to leave relationships before they get too heavy. Uh, enter Daniel Dream, who is vacationing in the real world at the, uh, the uh, what do we call it, the Forney Rig Inn. Um, they start dating and have themselves a nice psychedelic time. A lot of uh, sex news going on. Eventually, Rose felt too close to Daniel, and seeing that her daughter Ivy was lonely, sort of passed Daniel off onto Ivy. <laughs> what? Uh, I think that's like a that's like a Jerry Springer episode. I think I saw that one time. <laughs> <laughs> Throw some chairs across the stage. Uh, now, though awkward, it it actually works out. Uh, Daniel and Ivy fall deep in love, uh, though Daniel refuses to let Ivy lay a tattoo on him. Uh, now, Ivy has such a good time, she dyes her hair pink. Hey! Hey, why not? And uh, Rose decides not to tell tell her that her grandmother has cancer. Uh, after a few weeks, Daniel asks Ivy to marry him. Uh, so she says yes and uh, gets a really short, punky haircut at this point. Yeah, so the hair tells all right here, you know. I think so. That, that tells you what time, kind of time you're having. So uh, then, through their, their manipulations of dream sibling desire and the rest of the endless... Daniel agrees to let Ivy tattoo him, and uh, she's made to ink some weird sigil on him so that when Daniel gets up from the tattoo, he's bleeding from the mouth, which, strictly speaking, he really shouldn't be. He's sort of immortal and stuff. Uh, At that moment, when she tells that part of the story, Rose hears her mom screaming from down the hall and muses that the diseased and dying feel it first when the world breaks a heart. Whatever the hell that means. But, uh... (laughs) You know, one thing I liked about this, this has a new art team on it. It and, does. Uh, as you know, uh, Chris, I'm a huge fan of Bilquis Evely, and uh, mm-hmm. I was very much like, what, don't take, do not take my Bilquis Evely away. I like that these were much more open, you know, this is a different story. There was a brightness to a lot of these panels. Some uh, airiness, yeah. Uh, I, that I appreciated. Uh, you know, it's again, it's a different story, different locations, but uh, I really thought, I liked the way it looked a lot. It, it definitely felt like we were heading into a new chapter. So uh, I yeah. appreciated that just on a visual level, but I'm, sure. I'm really curious to know what you thought about it as someone that isn't as familiar with the original Sandman story. 
I'm, I'm not really familiar with that story at all. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I'm learning more and more every day that I'm less familiar with it than I even <laughs> initially. Um, you know, I'm never going to hold it against a book where they where they actually reward a reader's loyalty. I, I'm a big fan of that. I'm a big proponent of that. If uh, if you're a fan of something from 20 years ago and it comes back and they still give you the fan service, that's cool with me. That's that tells me that the company actually gives a crap that you're still there. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a guy coming in cold like myself, it, it wasn't a bad issue, but it really didn't. Uh, it really didn't like land for me. You know, it yeah. really didn't. I didn't when I when Rose came on the screen. She she could have been a brand new character for all I knew. Right. It uh, really didn't. Uh, it didn't peak. You know, I, my eyes didn't bulge when I saw her. It's just, which I think was the uh, was the reaction they were looking for, and it, the reaction they probably got from longtime loyal Sandman. It, it seems to have resonated with fans of Sandman, and that definitely was sure. supposed to be the uh, Kramer moment. You know, everyone applaud when Rose Walker yeah. comes on. But <laughs> <clears throat> the way they handled Rose Walker, for example, though, I think was okay. Where you you do get enough to understand. There's something you know supernatural about yeah. her that she obviously has a history, and you know the, the 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 basis is that she doesn't age. Therefore, she can kind of span across several generations. Sure, uh, you don't need to know all the other stuff. But then when they get into the endless uh, at the end, and that stuff about Forney Rig, you sort of do need to know a little bit more. Um, you know, yeah. you're not really getting That's advanced. Yeah, that you're not really getting what you need to understand the import of that and. You know, so uh, I feel like it succeeded for new readers. It, it, the, the problem is, you can you know what it is when you're not a new reader of something. You'll never know what it is. You know that that will resonate with new readers. Of course, uh, of it's course. always a, it's always a crapshoot. But this is something where I was like, no, nah, they they should really either explain the endless at this point or back off of it because it's sort of a big concept. And if they're going to keep fooling around with it in this uh, volume of you know, the Sandman or whatever, or uh, the dreaming, they should explain a little better. But for, for me as a fan of Sandman, I got a lot of fan service out of this and enjoyed, sure, sure. enjoyed a lot of it. As I said, I liked it visually. Uh, it's just that overall, uh, the story was a little convenient, a story told to a ailing patient in a hospital. Uh, that that's that's cool. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was a facilitated story. Bring on, a, bring on the yeah. actual story now, please. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> let's, yeah, let's this, this, this was a nice visit with Lucy into the hospital. Now let's uh, actually have something happen. So that looks like what's coming next. So I, uh, you know, I look forward to it. But I, I gave this one on the site a seven point five. What do you think you would throw this one in the uh, weird world? I'd probably be around the same place because uh, while it didn't resonate with me as much as it did with you, I, I appreciate that it that it tried to resonate with with uh, folks who were familiar with it. I, I can't, and I'm, I'm probably relying on this point too much, but I there have been so many so many books in current year that have been disavowing the past and yeah. pushing away the loyal fans to where. If I see a if I see a series or an imprint that's actually catering <laughs> to the fans that they know they have, yeah, you I'm cool with that. It. Yeah, even, even, if, even if I'm if not part not of it, <laughs> yeah, even if I'm not part of it, I can't hold that against it. And I really, really want to hold them up as uh, as doing something right in the uh, in the comics world here. So yeah, while it didn't rock my socks, it didn't make me mad either. I didn't yeah. feel left out, um, which I think is. 
is probably the strongest thing about it. Though I knew I was missing something, but I didn't feel left out. That's key. To the and whole thing. Uh, yeah. that is very important, yeah. I think. So, yeah, 7.5. Very, very strong 7.5. Cool. Uh, do, do you think it makes you want to read Sandman? Not, not that I'm going to hold you to it, but does it make you interested or. You know, in in that in that world where I where I'm where I'm able to read a million books at a yeah. million seconds and a million, right, right. Sandman would be there. He for would be sure. on that. Uh, sure. I never didn't read Sandman because I didn't want to. Yeah, it was just a matter of time. Oh, okay. Yeah, we are we're in the same boat with that. Yeah. Uh, anyway, speaking about in the same boat, how about that for a segue? Hey, <clears throat> uh, the next one we'll t- talk about is came out two weeks ago, and that's House of Whispers number seven. Uh, story is The Troubles I've Seen by Nalo Hopkinson and Dan Waters. Uh, art by Dominique Domo Stanton, John Rauk, Isaac Goodhart, MNK, Nahuel Pan, and Aneke. So, uh, Madame Azruli, on a boat infused with the spirit of one of her three husbands, has left the dreaming on a stream of whispers. Mm-hmm. Uh, the husband within her boat, incidentally, is the one that dressed like Napoleon. His name is Agwe. On the boat is Uncle Monday and a handful of the souls that were trapped in the dreaming by Kotar's delusion. You follow me? So far. Uh, so far, so far, okay. Uh, of course, Maggie and Latoya are with them, Latoya being the first one to get it and pass so, it along. Yeah. And uh, the guy that's part goose is also flapping around. Uh, I think he's providing some reconnaissance, I think, I'm not positive, but he's there also. He's there. Yeah. Now, Isruli's husband wants to stop being a boat just as soon as possible because uh, he's forgetting who he is. And uh, got to say, join the club. Really? I, uh, who are you? <laughs> oh, boy. Now, Isruli is determined to get back to the real world so she could stop her nephew, Shakpana. That's the steampunk kid here. Right. Uh, and, and put things right. Uh, she calls upon her loyal avatar, Ulta Boy. Yeah. And uh, he's only too ready to be of to be of assistance here. So we cut to the real world where Maggie and Latoya <clears throat> just happen to be walking down the street when they overhear the ritual that Azruli's followers are using to conjure her, which is why she can talk to Alter Boy. Uh, they can sense that their souls are nearby so the two force their way into this house and there's a ghostly Azruli possessing Alter Boy while Latoya and Maggie's souls also swirl around her. To get them back Latoya releases Shakpana which I didn't even know that she'd captured him. But no, what? Okay, she had him, okay. and throws him down like a pokeball, says, you know, I choose you. Uh, as Ruli's worried that the crazed shock powder will infect her again, remember that's his thing, is he's a plague carrier. Uh, so she just leaves with the ghost, just like, literally just scrams, uh, you know, <laughs> up to the sky. <laughs> and now there are like half a dozen ghosts with her, so I don't know what that's about. <laughs> Uh, Shakpana wants to go after Ezruli, but he needs a horse. Uh, I'm just taking that at face value. I don't know why a ghost can't follow a ghost, Chris. I don't. Yeah, I'm, I didn't. I'm just going to say fine. That's fine. Sure, sure. Uh, but in that in that case, a horse is a person to possess. Now, if you remember, Shakpana was able to possess two people unwillingly. Seems like that's no longer an option for some reason. Hmm. Uh, Latoya offers herself up as a vessel. She doesn't. Even, she doesn't even have a soul, so. She's empty. Her her ghost is with uh, is on the boat. On the boat, yeah. maybe wherever she went. Uh, but Shakpana says she's not depraved enough for what he's about to do. So instead, he seeks out another guy that has Kotar's delusion, who's in jail, and that guy is in there for trying to eat somebody else, somebody else as zombies do, because he thinks he's undead. Mm-hmm. Uh, we actually did see that guy a couple of issues back, if you remember. 
Uh, Maybe Chris, it, it, it was a really quick scene, but I, I vaguely remember he, a guy gets jumped in the street and they, somebody tries to eat him. Uh, mm. Anyway, Shakpana takes this guy over. We jump back to the boat that is, of course, Israeli's husband. Uh, Uncle Monday uses a book from the Dreamings Library to prop up a table. Uh, there's like three books under there. Uh, at that point, it's, uh, it's it's probably time to do a little bit of carpet. Uh, yeah, you're no lo- it's no longer a table. It's a book stand now. Come it's on. Just a, yes. <laughs> now, as Ruli tells the goose man that she's uh, going to untangle these webs between the dreaming and the living, not to mention unweaving her husband from this houseboat. Um, and who better to do that than a uh, giant spider, perhaps? Uh, maybe one named Kuwaku. Um, now, she seeks the help of the Corinthian, a walking nightmare with toothy mouths for eyeballs. Yeah, this is actually the second Corinthian. Uh, the first was eliminated by Morpheus in the Sandman series. And we meet this new one uh, towards the end also. I think Daniel made him, but <clears throat> this is sort of a big character in Sandman. It had uh, its own uh, series, uh, a couple of miniseries, I believe. Uh, did he? Really? Okay. Back in the I, 90s, I, yeah. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised because he was really a uh, quite a guy, quite a fella. So anyway, Corinthian and Kwaku are buddies, uh, so the Corinthian will introduce them, but warns that Kwaku's a glutton for whatever it is that nightmare spiders eat, so hmm. he'll eat a lot of it. Look sure. Uh, through this whole story we just told you was woven one of the Corinthian's nightmares, as observed by the Goose Man and unleashed on a female dreamer. Uh, the story, the nightmare is that one day animals worldwide develop enlarged eyes, which makes them look more sympathetic. Uh, so people feel bad about eating them. Much of the world goes vegetarian, and there's an underground elite who continue to eat meat. And even more brazenly, they go right for the eyeballs. Hmm. Uh, after a time, they try the most forbidden eyeballs of all, the human being eyeballs. And guess what, Chris? They're, they're the most delicious ones. They look the most delicious. You, you would, so yeah, I mean, they have to be, you know. It's like yeah. all the great things that humans see. Uh, <laughs> so large corporations are able to justify the eating of human eyeballs on the grounds that they're the most nutritious. And all this time, the dreamer is trying to campaign against this practice with little success or support. At the end of the dream, she finds herself in a restaurant that specializes in human eye dishes sitting across from the Corinthian. Which is a little too cute by half, I would say, right? Yeah. It's yeah. Uh, a little on the nose or on the eye in this case. <laughs> uh, what are your impressions of let, just let's 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 put the Corinthian story aside. Talk about that a little bit separately. Just okay. the Ezruli stuff. Just the the whisper stuff. I haven't the foggiest idea. Um, yeah. This. This was one of those books where it took a couple of runs to to get through it. Um, it's uh, it just feels so unfocused. I mean, we went from I mean, this book has never been focused, mm-hmm. but at least we kind of had a direction. Where here, it just feels like like this feels like uh, like it could be it could have been like a backup story, you know, like in a, in in the previous yeah. six or whatever issues. This, this could have been parceled out as a as a uh, backup story. Because it's just so uh, meandering. Well, I seem to recall that wasn't there like a worldwide problem a, a few issues back, and now it's Maybe? It like all the stakes. Well, it was like people. It was like Kotar's illusion was being passed. It was taking over, over yeah. But now it was on the news, yeah. It seems like that's that the stakes have evaporated. It's uh, more isolated now, yeah. I, I don't know how Shock Parton was caught. I don't remember that happening at all. Last I remember, he went to the dreaming with 
with uh, Agway, with Napoleon guy. I thought uh, so. That's what we thought. We could have sworn it's how one of them ended. Uh, I don't really understand now how they can, I guess they can talk to Ezruli because she's on the, the stream of whispers. There's just so much that doesn't make any sense, and there's no... no. Uh, internal like common sense logic to apply because it's it's a weirdo, you know, religious story, and and that's fine. Yeah. But we need a glossary, folks. We need a map. We need some we need kind help. of clue. Yeah. Uh, in this case, I have done a scan of essentially the wiki on Madame Esruli and a little bit about Cajun lore, uh, and I learned a few things that that, but. Nothing that really helps me from this, for this story. Nothing no, certainly not. It tells me anything that really explains why her husband was able to become a boat and why that why that bothers him. I don't really understand what's happening in this book, and it's really frustrating now. Seven yeah. uh, issues, uh, otherwise known as twenty eight dollars in. <laughs> uh, you know, art. There's no problems, but it's no. irrelevant because when you don't know what's happening, then it's just pretty pictures doing whatever they do. Yeah, uh, it, it's like, uh, you know, I, I understand that there's, especially in like a book that is part of like the, you know, the the heady imprint, like you want to have like these little these little symbols here that people will reflect on later and be like, oh, that was very clever. Yeah. But this is just like there's there's no other story here. It's all that. Yeah. I, I, I you know what? You're right. Like this, this would be a case where something we saw in issue one or two. Would hmm. would come back now, and we'd be like, "Oh wow, that's the the thing yeah, oh, that, that's clever." Yeah, that's the scepter that they whatever. Nothing. Everything is new. Every 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 page is like a brand new day. Like you know, like <laughs> yeah, they need every page needs to come with a QR code that brings you to the right <laughs> Wikipedia page. It really, it really does. You're not you're not getting you're not slipping one past the goalie here with the symbolism. You're just really frustrating. Uh, yeah, I think about like uh, if if anybody's. Uh, if anybody's familiar with anime, uh, there was a Neon Genesis Evangelion is a, is a highly regarded series that had a lot of religious imagery, a lot of Judeo-Christian imagery in there. I mean, the Sephiroth tree uh, was like a big part of it. That, that symbol is everywhere. Yeah. And if you want to learn more about that, you can see how some of it kind of uh, – how some of the bits of it go into the story, but you don't need it. Right. You it's can make a story extra. work without it. You know what I mean? Exactly. And it works perfectly fine. I mean, you, you could excise the whole thing and not miss a beat. Where this, the, if you excise the mythology, we're looking at 22 empty pages. Right. Yeah, you're right. And it's just like, what 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 are we trying to do here? It's, it's I, I get that, you know, we want to be clever, but at the cost of the story, it's really just a... It's just not a pleasant read. It's not a pleasant experience. It's not. It's not an inherently, intrinsically good, uh, you know, story that works. Uh, Certainly as, not. As for the Corinthian nightmare, uh, I thought it was a little lame. You know, okay. um, the Corinthian obviously is a character, as you said. He, you know, he had a miniseries. He was loomed large in the original Sandman. Uh, he eventually tries to usurp Sandman. That's why he gets taken down. But he's clearly a visual. Is the shocking thing, he pulls down his glasses and he's got mouths for yeah, eyes. He's got some teeth eyes, yeah. So then to do a nightmare <laughs> about eyeballs. And, yeah. You know, like, he, he, I don't remember him doing one like that before. It's always a nightmare of, you know, whatever your worst nightmare would be. And while it is, the idea of eating eyeballs is kind of gross and nightmarish. Yeah. It was a little, little too cute, I thought. Uh, mm-hmm. Didn't hate it. 
didn't love it. Didn't add much to the story, uh, although it added something that I at least understood. Well, you see, I don't. I, all I know about the Corinthian is that when I'm digging through back issue bins, there are books that say the Corinthian on okay. the cover. <laughs> so I, I don't know anything about them. So a lot of this was lost on me. And you know, like I said when we talked about the dreaming, I, I, I definitely respect that kind of a thing. Yeah. When it works, I mean, if this dude's whole motif is one thing, <laughs> you kind of leave. Let me know. That's the thing is that <laughs> is that it le- it might leave a new reader with the impression that he's the eyeball guy. That's it. And uh, he's not. He, he's he's a guy. He's like he's a nightmare like brute and glob, mm-hmm. but he's a different. He's a more sophisticated nightmare like these whatever these. Yeah, he's not that, being led around. He's not being controlled or led around he has, by he has uh, a little bit someone stronger. Yeah. Right, exactly. He has his own. And there are other nightmares too, theoretically, and whatever. Uh, Judge Shallows sure. is one of them too. Of course. Uh, so that's that's what his thing is. But you're right. It's it's not clear. It's not 100 percent clear. And uh-uh. again, by doing this eyeball thing, I was like, don't make him, <laughs> don't make him the eyeball guy. That's not it's not what he's about. But anyway, it's it's not like that really. That yeah, was and, not and my problem like, with the story. And if you're a <laughs> if you're a brand new reader, and we talk about the mythology that this book tries to evoke here, Corinthian is a is a is a is a biblical term, right? You know, so it's like, are people who have no real frame of reference for the Sandman series are they going to try to look up Corinthian as a, a, a Christian concept or right. a biblical concept or a Sandman an endless concept? It's it's really just a we need we need more we need help. Yeah, when you do your wiki searches, remember to put DC Comics in the search, yes. folks. You, Corinthian parenthesis comics. Sometimes yeah. you turn up things <laughs> you don't want to see. Uh, or, you know, maybe you will want to see it. It's going to be a new journey for you. It might add something to you. <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, this I find this comic to be disappointing just because it's uh, just giving us imagery and no substance. All It's all style, yeah. no substance. And uh, on the side, I gave this... A four out of ten. How do you think you'd feel about it? More than fair. More than fair. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I, and you know, it's like we talk about some books that make us mad. This really, this is a, more well, of just like you said, a disappointment. It, it, it doesn't wasn't, make uh, me mad. Uh, yeah, it's not gonna. It's not gonna. You know, get our dander up. It's just like, oh. <laughs> I won't even say it's like a low quality book. You know what I mean? It has a lot. The production value, production there, value sure. to it. It just doesn't have a coherent story, and that is exactly that's the main that's necessary a big problem. A big yeah. problem, yeah. But anyway, now we're all caught up to the current uh, comic, which is what Chris. Yes, uh, Lucifer number six. Story is called A Long-Awaited Comeuppance, and it's by Dan Waters, Sebastian and Max Fiamara, Dave McKegg, and Steve Wands. And uh, it feels it feels like it's been months since we read Lucifer 5. I know, it does. It's only because we also <laughs> haven't recorded this segment in weeks Probably. now. Hopefully. <laughs> now, uh, we open this story inside the skull. Now, this is, uh, we find out, remember we found out that that storybook village was inside of Sycorax's skull. Mm. That was uh, re- revealed uh, last issue, I believe. Mm. Now, in here, here, Sycorax has finished sewing up Lucifer, and uh, they walk through that storybook village, only to find it disturbingly empty. Well, actually, it turns out it only looks empty, because as they walk, Lucifer is struck in the head by a Molotov cocktail being hurled from a window. And then all the townspeople strike, and they're even wielding pitchforks. So Classic. it's a... 
Yeah, yeah the classics never die. <laughs> uh, now, Sicker X looks on while Lucifer burns. Uh, we jump over to uh, to a scene at Gately House where Calaman and that woman with the annoying God. speech impediment, which was really bad this time. The, they were just flat out balloons. I don't know what they said. Yeah, I just I scanned moved on. Right I looked. I looked at a couple. I was like, forget it. I'll figure. Yeah, it out. forget this. Now, they together realize that Sycorax's skull has been taken. If you remember, it was behind that closed door in Gately House. Mm-hmm. Uh, Caliban immediately knows that John Decker was the culprit. And uh, then they they uh, they grow some demons. <laughs> it like, looks like it. I don't know where they came like, from. but It's like there's like a giant eyeball that like starts growing flesh. I and like then they uh, <laughs> we're doing the eyeball motif this week. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, and then they plan to follow the uh, trail that Decker left them because apparently he left a trail. Yeah, well, you see that the window is busted. There's, like, blood on it, but I assume they also mean some sort of a spectral. Some ethereal. A spectral GPS is going to be employed or something. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of Decker, we join him as he rushes back to his motel room with the skull in tow. Uh, Ewell is still lying dead on the bed. Decker frantically tears through his backpack until he finds a large flashlight. He's not sure why, but he knows that he must destroy the skull, which actually is what Caliban uh, says he's going to do. Mm-hmm. Like that's what humans always do, <laughs> and so he lifts the flashlight above his head, and we switch scenes. Hey. We jump into the skull, where we find ourselves in the midst of a full-blown riot. Sycorax wills up some ravens with a marginal success. Yeah, uh, we learn that all of these rioters were people who Lucifer had helped in the past and uh, did so with uh, monkey paw esque favors. You Faustian know, uh, bargains, we'll say. Yes, yes very much so. <laughs> and now they're pissed. Yeah. Now, Lucifer, who is still on fire, continues fighting off the townsfolk, including that mad poet, William Blake, who we spent an awful lot of time with, and he gets dismissed pretty quickly. I know, he gets so whapped in the face with a shovel. I love it. It's actually hilarious. <laughs> it's like we spent the whole issue learning about well, he this comes guy. Up, he's, like, he's like, what of me, Lucifer? You know, what, what, what you've done? Bam! You're done. Smack. Now, uh, Lucifer fights his way to a bell tower where Stingy Jack is. He tells the town people that he never claimed to be anything than what he is, and they seem contented by that, or maybe bored or yeah, tired, all of the above. Who knows? They're still mad, but they're just like, nah, screw it. Um, <laughs> uh, Lucifer and Sycorax climb up the bell tower, with Lucifer becoming more and more like his clean-cut, pointy-haired self, so he's not looking like Alan Moore anymore. He's got, like, the little pointy tips on his hair. Also, well, while like he was corn. burned, he looked like hell. I mean, he, he, was, he like, looked he was like a cinder looked, for a minute there. <laughs> he, he looked like uh, like the cloud that was around Pigpen. <laughs> just like a scramble. <laughs> Uh, now they make it to the top of the tower where where sits Stingy Jack. Now he has Sycorax for that shard of moonlight. You know that that thing that showed up for like two panels last yeah, issue. I, did, I had no memory of this, by the way. No, me either. Okay, I had to look back. Uh, but then uh, Stingy Jack is tickled by the fact that this story has already played out a few times, which we already know isn't really a surprise. He's yeah. put Lucifer this repetitive ringer for quite some time, but he points out that the last three times has been this new wrinkle with the uh, moon shard. With the shard, yeah. So uh, Jack releases some shadow demon things from his Hellfire Lantern thing, and uh, six of <laughs> on Lucifer. Uh, he claims to have a man working on the outside to keep the skull safe, and uh, I think he's talking about Yoel here. I, I agree Gotta with be, that. Right? I, uh, yeah. Who else could it be? But Sycorax reveals that she, too, has a man on the outside. And she's definitely referring to Decker because she's the one talking to him. 
in his yes, face. Now, speaking of Decker, he finally lowers the boom and smashes the skull, which results in it in tearing a rift into the storybook village. Jack is distracted, and so Lucifer shoves him from the top of the bell tower, and he falls all the way through the rift. Lucifer insists that he and Sycorax also vacate the skull before everything ceases to exist. On their way out, however, we get a little story time. We learn all about Caliban's birth and the exile to the island. So the story is Sycorax was born near Algiers and is was referred to as a witch. At first shunned, however, then she was embraced when the people realized she could be utilized as a healer. She felt a calling from the moon, who here is a male. You notice that? Yeah. Uh, one night she decided to answer that call. Uh, the earth, and she was like floating between the earth and the moon. She was in love, uh, yes. yep, in love with the moon. Uh, the earth grew jealous, and all sorts of catast- catastrophes occurred in her town. Floods, earthquakes, death, destruction. <clears throat> After being returned to the earth, Sycorax saw herself as weak and worthless, at which time she met Lucifer, because that's kind yeah. of, that's when he shows up, usually. <laughs> that's, his, that's his peak that's time. He's yes. like, ah, this is my turn. <laughs> and, of course, they banged, because that's what happens. Indeed, and Sycorax found herself knocked up. And Lucifer realized that his father probably wouldn't take too kindly to his having an heir. And so he took uh, Sycorax to that island for exile where his father couldn't find her. Mm. We shift over to the fresco room that we've been popping in and out of for the past six months, where uh, Lucifer has just finished sharing a story with Caliban. We're assuming it's a similar story. Uh, Caliban looks pretty ticked off, and he feels as though his mother abandoned him. Then we go back to the present, sort of, where Lucifer and Sycorax leap into the rift in the skull. And they arrive in the mundane world, in that motel room, right in front of a slumped John Decker. Then Caliban and the speech impediment girl burst into the room. And we have a brief mother and child reunion. Yes. Oh, and uh, Stingy Jack is there, too. He looks He looks pissed off. He's under the bed like, He's not happy. He's not happy. Uh, Lucifer drags Jack out of the motel room where we find hundreds of spear-wielding angels descending upon them. Yeah, they planned to land in that gately house where they would have been protected. Yep. But uh, it didn't work out that way, so. Not this time. It is uh, a motel. Lucifer versus, versus the angels. So uh, this was an interesting one, huh, Chris? <laughs> I think so. I think, I think the initial interesting part was that, that the, a sixth issue ended with a to-be-continued. That was really weird. and uh, <clears throat> I wasn't expecting that. Probably my least favorite part of this, to be honest I with agree. you. I uh, agree. I agree because I don't want another six issues of the same story. Because there's a lot of there was a lot of payoff here. Yeah, uh, you know the breaking of the skull. Uh, mm-hmm. I love the part where the people that you know had made deals with the devil were were striking up, back, were coming yep. after him, and, and then his excuses of like, no man, you know, you first of all you came to me. Yep. Uh, you know, and that whole that whole interaction, I was like, wow, this is the kind of interaction I want to see. Um, yep. It's like the old man who saved the uh, who what thought a snake out of a block of ice, and the first thing the snake does when he's healed is bite the guy. There you go. You know, <laughs> and the guy's like, like, "Why did you bite me? I saved you." And the snake's what, like, "What do you want? I'm a what snake." What did you think I was about? You know what I mean? Exactly. It was like, <laughs> "Hey, man, you 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 made a deal with me, and uh, you're sorry it'll go the way you wanted." Uh, mm-hmm. I, I really like that, and uh, I, I just liked a lot of this issue. What I yep. don't like is that. We had to go six issues to get here. <laughs> to get here, right? It seems so unnecessary. This story generously could have been three issues. I really, I mean that. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. You know, we could have had an issue of Lucifer, his, his repetition, 
mm-hmm. an issue of his realization and this. And that well, because I mean, even awesome. our first issue, if we go back six months, the first issue was all about John Decker and his and Penny Ewell. Yeah, it was a whole other story. Like, and and it was just like so much unnecessary filler there. I think because I don't feel any stronger about Penny now than no. I would have if her story was truncated to two or three pages it, instead of the majority of an issue. You're exactly right. You know, it, it could have been mentioned that. Sure. You know, basically, the way we kind of remembered what you know, the kind of recaps they do every issue to say, like, his wife had a brain tumor and she was mm-hmm. hearing voices and da da da. Uh, and now he's hearing voices. It, it all it all came together kind of in the last couple of issues, anyway. Yeah. Uh, and we really just wandered around for three or four of them. Uh, I would, I, like I say, this would have been a nice. Three issue arc, you know, like one, I'm, two, I'm even thinking back. We had those those uh, the witch sisters there waiting for a phone call. It's like just so much, so much wasted space. It is. Where, it is. Uh, it's rough. <laughs> it, it was it was a rough to get here, but uh, this particular issue. I mean, this issue almost could read alone. It's it's uh, it's yeah. almost a complete story. It's it's that. Pretty, it's solid. It's well paced. Uh, I really, I really enjoyed this issue. Uh, and you know, I can't. I won't deny that. You know, it took. It's because of what we read before. Obviously, not like mm-hmm. just just this alone. But uh, that's my my complaint is is the twenty four dollars that preceded yeah. it. It's it's not worth that much. No, um, this should be a, this should be a trade. This should be just an original graphic novel. That would have been, it would have been great. As it a, would have been because there's no, there's just following this month to month. I mean, the, the I, I mentioned it in the review on the site. I mean, the seams really start to show. Yeah. And, uh, and also the seams in your wallet start to show because it's like, what, what are we spending four bucks for, for, so little forward momentum. And then we get this info dump. And I said in the review, it's like, this is an info dump that like Chris Claremont would like cringe from. Yeah. I mean, this is just a lot of story all at once. And we go from famine to feast yeah. and it's just so uneven where if this was just one solid block of a story in an oversized issue or a prestige format or a trade, it'd be like, okay, this is satisfying. I, I think so too. I, I think you could have charged 24 bucks Why not? For, for a nice, you know, whatever a, the like the six mm-hmm. issue trade and just parsed it out a little better uh, yeah. instead of yeah. having us wander around for two and three issues. Like we don't know. Who is what? Remember, we thought yeah. that Jack, a stingy Jack, might be Jack the Ripper. Jack the Ripper. Why not? We, he could be anybody. We had no <laughs> idea who he was. You know, <laughs> frankly, I'm not sure who he is now. Except I know he's, he's not Jack the Ripper. Be. But uh, <laughs> or maybe he might be. We are not positive. But um, I can't deny that I, I like this issue, and I, I, I'm, yes. I'm not going to uh, weigh this issue just based on the fact that the previous issues cost too much. All that that does play a factor. Uh, what did you give it on the set? I gave it a strong eight out of 10. I thought it was, uh, probably a bit between this issue and the issue that came out last month, some really, really super yeah. strong stuff. But, um, you know, that, that comes with the conceit that all the stuff we got was revelation. I mean, yeah. we, we are getting, we're getting the, we're getting the payoff, but it's, the payoff isn't being, isn't coming out piecemeal. It's just like, okay, you want answers? Boom! Here's you can't handle the truth, you know? <laughs> right? Yeah, it's, but uh, I definitely appreciate that we're getting answers. It's just I don't like the method in which we got. Them. No, it's, it's and you are 100 percent right. This would have made a really good graphic novel. Uh, yeah, I think that's so. what this should have been. This, this is you're, you're very right. But uh, 
I think I, I think I'm still going to come in seven point five. I'm going to. I just can't get over the fact that it costs. I'm too. I'm too cheap. At heart. Uh, that really is my only problem because otherwise this is a pretty great issue. Uh, yeah, it really is a fun issue. And if you have been reading and paid that money, then you have to get this one. This is this is you do. You know, if you, if you were like I'm out, I'm out after six. Well. Check this one out. Believe me, this is what you were waiting for. But uh, (laughs) we don't blame you if you felt like you were done after six. That's all I have to say (laughs) about that. So uh, that, I think, finally brings us up to date. It does. Chris. And uh, by the end of this, my voice is still cracky, but getting a little deeper. Mm -hmm. Um, It's coming back. It's coming coming back. back little by little. By next week, I should be hopefully... Right back is where I used to be. Uh, Mm -hmm. Next week, we have what? Books of Magic... Six? Six. We're six. assuming we have Books of Magic number yeah, six. Yeah, we don't yes. have it yet, but we're pretty sure. We're pretty sure. I think so. I think we could bet on that. But uh, I think that's all we got from this week. Chris, got anything else for him? No, if you're, if you're still listening, thanks for uh, sticking with us <laughs> <Yeah>. this long. <laughs> yeah, all of you Sandman Universe fans, I want you to keep it dreamy. There is freedom within. There is freedom without. Try to catch the deluge in a There's a battle ahead, many battles are lost, but you'll never see the end of the road while you're traveling with me. Hey now, hey now, don't dream it's over. Hey now, hey now, when the world comes in, they come, they come, to build a wall between us. Yo, it's mail call. It's mail with Derek. Hallelujah, it's mail with Derek. Oh yeah, it's mail with Derek. Hallelujah, it's mail with Derek. Oh yeah, it's mail with Derek. Hallelujah, it's mail with Derek. Oh yeah, let's hear what you have to say. We don't need no humor. It is Mail with Eric. Here we are, and we're going to start Mail with Eric huh? Huh? with Wolf Cipher. Why are you talking about Who like says, this? Dear Jake and the Fat Man, I Aww. think I am Jake. For some Last reason, I'm painted. I was Fat Man immediately. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have very high self esteem, do I? Well, last week's DC reviews had me laughing so hard with Mae West and Jimmy Durante. Is Mae West no longer a burn victim? Possibly not. Ha-cha-cha-cha! Because she's enunciating well for a woman whose lips have melted and dried shut together, and who should be dead. The show needs more Mae West, Eric. (laughs) (laughs) I would be forever grateful if you could get her to appear during my mail, and it would go something like this. Hey there, honey barbecue. I hope you're boneless, because I like to swallow without chewing. Frank boy, <laughs> you like that, or would you like regular Mae West? He's that big boy. They say downstairs sizes may vary. Well, objects in my rear view are larger than they appear. Why don't you come up and see me? So, what am I doing here downstairs? Big boy.
There you go, Eric. Yeah. Ha cha cha cha. He's saying that she's a whore. Ha cha cha cha, Eric. There you go. Jimmy Durante's never appropriate, is he? <laughs> never appropriate. I don't want any parts of this. <laughs> Jim, Mary, fuck, kill. Tanya, Dick Grayson, Eric Shea. Well, I would probably. F Dick Grayson, kill Eric and just marry Tanya. I know the worst of the worst <laughs> is there. You know, I'm gonna pick the the evil I know rather than the evil I don't know. And it's gonna kill mad. me. Instead yeah, I'm gonna of, you kill know, you. In my mind, you're just gonna bang a piece of paper with Dick Grayson drawn on it. No, with this though, you don't understand that I am not this is a mercy kill. I see your life. You need that kill, Eric. I'm doing that more for you. So there you go. Eric, marry, fuck, kill. Joe Merrick, the elephant man, burn victim oh, Mae West, or the thing from the horror movie, The Thing. The thing from the horror movie, The Thing. Which one? There was many things. This is there's there's no logic to this question. I don't know. Oh, here we play. go. Uh, burn victim Mae West, you just said Mary. Jim, I picked up the recent Batman Beyond comic book, and I have to say I'm enjoying it a lot, if I'm being honest. What do you think I about it? I started with this Ron, most recent stalker payback arc. I think that's why he's telling me, because I said, I don't know. I told you, if I stop, we stop this podcast right now, hey, never going to be a book I read again. And I've gone back and started with the first issue. It's really a fun book, and more importantly, it's good. I usually don't bother reading books adapting cartoons based on comics. Up until now, I'd been ignoring these runs, but goddammit, I need something from DC to read uh, to have an excuse to mail you guys. I mean, for fuck's sake, my email opened with Mae West nonsense. Big boy! Now, since I don't have a lot to talk about this mail, I might as well take the opportunity to say that, Jim, I appreciate all the hard work you do with all the podcasts I listen to and all the reviews you do. And I especially thank you for the little things you've done for me personally. And Eric Shea, you're also there, so that's cool, I guess. Short and soft, and see you later. That's like me. Short and soft, Eric, yeah, right? I agree. Soft-hearted. Thank you, Wolf Cypher. And he actually does some reviews on the Marvel side of things, too. So I appreciate that what he does out. as well. Soft-hearted. <laughs> it, it's a, it's, it, I was born with it. It was a defect. Soft-heart. Uh-huh. You know, I was born with the monkey heart. Jay from Canada is next. What Who up, Jim and Eric? That was with the grow heart. Was that Project yeah, that, X? No, 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 no. It was the one with Christian Slater that I asked if you had uh, <laughs> read it. I believe it might even be Bed of Roses, actually, that I I told you about. But Marilla I think I'm getting that mixed heart. up with something else. Christian but I always I kept Slater. telling you that you should watch whatever it was. Untamed not. heart. Untamed heart. I actually was going to say Untamed heart, and that seemed a little too on the nose. Bed of Roses and Tanya used to make me watch that movie all the time. Like every uh, every Valentine's Day, we have to watch Christian Slater and Bed of Roses. And luckily, she forgot about that. Also forgot about me. Yeah. Jay from Canada says, "What up, Jim and Eric? It's Jay from Canada back at it again. As always, how was your week, Eric? Awful. You said it was, it was great without it, wrong turn. Just awful. So no, that. it's always been bad. I just try to talk about talk a big game. Try to say I don't yeah. miss wrong turn." Oh, a big game. big game. Has the cardboard box factory become a somber place to commiserate the loss of wrong turn? That guy was awesome, and I hope he was. He has a good wedding. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's never happened. Yeah. I, I still, I do miss him because of stuff like that. Though I'm telling you, he's one of Just those things you want that the gossip. I love to hear the craziness. I love to watch Eric lose his mind. It was a lot quieter. It was like, you know, almost like something was lifted from our shoulders. It was a workplace. I got you. No, no, because even we have our one boss 
that she ended up getting hurt because of wrong turn, ended up breaking all her ribs and leaving. She's coming Why back and it she feels touch like my ribs. I know it feels like more of a workplace and I don't like that. But she came over the first day she came back and she's only back for a couple hours a day. Seems oh, to be just the yelling people. I'm just coming so, back with her cane now. Yeah, she comes back with this cane. And she walks up to Eric and, and the people will laugh because what she came in to tell Eric was that he's taking too many days off. Yes. But spells it out in a way of, I thought that we agreed that you'd only take one day off a week while she's doing this. Now, picture this. <laughs> She had broken ribs, and one rib she told us was shattered. In four so spots or something like that. She's got problems with her ribs. While this is going on, she's tickling slash feeling, feeling with her up. fingers Eric's ribs. And when she and I'm looking at I it the whole time, you're there, and she walked away. And then hours later, we kind of one of us said to the other, but I, both of us were thinking this. I'm like. I think she's a witch, and she's yeah. trying to get your ribs. She was trying to get your ribs. So a couple of days later, you come in. You're like, you're gonna, you're gonna love this. This is gonna be uh, stupid. You said you had a dream, and you woke up in the middle of the night, and your goddamn ribs hurt. At the ones that she was tickling, we think she stole your ribs. I said it's like she thinner. replaced them with hers. Ribber. I don't know. If that makes sense. But I, she, she somehow has ribs now have broken. Somehow ribs, Jim. she she's like, have you ever broken these ribs? I'm like, oh my god, no. what is she doing? But the worst was she said to you, "Hey, I t- I thought we agreed." That you'd only miss one day a week. Now, you took that as an invitation. This was not anybody yelling at you. It was an invitation, so you uh-huh. took the next day off. <laughs> well, like, yeah. Boy, I, I thought, number one, the guy's missing a rib, but he found his balls because, boy, <laughs> I, I had my boss come back and he said, where's Erica? Yeah, here today. And I thought that Liz yelled at him yesterday about not being there. I'm like, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, he's got, he got some balls. She said, and I said, no, no, she didn't yell at him. She just said he can only take one day off, and he figured this is the best one to take. Yeah, yeah. And and the boss comes back to me, the main boss, the owner, comes back. He has these papers in his hands, and he goes, "Where's Eric?" And I'm like, "Oh, he he didn't come in today." And the motherfucker sat and stared at me for three minutes. I don't know why you just let that happen. Staring at me, and I'm looking at him, and then I'm like looking over my shoulder. I'm like, "Just walk away." No, no, because I was doing something. I was in the middle. I had slats over my shoulder. I was putting away. So I'm putting these away, and he just sat there. I put thing. I look. He's still just staring and clearing his throat in this weird way, like almost like like that. I'm, the fuck is going on? So finally, I just gave him like the shrug of the shoulder, like and then he does? walked away. Yeah, he just walked away. Yeah, <laughs> what I should have done is shit my pants. And then he would have been like, "Okay, you got a raise there, buddy." Now, That's now what you're I like coming to see along. around here. <laughs> this is why he's like, "Now you finally learned. It took you all these years to figure out what I really need from my employees. I need them to shit their pants." Now and go that, pee out what, the back door and let me watch. Now go pee out the back door and then actually unlearn all my positions and things that I do because it seems like that's what he likes. Tell me what uh, you're yeah. having for dinner tonight. He ended up <laughs> Eric got his ribs stolen. That's all I know. <laughs> My week has been real shitty to Black be honest. Magic. My girlfriend and I got into a drunken fight last night. Yeah. And we're still trying to figure things out. That's what does that mean? I wanted to, to start singing out. like got into a fight. drunken sailor. Anytime you drink, this is the problem is I'm sure he I'm sure Jay, who's a very nice guy, probably said to her, Hey, listen, listen, baby. That's how you start things. He I'm going to give him again, some advice. I'm punching in the eye. He's like, listen, baby, 
you know, we were drunk, you know, yeah. that's all it was. And I bet you she's one of those like Tanya. Yeah, but when you're drunk, that's when you say the things you really mean. You're like, listen, no. And then you when that happens, I get part? mad and I agree. And then I'm like, give me the bottle. Let's drink. I don't know. I don't drink. So I can't ever say this. But that's I know that Tanya would say that to me. Depression and anxiety don't exactly make the best cocktail. No. Y- you want to hear my favorite cocktail, Eric? Well, where's the- <laughs> But hey. Who gives a fuck about real world problems, right? Let's get into the books. You already know my thoughts on Batman, which he does have the second opinion, yeah. which surprisingly wasn't my book of the week. Just League was. I was so impressed with this issue. The art, the future versions of our heroes. And he says, uh, you already know your thought, my thoughts about Batman. He means me because me and him spent hours arguing about oh, no, it. I, I, I know art- as well because you tell me immediately. Yeah, I told him at one point, I said, Eric is putting a, a moratorium on the talk of Batman. I'm not allowed to talk to you anymore because I can't talk to anybody without then passing it on to Eric down the alley. Purple Just washer give me a dish- couple of days where I don't have to deal with Tom King. So I Purple ask. monkey dishwasher. The art, the future version of our heroes and the way Snyder balances the team dynamic. It was really good. My second pick of the week was Guardians of the Galaxy. But I'll save the that you for an email about. to the Marvel podcast. I didn't like it as much. I thought the pacing, I think the pacing overall in that Guardians of the Galaxy book is a little off and it's definitely not for somebody who doesn't know all the characters I which is that. me you know you know who doesn't know the characters and has two fingers it, just about everybody I was gonna say, why, why do you have two fingers <laughs> it's because I'm fucking I shook hands with danger Eric that's what happens when you do that I had a kerchief on I ended up putting my so hand in a hay baler uh, a hay baler third up was Naomi where the hell did this come from probably gem world the art and revelations were awesome. My two top books are usually Batman and Venom, and they didn't even place. But Eric, did they show? Now I guess it's time yes. for the nonsense part of the email. First up, what? <laughs> oh my, wait till you hear this one. First up, Eric, whatever happened to Dan Stransky? Oh my, as you, you mean well, that Jersey before gamer? you go. <laughs> as you know, I've been listening to old podcasts, and it's made me wonder if this poor soul is now locked up in the basement somewhere without a charge on his Apple Watch. The horror. <laughs> he's an Android Honestly. person now. And yeah, he's fully Android. Danced and I mean, he's right. an Android. Honestly, I enjoyed his segments, and he seems like a nice guy, even though everyone ripped into him all the time. He was a nice guy. I, I ended up talking to him afterwards. He just kind of quit. At one point, he just kind of left the podcast, which then caused me to just say, okay. I mean, Eric was sitting there the whole time like, the minute this guy leaves, we're not going to ask him back, right? And we didn't. He kind of left on his own accord. Then he came back for like one episode and then left again. It just wasn't his thing. He stopped reading comics. He was never really that into them anyway. Uh, and he wanted to go do his own thing. This happens to us a lot. I mean, are you going to ask about Ryan next? Because that's a that's a spicy meatball. That one. Dan just laughed, and and I think that we moved on. I do think that he got mad at us actually at one point. Uh, and I'm desperately trying to get his uh, you know, weird science deal, and I can't find it, Eric. Well, oh, what's Dan up to now? Like his latest tweet. Uh, that's pinned, I believe. Yeah, it's pinned. Hello, weird science. So excited that I decided what to do with my brand, That Jersey Gamer. I have some big oh. plans for how I am going to expand my usage in the upcoming months. But for now, check out my blog for some gaming news and my takes on the industry. That Jersey that's Gamer. Cool. Yeah, That Jersey Gamer is that now. WordPress.com. He's very, very proud. He was very proud of being from New Jersey. We finally found the one guy. 
uh, who was very well, that's proud because of Kevin that. Smith was. Well, that's that's why. And uh, I can't even find what is his uh, Twitter. Do you have that there? Dan Stransky. Yeah. Is is that no, no, all it it's is? At it's Dan just, Stransky. Okay, so it's at Dan Stransky. Everybody should go follow him. And he's a nice guy. He really was a nice guy. But yeah. He just he, he was into some things. The the time that we had a award show and he gave the most recent issue of Batman sixty six, the digital issue, as his book of the year, and we realized that maybe oh, we had he doesn't grown, like comics we, like he we said had he evolved does. Past Dan Stransky <laughs> and being on the podcast, but yeah. Uh, we ended up talking to him and getting on board. He ended up asking to be on, and he was on for a while, yeah. just like that spicy meatball Ryan. But your geek and if fly, you haven't fly. gotten to the end of that, yeah, Ryan. Uh, but yeah, keep keep on going, Eric. Now I guess it's time. Oh, he says, uh, without a Chargers Apple Watch, I enjoyed his segment. Eric, what's your favorite Spider-Man story of all time? My favorite Spider-Man story of all time. Of all time. It probably is the was death of Gwen Stacy. Goblin, Eric? No, was it's it probably that? the death of Gwen Stacy is a, it has affected me the most and something I actually yeah. go back and read a bunch of times. Wasn't it funny that when I figured out that the death of Gwen Stacy was like, I thought this was something that happened like while you were a kid. No, I, I just like tell you, she had been dead like 15 yeah. years before yeah, I'd been that's born what I'm saying. Like that's that. what I didn't even realize that until we just did that Aunt May deal on the right. Patreon, the back issues. I, I always thought that that was something that happened in the 90s. I had no idea. So when, when I found that out, it actually shocked me that it, it affected you so much. Uh, but yeah, there you go. It's like the Who song. She was one of my first crushes. Of Lily, Eric. You, She'd already been the, dead. Do you get the idea of the Who song, Pictures of Lily? Why that is a very good representation of the Gwen Stacy story with you. Do you because do you know it's the about story? Lily Munster? No, no, because oh. it was a, a story where the character in the song was told by his dad to pretty much get these old, uh, you know, nudie mags and pornos or whatever. And he fell in love with this lady. Oh, I do know. And then he found out later that she had been dead. So he's been jerking off to a dead woman. So there you go. Just like when Stacy, it kind of amazes me that you have a goblin tattoo. Is that what it is? But completely drop the character. I've been a lot more pro DC the last couple of weeks, a couple of years, but old Spidey will always be my favorite. Might Actually, well. that leads to a decent question. What are your top five comic characters of all time? Have I asked this before? I don't think so. His is number five, Bruce Wayne. Number four, Damian Wayne. Number three, Dick Grayson. Number two, Jason Todd. so funny to my number mind that one, it's just these people and not their alter ego or superhero personas. Yes. Number one, <laughs> Peter Parker. Uh, what are yours, Eric? Spider-Man, we'll, we'll let you answer. Green okay. Lantern. Batman. Yes. Yes. I always do the top three. I don't know anything beyond that because then it starts getting a little muddy. And any kind you of like Jason Robin, Todd. I'm saying any you, kind you of Robin because like I like Tim all the Drake. Robins. Again, you like all the Dick Ro- Grayson. You like Damian Wayne. Did you say? Did you say Hal Jordan yet? Uh, I said Green Lantern. Okay, so you're just going to go with Green Lantern. Yeah, I'm going to go with Green Lantern because I do like Hal Jordan Rainer. growing up, but then Kyle Rayner did become mine. Kind of like Flash as well. Like How Wally, about Wally West. Is West? Mine. Yeah, um, yeah. No, I do like Wally West a lot, but it's not one of my top five. Man, Firestorm. No, 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 I don't no? think. Maybe Shazam. Maybe Shazam's Shazam. up there, at number five. Oh my, Shazam! You say What's yours? any other any other Marvel? I'm 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 gonna be like you. I'm not gonna answer. I I do like uh, Batman. Dick Grayson's number one. Uh, actually, X twenty three, Laura, and throw Gabby in as a combo. That would be up there. Um, I also like Batgirl. I like Supergirl. You know, I like them all. There. Yeah. Uh, my favorite, my favorite. Cyclops Robin, at one point might have been my number five on that I list. I like Dick Grayson, but it's funny. I love Dick Grayson as my favorite character of all time, but my favorite Robin probably is Damien. 
because right. uh, I kind of separate Dick Grayson from that and, and really like Nightwing, but I just like him in general. So I, I do love Damien. I do like Jason Todd. And I've, I've grown to like Jason Todd a lot more since we started the podcast, especially even after we had the site for a while, because you were reviewing, you know, most of the Red Hood stuff and I wasn't even reading it. But once we started doing the podcast, I realized I also love Guy Gardner. He's my favorite Green Lantern, stuff like that. I always like the people or jerks it tends in my mind it gives them more character um but yeah he says poor tim at the end all right guys poor tim. that's all i've got sorry i couldn't be more positive this week too much sensory overload i guess maybe i'm just using hyperbole i sometimes employ that jim will get the reference much love from canada and that's jay and that's the end of that mail section we're gonna go off now to a crazy bunch of books we're gonna have jeremy talk about a couple books that he had then me and brandon talk about damage and then finish the section up with high level with me and pete from nyc and then finish the podcast with me and eric and naomi so we'll be back with a bunch of books leading to the end of the podcast Well, hello, and welcome to another edition of The Wild Storm. It's very exciting. I'm your host, Jeremy, and I'm here to talk to you about The Wild Storm, issue number 21, which is pretty damn good, if I'm being absolutely honest. Uh, There is that kind of wonderful sense of finally kind of things picking up and uh, getting... I wouldn't say more interesting. That's probably the wrong way of putting it, but, uh, but certainly moving more purposefully uh, than perhaps we've been used to over the last few months. And, uh, it's good. It's, uh, it's good to see. Uh, the wild storm, of course, is written by Warren Ellis, uh, artist by John Davis Hunt, uh, with colors by Steve Bucciolato and letters by Simon Boland. Uh, it's published by DC Comics. The cover price is $3.99. Last month's full debut of the Apollo and Midnighter show was a bit of a doozy, and I don't know about you, but I want to see more of that particular duet doing their routine. This being the Wildstorm, that's probably not going to happen. Too many plates spinning, you know how it is. But at least we get that cover. Very nice. What's under the hood, though? There's only one way to find out. I don't know whether you noticed, but I mixed my metaphors terribly there. Right. Uh, that cover that I am referring to uh, shows Apollo and Midnighter together, just kind of crashing through a house. There are bricks everywhere, and it all looks rather stunning. And uh, to be absolutely honest with you, what I really like about it, actually, is that the uh, the halo effect uh, around Apollo's head um, kind of... Uh, bleeds over into uh, onto the actual kind of masthead, uh, the title of the uh, of the book on the cover, and that that looks really good. It it really does. I, I I like it. It's a very dynamic cover. All the covers are great. I think my favorite actually is still the weird alien ship kind of pod thing uh, from way back. It was about issue eight or issue nine. I do like that cover. Mind you, I do like the Angie cover as well. Yeah, you're gonna love a bit of Angie. Speaking of whom, uh, we get to see her kind of naked, 
uh, everybody's naked uh, in this in this opening uh, on this opening page, apart from Jenny Sparks. Uh, Jenny Sparks, of course, has gone uh, has kind of gone into. Uh, the Skywatch base. Uh, she's sort of, uh, yeah, cause her thing is to, is to kind of use transmissions, use electronic transmissions to, uh, to transport herself from one place to another. And she's managed to do that, uh, with a clear signal, uh, from a Skywatch, uh, UFO, uh, to uh, the Skywatch main base, and she managed to beam herself up, as it were, onto the Skywatch uh, satellite. Uh, and she's learned enough to to know that they need to act, and act pretty swiftly. What I like about about this uh, this page is that fairly obviously everybody is hungover. Shen certainly is hungover. Uh, she's kind of, basically you've got sort of Jenny whipping the covers off. This is the Wonder Woman uh, blanket uh, stroke. I don't know. I want to use the word Eiderdown. Do you guys have Eiderdowns in the United States? I'm not sure that you do. Um, it's sort of quilt. It's not a quilt, actually, so I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why I'm saying that. It's just a cover sheet. It's a sheet. That's what it is. And she's. Uh, it's a Wonder Woman sheet. It's. It's. It's kind of cool. It's got the old uh, Wonder Woman logo from uh, from the like seventies, early eighties. Very retro. I like it. Uh, anyway, uh, she's whipping the covers off uh, to wake everybody up uh, because essentially. Uh, these four members of the group that is going to be known as the authority at some point uh, have been having kind of like a, a prolonged get-to-know-you session, uh, which has involved lots of alcohol and a certain amount of intimacy. Nice. Uh, what I what I like about this picture is that, uh, apart from the fact that, that John Davis Hunt does a great job of kind of drawing how determined sort of Jenny Mae Sparks is to wake everybody up and how utterly hungover Shen is because she sort of sat on the edge of the bed with her with her head in her hands. Um Angie's kind of I don't know that Angie is hungover actually. Uh she's kind of got her back to us, uh which is perhaps a good thing. Um because she's clearly not wearing anything. Uh and she's kind of got a her hands sort of interlocked behind her head as she's kind of stretching uh just above her uh to the right of her head is her underwear uh sort of flying out from from the bed it's it's, it's, it's a very kind of humorously dramatic moment uh which for uh, you know for which i'm particularly grateful you know uh and jack's under there as well bless him uh presumably having I don't know. He's he's had a lot of fun. I can only assume. Um, so the, the, she basically, this is Jenny. Basically, kind of once everybody's dressed and back into the kitchen, uh, she basically has this. Uh, she has this kind of leadership moment, and and what I like about this because of course you know Jenny Sparks was the uh, leader of the authority back in in the day when Ellis was writing the title. Uh, before he handed it over to Mark Miller, um, and and Jenny was the was the leader for those twelve issues. Which, incidentally, if you have not read, you you really really should. Um, and I know that uh, some people don't like Brian Hitch's artwork. Uh, I 
can kind of see why you might not be overly impressed with it. But but when he's being inked by Paul Neary, uh, as he was in the Authority series, his stuff is phenomenal. It really, really is. So if you haven't read the the first volume of the Authority, uh, which is basically Ellis and Hitch doing big screen superheroics before they were a proper thing, really. It, it, it's very, very good. Uh, anyway, um, Jenny Sparks back then was was quite a kind of seasoned leader, I suppose you would say. Uh, this Jenny Sparks is a lot more... Um, is a lot more uncertain, a lot more, a lot more uh, guilty, I suppose. She's during this conversation, she kind of admits, you know, that, that that this has all happened on her watch. She should have been looking out for this, and instead, she's been spending the last twenty or thirty years essentially getting drunk and and not really paying much attention to, to what's been going on in the world around her. And it's almost like she's suddenly kind of woken up to this and and realized what the situation is between Io and Skywatch. And uh, she's pretty freaked out about it and, and feels a certain sense of responsibility uh, about it as well. And I think Ellis and Davis Hunt do a great job of portraying that. And, and she's aware of the fact that... Uh, she doesn't know who Apollo and Midnighter are, but she's aware of the fact that they have uh, repelled uh, an invasion, or sorry, not an invasion, uh, an abduction attempt by Skywatch, who have tried to sort of abduct a, uh, a village of people, presumably with the uh, intention of kind of experimenting on them. Um And uh, so, yeah, she, she's kind of, she's she really wants to kind of, make contact with Apollo and Midnighter. She, she wants to, um, you know, get things going, which, which I'm all in favor of. I, I, I'm, you know, we, we've been playing a waiting game with, with Jenny May Sparks since essentially issue two, really. Uh, we've had sort of a mystery about who she is and that's been kind of unfolded and, and, and what have you. And we've, we've kind of explored some aspects of that. Um, but it, it would be nice to see her in action. Um, and it would be nice to see the team that she's assembled in action as well. Then we have our first sort of squabble. And I think it's, again, I, I'm kind of, I think this is deliberate. I think, you know, they've, once you are about to commit to, to, you know, to battle once, once you are about to kind of, you know, commit your forces and, and kind of put them in harm's way, somebody has to take the lead. And, um, uh, you know, Jenny says, you know, this isn't a dictatorship, um, but it's not a democracy either. And her and Angie have an argument about food. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, it's not really what the argument about isn't really the issue. The issue is it, it's about what the hell's going on in terms of the hierarchy of this group, which is not something they've had to had to deal with because all they've been doing for the last few issues is uh, sleeping with one another and kind of finding out who each other is and and trying to piece together the various bits of information that they all know and so you you get this kind of face-off between uh jenny may sparks and angie and it it looks it, it's i mean you know compared to sort of like look I, i'm a big fan of kind of you know 70s and 80s marvel comics and and it used to be the set yeah, and dc for the matter uh, and it used to be kind of de rigueur that you know 
when you met the person that you're going to team up with in your in your book or in in something like Marvel Team Up or Marvel Two in One, you you kind of got to know them by trying to beat the crap out of them, uh, and that's that's almost we we've got a kind of low key, uh, a very low key sort of version of that here, and and it is pretty impressive as Angie begins to suit up. And, um, Shen kind of intervenes and Jenny backs down and, and we actually get a, a real hint of sort of vulnerability here. And, and I will give Ellis this. Uh, Ellis can sometimes be an incredibly cynical writer. Um, I, I, I don't necessarily have a, a, a major problem with that. Um, it, it is a, we live in a, in a really bizarre, in many respects world that that invites that kind of cynical approach but he doesn't take that with 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 jenny he he she backs down and and she says the world got too much for me i went and i went away and got drunk for 20 years i screwed up okay i screwed up and everything went nuts and io locked down the world with carceral capitalism and panopticon rule and hitler lives in space. I woke up, I looked around, I realized I could have done something about it and didn't. So here I am. No, it's not a democracy. It's a rescue mission being mounted at the last bloody second. You're strong, Angie. You knew what you needed to do and you did it despite the consequences. I'm not strong. I screwed up. And she's crying. And it's, it's, it's incredibly kind of effective. And, um, it's a really, really nice scene and it's a really nice end to that scene. And you get that sense that, you know, these people are now connected on an emotional level or at least beginning to be connected on an emotional level, as well as just having like a common purpose and trying to find out what's going on, stop IO and, and, and Skywatch and all that kind of stuff. There's now an emotional connection. I, I think that's pretty cool. Um, we then shift to Miles Craven. Miles Craven, over the last couple of issues, uh, you know, I, I said in my, in my review on the site, I, I started off kind of thinking that Craven was a, was a reasonably kind of competent man, uh, in some respects a sympathetic man, kind of, or at least could be sympathetic, I suppose, in some respects. But, but during the course of this, uh, of this series, his uh, his character has just uh, and I, and I think this is deliberate by Ellis. This, this isn't a criticism of Ellis. This is I think this is a, a deliberate plotting. Uh, his character is just kind of utterly sort of warped and uh, crumpled under the the pressure that he's now under. Um, he is uh, he's a technocrat in in the sense that he is. Uh, used to maintaining the status quo. He's used to the, the, the idea of balance between IO and Skywatch. Uh, but there are other players on the board now that he's only dimly aware of. And it's, he, he's not handling this well at all. And he lacks the imagination and the creativity to do something meaningful about it. So instead of actually kind of, uh, kind of turning his attention outwards, he's, he's in fact become this kind of somewhat paranoid figure, uh, who's concerned about his subordinates when actually he should be concerned about, about other people, uh, 
people that he doesn't actually entirely know yet, if that makes sense. Um, so we get this this one page thing between her, him, and assistant director Bayul, and it's one of those really well scripted um, conversations where all the important meaning is beneath the surface, and although it's it's all very polite both the participants know exactly what's going on and and it's it's kind of it's it's a nicely done bit of uh of dialogue uh the upshot of it is is that Bayul is now well aware of the fact that uh she's in trouble and that um Craven may want to get rid of her now it would seem judging from the way she reacts to that that she has resources of her own to draw on and um, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out as always with this series that's it <laughs> so you get you get it, it's like Alice is going oh yeah there's that plate uh, spin that plate okay then we get Jackie who's um Who's kind of researching? I've got to be honest with you. This is the least successful bit of the of the issue. Um, it's it's Jackie essentially spending. Is it two pages or is it three? It's two pages. Uh, working out how Angie got into uh, got her 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 equipment in and out of IO, and although it's it's kind of interesting and it's well drawn. Uh, it doesn't really do anything in terms of moving the plot forward other than introducing the nanotechnology that then Angie uses later on in the, in, in a, in a different scene. So it, it's kind of, it's okay, but it's a little bit pointless. And the, uh, the kind of grumpy, uh, AI in the scanning device that Jackie King uses, only really serves to to highlight actually that this is this is a a scene that that doesn't work as well as the other scenes do it it's not it, it's a the, the the kind of uh the quirky kind of personality of the ai is a little bit of a of a cliche at this point in in comics and science fiction and and it there's not not really anything new being added here so it it's it's kind of it's a little bit of a disappointing scene, if I'm being absolutely honest, and perhaps a little bit overcritical. But hey, uh, it's a Friday evening, and after the week I've had, uh, a bit of overly critical comment is not the worst I could do. Uh, then we get a great page uh, that I'm guessing John Davis Hunt had a great deal of pleasure drawing of uh, Henry Bendix and um, Lauren Pennington surveying the arsenal available to them in the coming war with IO. And it's basically a whole load of different rot- rockets and projectiles and what have you. And you also get the uh, the Rod of God that was uh, featured a few issues back. There's a few of them hanging from the ceiling as well. It does look... It does look gloriously impressive, while at the same time kind of low tech. And, and like I, I said, I've said this before, uh, the overall kind of design of, of this series is very kind of, it's like five minutes into the future kind of thing. It's not all gleaming and high tech. 
it's it's very kind of low tech and and sort of grubby and a little bit dirty and a little bit frayed around the edges and i do kind of like that it's a nice uh, it's a nice image we then get an unexpected moment really between bendix and lauren so bendix is kind of is kind of essentially getting very excited about the prospect of killing things and lauren's like Lauren goes into kind of her background um and you know it, it it's quite sort of touching you know she goes on on about um um the fact that although she has all this kind of influence and 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 power she's she's limited in some respects because of the treaty because of the fact that she's stuck on the uh she's stuck on the satellite um and and she's like you know actually this kind of sucks and and we get a, a different side to pennington who's who's up until this point has been this kind of extremely sort of sort of sarcastic and i mean you want to talk about cynical her character is is horribly cynical but but you actually get a a side of her here that is uh that is is very human all of a sudden uh, ambitious and and a little bit um a little bit selfish but 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 human nevertheless um and she has this kind of conversation with uh with with bendix where she kind of points out the obvious which is that if you destroy the planet earth we're going to have supply issues for for years if not decades she said so you know your problem is io not the planet and i'm like finally so somebody is 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 talking sense into bendix it's like yeah i know you're this megalomaniac but actually you do kind of need the planet earth you know i mean if you remember a while back i mean we're talking about a good sort of year and a half maybe uh you know bendix memorably kind of went on this kind of rant about how terrible earth was because it smelled of farts and stuff you know uh when you he should have been in my year 10 lesson this afternoon it's, uh, that was pretty unpleasant uh but yeah so so it, it finally it's like somebody is is kind of you know talking sense into into him although her her final line is in reply to his objection which is that but io is wrapped around the planet like a snake and she just kind of smiles evilly at him and says so so maybe they are going to burn significant bits of the earth after all oh well i liked her for a while <laughs> then we get a really nice couple of pages of apollo circling the globe recharging his batteries it's really good uh and then he comes back down to earth and um he has a really interesting conversation with midnighter and it's a it's like a kind of a, a very sort of it's a lover's conversation in the sense of you know this is what this is what i'd like to do for you and this is you know and and sort of the midnighter character is very uh very sort of dour and and kind of sees the sees the bad side of everything and and apollo is kind of more romantic and kind of sees the um the good in everything it, it it's it's pretty cool actually is is what it is uh then we get to um our 
for authority figures. <laughs> you see what I did there? Yes, you did. Um, and yeah, they, they kind of, this is kind of an interesting little scene in the sense that, uh, Shen and Angie share their thoughts with one another. And this is all because Angie kind of, um, Angie shows Shen how to use her nanotechnology to, to scan the earth and, uh, you know, and find the, the, the kinds of anomalies that she's looking for. Uh, and they have this conversation telepathically. What's really interesting and very funny is that, is that Jenny and Jack are kind of the sat sort of in between them. And they, they, they don't have a clue. They clearly don't have a clue what's going on. And it's, it's really, it's really quite funny. Uh, and, but, but Shen and, and Angie are having this inc- actually again, very touching moment between, between them and, and sort of, and Ellis is so good because he reminds us again that sort of Angie is, has been through so much. She's, she's on the run. She's had to experiment on herself with this technology. Um, and Shen is very, uh, she's very compassionate towards her. And, you know, again, the, there are some tears and what have you. And it's, it's, it's all kind of sweet. I, I, I'm, I'm making this sound like it's a very, uh, a very kind of lovey-dovey issue, which which it actually is, actually. Um, so the issue ends, basically, with the four of them stepping outside and Jenny making the point, and it's a really, really good point, and it's a point that if we're, if I'm being honest, has a certain resonance in the, in the real world, as it were. Uh, I try not to get overly political, uh, on the, on this podcast, but, but, but it, it clearly is meant to, to be a, a sort of reflection on, uh, on the, on the world as it, as it currently is. She says, every damn thing that's happened since the day you saved Marlowe's life has been people making category errors out of paranoia and fear. That's where we are now, on the edge of the end of the world, because the most powerful people in the world are terrified of everything and everyone. And that is a heck of a way to end the issue. Now, I gave the issue 8.5 out of 10. Um, I think that's a, I think on reflection, that is a fair, um, uh, a fair score to give it. Uh, it's, at times, beautifully written. There's the odd little misstep uh, here and there, uh, but generally speaking, it's very, very good. Um, the The big thing for me is the interplay between uh, the members of the authority, um, and I think Ellis has done a fantastic job here of kind of showing Jenny as uh, being somebody who has uh, ducked responsibility in the past, but now is determined to make things right. Uh, that's a really interesting kind of uh, character trait. Uh, you see Angie and Shen bonding. Um, Jack's a little bit of an odd one out here, but he's kind of laid back and cool and sort of. Jared Leto, basically. Um, so it, it's, it's pretty cool. It, it's, uh, it's worked out, uh, really well. Um, as I said, the only slight problem for me is the Jackie King, uh, scene, which I, I thought wasn't terribly interesting. Uh, there is a little 
uh, cameo uh, by the chap that was introduced last issue. I can't remember his name now. Um, who's been tasked by uh, by Miles Craven to uh, to sort out uh, Jackie King and uh, Bayul. Uh, he makes a a brief appearance just to kind of remind us that he is on the case, as it were. Um, but yeah, I mean, and the main focus is the authority guys, and that's that's fine. I I, I do I, I, as has been the case for a long while now. Uh, the, the 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 fact that this is a vehicle for establishing a universe which is probably never going to be explored again is. Is depressing the hell out of me, to be absolutely honest with you, because Ellis is doing such a fantastic job. Davis Hunt is doing such a fantastic job. They, they, they know exactly what they're doing with this series, but, but the purpose of this series is, uh, has essentially been thwarted. There will not be, as far as I know, um, a Wildcats book. There won't be a Zealot book. Um, whether there'll be an authority book at some point, I, I think it's highly unlikely, but clearly that is something that uh, Ellis was, was gearing up to here. Um, but anyway, it, it, having said all that, this is still a damn good, enjoyable read. And um, I'm sure that if you've been following the Wildstorm, you will be happy with this because it's very much in keeping with everything that's gone before. Uh, if you've not been following the Wildstorm, uh, you've got a lot to catch up on, but I still advise that you do because it's probably one of the best comics that you haven't read yet. And uh, you can't say fairer than that, really. Right, we're going to shift gears now because in a few minutes' time, we're going to enter the Orlando Zone. Yes, we are. Uh, there'll be a short musical interlude. And then, buckle up, pilgrims. We're heading for the zone. With the wild storm, it's now time to enter 
The Orlando Zone. Yes, yes it is. Uh, it's the Orlando Zone, people, uh, which means, well, it means a lot of things to a lot of different people. Uh, in this particular instance, it means uh, fun, to a certain extent, and wacky weirdness. That's what the Orlando Zone means. Uh, we're looking at Electric Warriors, issue number five, the penultimate issue. Ooh, very exciting. Very exciting indeed. What a strange little series this is. I've just been watching, actually, Steve Orlando, the great man himself, on uh, the DC Daily episode. I think it's episode 105 from uh, February. Talking about Electric Warriors issue four um, and kind of talking about the, the basic premise of the series and what have you. Uh, he comes across as, uh, as a very, as just a very enthusiastic guy. Um, and someone who kind of loves the DC universe, which is, which is fair enough. Um, when you listen to him, uh, sort of talking about electric warriors, uh, it all sounds quite exciting and coherent. <laughs> Unfortunately, in reality, it has not always been the case. Still, Electric Warriors issue number five is written, of course, by the great Steve Orlando, the the man whose presence permeates the zone. Oh, yes. Uh, art by Travel Foreman and Javi Fernandez and Richard Friend. And I'll talk a little bit more about them in a moment. Uh, colors are by Hi-Fi. Letters are by Travis Lanham. It is published by DC Comics and... The price is $3.99. Irrespective of the merits of the book itself, Electric Warriors has been a pleasant surprise for me in that it has prompted some thoughtful and enthusiastic comment, both here, uh, that would be the award-winning Weird Science DC Comics website, and on other online forums like Twitter and Slack. I know I've joked about the minuscule readership of this series, and it is true that the sales for the title are generally poor, but those fans who are reading it appear to be enjoying it, precisely because it offers a new and refreshingly unusual take on the DC universe. And I must admit, after last issue's strangely languid and unpleasant goings-on, I'm beginning to warm to it too. Will that continue? this time round. Hmm. Well, after all my comments on these audio reviews about how Luke was the only person reading Electric Warriors apart from me, uh, and Luke out outranked me, actually, because he was actually paying money for, for it as well. Um, it turns out that there are other people who are reading it. And uh, so I've, I've had uh, a very interesting... Uh, set of exchanges uh, with a chap called Tom. And I've also had one or two uh, interesting chats with uh, with some other people about the series. Um, so it, it is one of those series that, although it's, it's not selling particularly well, the people who are reading it do seem to be kind of really engaged with it and really kind of interested in its uh, and its ideas. I, I think that's fair enough because um, the ideas are kind of generally interesting and you are sort of dealing with uh the future of the dc universe and uh concepts that are kind of part of the dc universe uh, that we tend not to think about uh, and particularly with no legion comic book uh around at the moment and doesn't seem to be any uh any sign of one uh coming out anytime soon 
Um, having that sort of connection with with the future DC universe is, is kind of nice. And I can see why people might like that. Mm. Let's have a look at issue five. We start with two pages that are drawn by Javi Fernandez and inked by Richard Friend. Um, this is kind of weird, really. I, I, I can only, and I said this in, in my review on the site, I can only think that editorial or someone wasn't particularly happy with the first two pages as they were presented and some kind of rewrites were necessary. This, uh, basically that these two pages are, well, the first page is an info dump. Uh, so it's basically uh, making sure that we all understand what the situation is um, in terms of the great compromise in terms of the relationship between the Lord Preceptor and the Gildish ban and the relationship between them and the Gilded who are funding this experiment. And it would seem, uh, for some reason I, I'm still not 100% clear on, that they are pouring all this money into the Great Compromise so that they can have access to dead superheroes, which is essentially what uh, the Electric Warriors uh the failed electric warriors, the electric warriors who have been defeated, uh, that is essentially what they are. So they, 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 they have this kind of supply. Uh, it's not what I would call um, a particularly big supply or a regular supply, but it is a supply of uh, dead superhero flesh. And, you know, if that's your thing, then I, I guess that, that makes sense up to a point. Of course, last issue, um, Inceptor's uh, head exploded. This was uh, Firestorm's way of kind of taking him out, sort of to uh, to use a mnemonic sort of bomb within within his brain, uh, which is kind of you know interesting and and obviously quite quite uh, disturbing and fatal. Uh, the second page of this issue uh, shows. Uh, our firestorm, um, looking at Inceptor's dead body uh, with the head exploded, and uh, he's waiting for information to be downloaded or, or transferred, I should say, uh, from Inceptor to uh, to him. And the Gildish pan are kind of floating around, kind of saying, "We await the mnemonic induction scans, Lord Preceptor. Soon we'll have every thought in the late Inceptor's genetic memory." Um, I guess the genetic memory thing is a way of trying to get round the fact that Inceptor's body has no head, so there's no physical brain to scan for memory. So by saying genetic memory, you are then implying that the memory is carried elsewhere in the body, uh, and therefore the fact that it has an exploded head doesn't matter. Uh, I'm going to remain quite sceptical of that, uh, because I think it's complete bullshit. I think um, if you explode a humanoid being's head, uh, it is it is reasonable to assume, particularly if exploding that head has actually killed them, it is reasonable to assume... And that may sound like a really odd thing to say, but we do know that that uh, Kana, for example, has seven brains in her body and what have you, as octopuses do have. So there we go. Um, but, 
yeah, this is all a bit silly. If if you see uh, what I'm trying to say, uh, the, the point here is is that it is clearly uh, to make sure that the Firestorm character uh, knows everything that he is supposed to know prior to the issue's big reveal. It's just a somewhat clumsy way of doing it. The artwork's quite nice, though, actually. I quite like it. I, I, I think that, that there's almost like a... I mean, I, I don't know. There's almost like a Barry Windsor Smith kind of style to it. Maybe. It's not bad. Not bad at all. Uh, Travel Foreman's back uh, with page three. Page three. Now, this is interesting because they are in the Park of the Covenant, and this uh, park is... Um, full of statues to presumably great heroes uh, from the past, from a variety of worlds, including uh, a hero of a Superman-type figure. Um, but it's a Superman with um, an unusual... He's got the, the sort of triangle on his chest, shield on his chest. But the S uh, symbol is... Uh, is very different from what we're used to. In fact, well, I'm going to hold fire on that until until later. Uh, we're, we're going to see it again later on. Okay, that's all I'm going to say. Um, the next couple of pages are essentially the different characters kind of trying to decide what to do next. And what they decide to do is, uh, is have a showdown with the Lord Preceptor and... Um, it's almost as if they have come to the realization that they are in the fifth issue of a six issue limited series and they'd better do something quick or the series is going to end and they won't be able to do anything about it. That's what it feels like to me. Um, Serene, uh, Serene's great. <laughs> I, I'm going to credit Orlando with, with some wit here. Uh, Serene's been doing this thing throughout the whole series where she says kind of some outrageous thing about, you know, about strength, you know, so, um, you know, having your testicles squeezed by bricks or something and not saying anything about it. That's the Kundian definition of strength, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, she comes up with another one here. Kuns do not lie. Even our midwives shun the compassion he flaunted. She's referring to Inceptor. But to die, head exploded to bits and chest on fire? On Kundia, that is the definition of strength. <laughs> Yes, it is. Yeah. He's strong. How do you know? Well, his head blew up and, and his chest was on fire. That's pretty damn strong. Um, and then she, she turns to Ian and says, if you, uh, Inceptor's death, the death of a comrade is a personal insult by the Gildishpan's Lord Preceptor. If you would answer it, if you would aspire to die a death of intestinal strength. I will aspire beside you, war cry. Uh, at this point, you you know, if you're Ian, you're going to go, just, do you know what? You you were great in the showers earlier on, but I'm going to be honest with you, I, I think we just need to call it a day now because you're obviously insane. <laughs> 
dear. Oh, you've also got... Did you do this thing with the Dominators as well? I don't care about the... Do- I like the Dominators as a race. I think, I think the Dominators as a, as a threat in the DC Universe is great. I don't care about this Dominator at all. He's supposed to be... You know, he's he's the guy who's kind of found himself, found his own identity. Oh, that's nice. He's terribly boring, though. Uh, and he waffles on about his friend in Scepter, who's dead with an exploded head. Did I mention that? It's been mentioned a couple of times already, hasn't it? Yes, it has. Right. Uh, they decide to interrupt uh, the bout that's currently taking place between Volcaniac of Saturn, who is facing the Fulminator of Candor of Ceretac. I don't even know what that's meant to, to be. Uh, Saturn's shape-shifting template is on the line, apparently. Well, that's exciting. Uh, the guy Fulminator... We've seen Volcaniac before, uh, I think. And uh, the Fulminator looks like Blue Devil with, uh, with red pants and gloves. That's okay. I, I I can live with that. I'd rather have it be Blue Devil, but it isn't. Never mind. It's a nice idea. Um, basically, the four of them have this kind of badass. Uh, the four electric warriors, our electric warriors, uh, have this great badass kind of entrance. Uh, well, they just kind of walk onto the to the battlegrounds. And uh, and they they do they, they they do look kind of kind of badass. It's it's pretty cool. I like it. It's it, it's a moment that if this were a film, it would be filmed in slow motion, and probably you would see it from at least three different angles, uh, and there'd be music, uh, kind of stirring, sort of dramatic music, probably. Uh, anyway. Um, they have a plan, and the plan is this: Ian takes control of the uh, of the arena's noise. Okay, uh, and it's quite nicely done that. Um, and basically, then he starts to broadcast his speech to the whole of you know the the watching crowd and the the other electric warriors and he says you know uh it's it's all to do with money it's all to do with the gilded controlling the galactic markets uh they fund the trials by combat in return for the rights to our corpses they trade us they trade you like cattle um and okay that's that's kind of interesting and there's a kind of fight that breaks out between the other electric warriors who are there of whom there seem to be a vast amount, and um, some of whom believe uh, Ian's spiel, and some of them do not, and and so they have this this sort of fight between them, and so you then get a kind of you get a fight between. Uh, well, it's, what's interesting is is okay, uh, the Candorian um, decides to have a go at Ian. Because he's interrupted their bout, and they need the uh, the vaccine that they uh, that they're fighting for, and Volcaniac, who has of course beaten Ian in the past, if you remember, actually saves him, and he he starts to you know there's that moment where you, where you kind of go oh wow you've you've saved me, and 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 you start to think there's a bond going to be formed, and then uh, there's a 
a beam of light that just kind of zaps um zaps volcaniac and and essentially disintegrates the top half of his body and now finally the firestorm makes his appearance uh and this is a this is a pretty good fight be- between firestorm and the four rebels there's a big issue here because firestorm knows what inceptor knew and inceptor way back worked out well, Sam didn't, didn't work it out. He just kind of came across it telepathically that Ian is is not actually who he says he is. He's not Oscar. He's not his brother. He is uh, he is uh, an imposter in that sense. And because uh, because Firestorm now knows that he's beginning he, he's beginning to sort of reveal it, and Ian uh is absolutely horrified and of course it's all you know revealed to to his his fellow his fellow warriors his fellow rebels that he's not who he says he is that he's a liar and um you know as a result of that his word is not to be trusted and it's Kana who kind of intercedes for him um and and basically says it doesn't matter uh, who he was it matters who he is now and you know just because okay he he took his brother's place doesn't necessarily mean he's lying about this kind of thing and she does manage to convince or begin to convince them before firestorm kind of kind of interrupts and so you get this um you get this sort of battle continuing um and it's it's pretty cool really um and you get each character kind of has an opportunity to you know to to sort of do their thing uh and the dominator gets involved as well but it, it, the the kind of the final moment of this fight is where serene decides to activate her power and if you remember her strength can only be used defensively so here she actually defends the dominator and um manages to suppress or contain sort of firestorm's power um it's i'll be honest with you, it's a little bit kind of blurry around the edges here because it does also seem that she's using her power offensively but i i don't know <laughs> no i'm not gonna i'm not gonna try <laughs> try and make excuses for the book it is what it is anyway she she rips firestorm in two and uh, I don't actually understand how she does this, uh, but it would t- it would turn out that there are two uh, personalities within Firestorm after all. This is one of the things I've been talking about for a while. Firestorm is meant to be a fusion of of two characters, it's meant to be a fusion of Ronnie Raymond and Martin Stein in the first instance. Uh, there are other people who've been involved in the Firestorm experiment as well. Um, now, up until this issue, there has been no hint whatsoever of Firestorm being uh, being two people uh, in one body. It just hasn't been there. In this issue, in the second on the second page, there is a brief moment in, in which 
uh, Firestorm talks to himself. So the implication is that, and kind of argues with himself. So the implication is that uh, he is in fact kind of, you know, talking to a second persona kind of living within him. Uh, all of which is terribly interesting. And of course, now we get to see who that persona is. And it turns out that what we've got is a uh, a kind of thin, emaciated Superman who is wearing the same symbol as the Superman uh, whose statue was in the park. And uh, it looks to me like this is Superman Prime. Uh, now, Superman Prime is... Uh, is a character uh, my understanding is who's in Grant Morrison's Justice League Alpha or Justice Legion Alpha I should say it's all part of the DC 1 million uh series and I'll be honest with you it's been like years since I've read that so I I'm I'm really rusty on it uh but he's meant to be a very very powerful uh version of Superman so here he is though kind of looking thin and emaciated a la Superman in in the flashpoint uh sort of timeline as it were um so it's all a bit weird the the other person uh is lex luther which is so so it's like oh mind blown kind of thing and and i said in in my review on the site that i don't know how how to think about that and and i don't i i've no idea what to make of that it it's almost like so unexpected and so out of left field that i i don't really have a proper reaction to it uh to be honest um it's it's okay it makes sense in the sense that a lot of firestorm's dialogue over the last few issues has been ridiculously harsh it also makes sense now that his costume is green that makes sense too because it's lex luther but how he's been able to make it to the 28th century, how he's been able to sustain himself, presumably by feeding off, off this ridiculously powerful version of Superman, I honestly don't know. How Serene, who is a, admittedly, she, her electric seed has been activated, but it, it's no, you know, she's not a major hero in that sense. How she has been able to split them up. I do not know. I don't know any of this. I don't know any of this. Sorry. Uh, and and we're going to have to kind of wait, aren't we, really, um, to, to find out exactly what's going on and, and how this all came about. And it, it's got to be wrapped up pretty quickly in the sixth issue. Uh, so after that reveal, you then get the second reveal, which is that Ian's brother... Uh, turns up at the end, uh, also uh, made up to look, uh, also kind of uh, empowered uh, as war cry. Uh, and that's it. That, that, that's the way it ends. And it's like, oh my gosh, you know, you got two war cries, you got two brothers um, who are kind of one of whom is sort of re- very rebellious. Uh, the other is very much I'll toe the line kind of thing. What's going to happen? Who knows? You got Luther in the middle, smiling boldly. Uh, bless him. Right. Um, I give this a seven out of ten. Uh, I gave it a seven out of ten because it's fun uh, and because there's a sense of momentum and a sense of impetus, uh, and the art is is very good. 
Um, and I genuinely enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed it quite a bit, really. I, I don't know what to make of it. Um, I don't know that I, it, it's exactly what I would call a classic, but it's interesting enough. And I am, I am intrigued to see where we go with this. And, and it is, it is quite interesting in that regard. Um, a couple of things I think that Orlando could have done better. So let me put my script editor's hat on. Okay. Now, to be fair, I know nothing about, <laughs> I know nothing about editing comics. I am just a guy. That's, that's, that's all I am. It appears to me though, that, um, if you're going to have this reveal with Ian at the end, facing off with his brother, Oscar, then we could probably have done and I've said this before, but it's worth saying again, we could probably have done with at least one or two scenes back on Earth prior to this moment happening. It's all just too neat and too, you know, sort of out of left field. Um, also, my feeling is that the Luther-Superman revelation is actually much more interesting than this. Um, I understand exactly why Orlando has done it this way. Um but I really want to know now how Luther got his powers, how this came about. I, 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 in a sense, I could care less about Ian and Oscar. And I think this, this, this ties back to what I was saying before, because you've not put any emphasis, well, I say you, or because Orlando has not put any emphasis on the stakes, uh, for this and, and kind of made it clear exactly what's at stake. Um, which he could have done with, with just two or three flashbacks during the course of the last few issues. Uh, we could have seen, you know, Oscar being upset. We could have seen him being approached by, I don't know, agents of Luther or whatever on, on earth. It, it's just, uh, it's, it's just all a little bit too neat at the end. And I think if, if we'd have had a little bit more build up to it, that would have been cool. Um, but you know, it is, it is what it is and what you know what we've got at the end of the day so the one thing i i i do want to know there's lots of things i want to know <laughs> because because i think about this too much um i want to know what the electric seed actually is and what it does i i know what it produces i know i know i know what it what it produces in terms of, you know, it transforms people into superheroes that I get. What I don't get is how it does it. And and the thing is, is now that you've got, okay, you've got Oscar and Ian, they've both got the same, the same powers. Now, does that mean that every human being on the planet earth at a particular moment in time, if they had the electric seed, that's what they would get. Okay. That that's, I don't know. I, I, I kind of was working on the idea that the seed was in some sense unpredictable, that it, uh, it interacted with the genetic makeup of the, of the individual and, and kind of gave them, not, maybe not random, completely random powers, but, but, but powers that were kind of variable in, uh, you know, in effect. And, and in strength and, and what have you. And that just doesn't seem to be the case here. So I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that, but I think it's probably not very good. All right. And that's, that's what I'm thinking. Still, 
next issue is going to be good. I, I, I kind of, I'm interested to see where we go. So seven out of 10 for the man Orlando on this week's Orlando Zone. Um, Electric Warriors continues to be a story that is, despite its flaws, is still very readable. And, uh, which is a, which is, you know, that, that's at the top end, really, of what you can expect from a Steve Orlando book, I think. Uh, and, you know, it's certainly not the worst Steve Orlando book I've, uh, read in the last few months. And, uh, it, all in all, it is pretty, it's pretty enjoyable. All right. So next month is the last issue and we will find out what goes on. Um, next week is Martian Manhunter issue number four. All right. So there'll be more zone. We'll be in the zone. Yes, we will. Uh, And we'll be looking at Martian Manhunter then. Uh, In the meantime, you have a great week. And I do mean a fantastic week. I hope your week is better than mine. Uh, My week, I've been very, very tired. Uh, I've done too much work. Uh, work for too, for too many hours at night. I'm absolutely shattered. Um, that said, today's not been a bad day. So you can't complain too much. Way behind on comics. So I haven't really got much to say about that. Mm. Yep. That's it. Oh, other than, um, the new Daredevil I like. Chip Zdarsky's Daredevil. That's, that's pretty good. I've read, read the first two issues of that. That's, that's not bad, actually. Not bad at all kind of liked it that's enough from me Uh, i will hand you back to the guys in the studio you take care have a great week bye bye all right and i'm here uh, with brandon and we're here to talk about a book that we rarely like until this week damage i I mean this is it's crazy right the Uh, penultimate yeah it is the penultimate (laughs) and it's funny because the idea in my head is that now that it's canceled and they know it's canceled and we kind of led to this monster rock. I, I'm telling you, every yeah. time they say the name, I think they change it, though I don't know that that's true. It seems in my head. But they're allowing themselves – Robert Venditti's allowing himself to kind of have fun, to kind of let loose a little. chances Yeah, a little and bit. do that. So instead of it like, oh, here's damage fighting, you know – uh, the Justice League, and then yep. Superman the by himself, squad. and then this, this and made-up Suicide Squad. Yeah, we yeah. Just thought of <laughs> with with uh, you know paparazzi. And You'll those remember crazy. the names better than I ever yeah, will. Yeah, so, I erased them from yeah. my <laughs> with, with that, this is just him in one set place. He's on Monster Rock. It says "Exiled on Monster Rock" at the front, so you have that. And then from there, you have. You know, Congo Bill, that's a crazy character. Like, this is one of those where before it seemed like, hey, let's throw Wonder Woman in here to sell issues. Let's throw Poison Ivy in here to sell issues. And it didn't. It never worked. No, it didn't so, catch anybody because it wasn't. It wasn't giving Wonder Woman, you know, any anything no, really to do. It wasn't giving no. damage anything to do. It was yeah. just there. Yeah, let's throw this Suicide Squad in. Let's throw the makeup one and all that. And you had the whole Colonel Jonas thing and the idea of, oh man, they made me into something I didn't want to be. It, it really was when you got rid of that. Because that's so, I mean, yeah, yeah it's he mentioned here, damaged, but basically. yeah, once he's like, I'm damaged, I'm going. It just but, took till issue, what, 12 or 13 yeah. for that to actually And I happen. think that if we would have started, maybe that you'd have damage, 
Batman ends up grabbing him, sending him the monster rock here, and this would be the beginning. I don't know that it would have sold anymore. I don't know that it would have lasted any longer, but I know that I would have had more fun because yeah. this is fun, and that's something that and this damage book... taken it in a more original direction, yeah, and, too. And you have the whole idea, you know, even at the beginning, it really was more pushed as the, hey, it's Hulk here at yep. DC. You still have that, but... Now you're letting loose and having fun. And I mean, this is not, you even said right before we started, this is not comic, high comic art here. <laughs> yeah, right. This is not going to win an this Eisner. This isn't going to get all the Tom King fanboys. No, it's not going to win an Eisner or anything like that. But boy, I had some fun here. And it was one of the few issues in this whole series where I read through it. And by the end, I, I was like, you know what? I like this. I want to see what's going on next. I, I can't wait. And then it's over. So we'll see. But do you have any blurb or anything? You want me to just no, read the I credits? No, I didn't blurb it up or anything no, other I'm than just gonna, Aaron Lepresti. Yeah. I like his art a lot. He's a yeah. uh, you know, he, storyteller along yeah. with Robert yeah. Venditti. Yep. And yep. Matt Ryan does Ink Hi-Fi and Tom Napolitano. Yeah, there you have it. And it is, like we said. It's damage number 15, Monstrous uh, Part 2, The Mother of All Monsters. And like we said, it starts out and you're introduced, you know, the Beast of Belmora, captured by Mark <laughs> Merlin, Shaggy Man, which is crazy, captured yep. by Justice League, like Shaggy Man. Death Dog, captured by Zatanna. And you just have them. I'm like, all right, let's go. And uh, with this, you have Elvis, Ethan Avery, and we usually just go by Ethan most Ethan, of the time, yeah. but he's running away from them. It, the timing is out. It, it kind of seemed like I lost something from the last issue. I actually thought it was just when yeah, the gorilla came out with the cage and we had that. Yeah, and him sudden, and Congo Bill kind of ended on bad terms yeah. with last issue's closing. And, and, uh, and I get the idea that while we're reading this, the end of last issue, but really this issue and the next were when he was really told, like, listen, you have to end this. And you get this whole concept now that Batman wasn't an ass for throwing Ethan on this island. Yes. Now he was doing it to teach him a lesson. Yes. And Congo <laughs> Bill having the whole gorilla thing. He was looking thing, out for him the whole yes, time. Yes, he was looking out for him. Also, he is going to teach Ethan what it's like to have this monster inside you and how you shouldn't rely on that as a crutch. He even comes out and says it. At one of the craziest part of this issue was the idea that you have, uh, what's his name? I'm, I'm trying to remember even the Kendall death Bill? dog. No, death dog. Uh, <laughs> and it was, actually, it wasn't even death dog. It was the beast of Belmora. The one who, looks like the fantastic four villain. Yeah. Yeah. The he beast of Belmora, Oro, though, Oro. at one point, he ends up like he's the copper tone dog and ends up biting Ethan's yes. pants. <laughs> and so I laughed at that. But with that, that sets up the weirdest thing in this whole issue was Ethan passes out at one point, wakes up. Congo Bill goes, Hey, by the way, Batman dropped you some more pants. Uh, really? And that was the whole concept Batman's of... Batman's just circling this yeah, thing. He's just like, circling what else does he need? I got pants. some Q-tips. Yeah, if he here you go. You, you need that? Maybe get him a shirt. Uh, you know, some shoes. <laughs> yeah, right. But he dropped the pants and stuff. And that. But again, that's supposed to wrap it around because it's going to end. And you can't have it end that Batman was a jerk because he was. But now it was to teach him a lesson. And pretty much through this... Ethan's pissed, slugs Congo Bill, and then yeah. says to him, you want to fight? You know, leave the gorilla out of it. Let's fight. I can't fight. figure out at this point if Congo Bill and him have agreed 
to, you know, go through a training regimen or not? Like Ethan's still resisting yeah, at yeah, this point. I, I just think that the, the whole deal is they're fighting. He's trying to break them down to basically say, listen, you're ending up, you're relying too much on, you know, damage. You, you can't do this. And, you know, Ethan already knew that, but it's kind of one of those things. And as this goes on, once he gets back to damage time, uh, you know, damage it's inside, like, let me out. Congo Bill's a jerk. He doesn't know yeah. what he's talking about. Ethan is trying to fight it, but it, it's like this whole thing where you even have this reiteration where Congo Bill's like, listen, we're going to figure this out. He's like, nobody's going to keep me under their boot. I said <laughs> no to the Justice League. And Colonel Jonas is a jerk and all that. But with that, you're, you're just going to move on and he's going to learn. I, I'm yeah. saying he at the end. He ends up agreeing pretty quickly. I mean, yeah. it's kind of like it's just a disagreement to eventually reach their uh, yeah. agreement. And, and <laughs> with end, that, pages you, later. you do have the three monsters that you had. And at one point, they're about to attack Ethan. That's where Congo Bill comes out. He flashes the ring, the, you know, the gorilla ring. And they're like, you know, go off. And even he says at that point, what? You're going to go after the game warden himself? And now we're like, okay, we're going to force this issue of he's now in control of this island that has been set up. In my mind, the Justice League, all the characters, if they have monsters that they can't put in, say, yeah, Arkham or jail, they goats. throw them here. He watches them. Shaggy Man seems a little off to me. Uh, only because even I was telling Eric, and he's like, we've seen Shaggy Man, you know, kind of walking Listen, through the ocean. Th- at there's a lot of Bigfoot shows going on currently yes. nowadays. They, they don't want Shaggy Man getting mixed no, up. No, well, he's that there. Answer. And it does spell out, like, Ethan's basically like, you know, I don't care what's going on here. I don't even care if I die. I'm just going to swim for it. I'm going to make a raft. I'm going to go. They're setting up the rules here because then Schlag, which I swear to God said Schlong and threw me <laughs> off, this big giant sea monster that cat was captured yes, by Aquaman, Aquaman is there protecting things that basically it can do whatever it wants as long as it doesn't let anybody off the, the island. And yep. you have Congo Bill even say, and you know, everybody 1, wins. thousand, I'll yeah. never go in the sea. Yeah, really. And he's like, everybody wins except maybe the whales. I haven't seen them recently. <laughs> yeah, they're all dead. But yeah, this whole thing is just Ethan trying to fight off the urge to become uh, damaged. Well, the, the ante is upped because they're going around. And now they seem to be Congo Bill and Ethan are on an agreement, kind of like walking around talking. It's like, you know, Socrates walking around and teaching him lessons. But he sees this big footprint. And again, very forced because you have Congo Bill. He's like, I don't recognize this. I don't recognize this footprint. I know everybody. Yeah, and I understand that. But then he goes, this is a hybrid. I'm like, what? Where do you get that from? (laughs) Just that. But he is a tracker. That's when they get attacked. By the hybrid, and it is the three monsters we saw before that have been melted into one by this mysterious woman we saw in the shadows that is revealed by the end. But they attack, Congo Bill gets knocked out, he can't do anything in the meantime, Ethan gets swatted, Damage wants to come out and fight. Ethan figures, no, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to attack as a man and hits this monstrosity. Oh, like a bat? I don't know. A stick. It just looks like a stick, a big log. And <laughs> like, it, this is not the time to fight the urge to be damaged. This thing is gruesome. I know. Be this is the problem is the idea of a crutch and you don't want to be damaged. There are times when you should be damaged. Yes. A hybrid monstrosity. Might be one of those times. It ends up Slinging knocking it Ethan out. Congo Bill is not the time to be no, damaged. No, and and now like you said, Congo yes, Bill is knocked out. 
that it's when you should be damaged and you yes. it's been spelled out you even have in the deal damages he wants to come out and uh yeah he ends up gets swatted gets kind of knocked I'll out die there. a man and that's yeah and that's where you see that it's echidna the, echada? Uh, yeah <laughs> i think it's echidna is how i do but it is one an enchilada either way it is the mother of monsters and it is a greek mythological yeah, character she, she has, has fought wonder around. woman and is yep. actually in mythology and she is a combination of like every monstrosity again which yeah. is cool a lot because of snakes involved disgusting. oh yeah the hydra <laughs> you have cerebus as part of her like she was birthed by like 17 different monsters but she is the mother of monsters and like i said one of the big things is she would fight wonder woman and so she's there and again is she gonna sell a book no right nobody's mm. gonna go oh man i yeah. gotta see her but in the story and in the whole deal she makes so much more sense in this than, issue, yes. than a Wonder Woman Any earlier, or star, yeah, because even had. if it is forced that they're on this monster rock or whatever, it doesn't matter to me because she makes sense and she shows up. I'm like, oh, that Congo Bill, that piece of crap. I'm going to show you what's going on, and ends up being able to do this stuff with the monsters again. Ethan has a monster inside him as well, so I thought that this was a really cool deal a really good story a really more fun story villain you know than yeah. anything we've had to deal with like a bad guy per- yeah. you know, standing like in said, for a villain that issue because there's a misunderstanding or something yeah. like this is legitimate yeah and, and it, it just, just stinks there's only one issue yeah, left and now w- that it's getting a little footy what is the big thing do you think there's damage right and and we're reading it and superman shows up damage gonna kill superman yeah no, no. is superman <laughs> gonna kill damage no. no. Hey, you know, no. Echidna, he's got a book going. <laughs> Echidna shows up. I don't expect her to die, but if she did, that'd be cool. And it wouldn't affect and if she ended up and she's like, like a god, she can come back. Yeah, you know, it's one of yeah. those things. And, and I mean, when was it. the last time we saw her? And also, like, this seems to me like the idea before you were trying to push, and the big thing was that you know, Ethan wanted to become a superhero. He, uh, you know, he signed up for this damage program. He ended up being, you know, used and all that. Like, you know, it really started getting really just dry. Yeah. It went on too long. Yeah. It was a four issue story you could have told. They dragged out for 12. Yeah. And even, the, even earlier in this issue, at one point, you have Ethan running away from these monsters, including Shaggy Man and all that. And that's where Congo Bill comes in. And tells him to go away and then says to him hey look this is how people you, you know how scared you were you just shit your pants you're running away from these things that's how people felt when you were damaged running away from you again one of the better things that they had in this whole series where i'm like okay this is him actually learning something before he was always on the run and again you're gonna start a book and you're gonna hope that it lasts forever. I actually think that all of these New Age of Heroes books, which we had some canceled way back, some, you know, are still going. We still have the Terrifics and Silencer going and that there are gonna be silencers announced to be canceled and all this, but I think that these would have been better served to have been six issues, twelve issues, whatever. But the writers would have known right away and you could have had a better pacing because this book, it always looked great. 
it was always a quick read. That was the one thing. We, we'd get into this and we'd be like, boy, that took me three minutes to read. Mm. But it was this also was a little longer, but not much. But it was. Yeah, I but I like this because we got more. And before it was meandering so much because I think that Robert Venditti really didn't have tons of story. But he's like, boy, this is an ongoing book. I got to keep, you know, going with this. If maybe he knew going in that, hey, these are all going to be 12 issues, make it count, maybe it would have been something better. Uh, because now that, again, it, he knows it's going to end. Now he's trying to get this last deal, which would probably reset the deal or just have Ethan go like, man, now I can control damage. Let's see what goes on from now. I don't think we're going to see much of him ever again. But knowing that it's going to end seems like this was the recipe for him to actually have fun and give us a story that's enjoyable because this is probably one of my favorite issues of this entire run. Yeah. Uh, and because of that, I'll give it a seven. What did you give it? Yeah, I also I gave it a seven on the site. I'm going to stick with my seven here. Uh, I can you know, even like, go to a seven five. I know. Actually, actually you talked. I almost said the same thing. You you sounded like you had a little more fun than yeah, a seven. I had a I lot of fun here. As well. uh, <laughs> I liked it. It, it the, was just in, more interesting yeah. than, like you said, any other damage story we've been dealing with. Like no no guest star that made you roll your eyes and yeah, was like, just going to be gone next involved. issue. Yeah, yeah. yeah. These uh, monsters was, are cool. It made me look forward to, you know, the next issue for once in the series, uh, besides yeah. the very, very beginning. So uh, I, I agree. I, yeah. I actually had a lot of fun. I'm going seven five. It's almost yeah. my it's almost up there with my book of the week. <laughs> I actually it shocked me. And I did see people in Slack. John Jack was one. He's like, I really like damage this yeah. week. And I thought, well, that means that I'll hate it because me and John Jack have very different ideas about books. And I I love that he loves things that I don't, but whatever. We yeah, both I gave like you it. a warning very early in the Me week. and John like, Jack are getting together. <laughs> Me and them are liking it. Nah, uh -oh. you know, I'm telling you. Worlds yeah, but, are colliding. Yeah, really. Like George Stanza. Yeah, I'm telling you. I'll say that I like something. I'm just waiting. I'm like, John Jack, yeah, I didn't like that. I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. It makes complete sense. Uh, but yeah, with this, I liked it. He liked it. You liked it. And yep. it's a shame it's ending now with a high note. But again, if you're going to end, end with a high note. But it just is one of those books where... That it always looked great, even at the beginning with Tony Daniels on it and stuff like that. But from then, you just never got anything. It just kind of was treading water over and over and over. And now it's interesting and it's going to end. But that's it. I, I told you we wouldn't be talking too much about this issue, but you'll yeah. be back. And this is one of the last books that you review, right? Damage right now. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but, yeah. Well, I got the Frank Miller stuff coming yep, up. And you and, also uh, have the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yes, we'll be talking Batman about, Ninja so. Turtles. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say, we don't have a lot of books on the DC side that me and you circles. talk about, but you're going to be getting a couple more coming up. So we'll enjoy that. But thank you for joining me. No Obviously, I'll just throw it out there, me and you. Also do the Marvel stuff. So if you like what you hear, you can come over to the Marvel uh, Weird Science Marvel Comics podcast as well that we have a couple episodes a week. So we'll be doing that this weekend as well. But, hey, everybody, we're going to go off now for me and Pete from NYC talking high level. All right. I'm here with Pete from NYC talking hello, hello. from be funny if you were from California. That that would be the wow. best. People and then never lived in New York. You, you just liked it. You're like I was a big Dave Winfield fan growing up and needed to get back to that. Uh, uh, but we're like here. Oh, he was my favorite. Was Don Mattingly were my favorites. And oh, Dave Rigetti. Baseball. Yeah, oh my God! I because in Quakertown we did get uh, Channel Eleven. 
So uh-huh. growing up, I was a big Yankees fan because that's what I would watch all the time. And and when I watched them, just so that people are like, oh, man, listen to Mr. Bandwagon, right. they, they stunk. They, they were terrible. <laughs> they had guys that I love. Like I said, Dave Winfield. Dave Rigetti was one of my favorite guys ever. Oh, and uh, they they ended up, uh, you know, George Steinbrenner ran them into the ground. He would just get crazy guys and, you know, try to make things. I remember Steve Balboni and guys like that. Just nonsense. Nonsense. You know, they used to have the huge list of people that they traded oh, away. Yeah, and, yeah. Oh, it was yeah. the worst. Jay Buhner. Yeah, yeah, Jay Buhner. And you'd, you'd have things where you, you would sit there and watch them and as a fan i'm like uh, george has to get up with you know he would grab free agents that were really good five years earlier and then he'd grab them just to uh just to do anything if you want to see the worst uh i believe the worst free agent acquisition was when they got ed whitson if you remember him he <laughs> yeah. fell apart he could not take new york he just completely yeah, he fell apart. like san diego yeah. oh my god he he couldn't take it he fell apart and that was when i first got the idea that some guys weren't meant for the big city yeah exactly. that's what i got but we're here to talk a comic and uh-huh. we have been talking uh these you know the vertigo stuff and we've been enjoying it up and down but one of these that we're going to get to a second one here is high level and if you remember when we talked about it the first time yeah we liked it enough but we were hoping for a little more and i don't know we'll 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 talk about it we'll see if we got a little more but you have a blurb for it so yeah i figured i you know i figured i'd be a little uh take on some ambition here and uh right so so, story by Rob Sheridan, uh, art by Barnaby Bagenda. Bagenda, Bagenda, Bagenda. Uh, I always thought I heard of it as Bagenda. Yeah, I know. Uh, art by Ro- Romulo Fajardo Jr. Yep. Uh, lettering Nate Piekos of Blambot. Yeah, he's a Blambot. Blambot. He actually, that's a company he owns, I believe. Uh, huh. I see him here. I think he follows us on Twitter. And he'll, uh-huh. he, he's so into lettering that at uh-huh. points you'll just sit there and you'll get these random tweets from him showing off new, uh, <laughs> he's really into it. Like, look at this new font. It's a, it's a combination of a sans serif with a, and I'm like, I don't know. It looks pretty cool. Can you imagine being that into that? That's what he's into. I tell you, the one thing I realized when he was really into this and as an aside story is there's a tweet and he mentioned the process of what he does. He ends up uh, coming okay. up with a font. He makes uh, the program for it. And then he goes and pretty much in his words buys the shittiest copy paper that you could buy uh-huh. so that if the font looks readable and good on the shittiest of copy paper, then uh-huh. you know you have a winner. And I'm like, boy, I know more about lettering now from that one tweet than I ever have in my life. But it's I honestly cool. have never even given it that it's much kinda cool. uh, it, It's yeah. funny, too. It's what Lettering is one of those, and I'm, I'm sure if there's a letter out there, you would kind of – you know, shake your head at this, but to me, the lettering is one of those jobs that you only get noticed if you suck at it. Like, all of a sudden, <laughs> right. it's shitty. And even when you go and do some, like, non-big comics, you go to some indie comics or whatever, right. when they just have the font just looks like somebody is just computer type, there's no real, you know, thing right. to it, then you realize that it's bad. That it's true. Sure. You're bad, right. You do take it for granted yeah, a little. Yeah, But what is your blurb? All right. My blurb is, so... 13 and Minnow get going on their hero's journey, but it will not be easy because Black Helix is on their tail. Oh, man, should I be rapping this? You should. Anyway, anyway. (laughs) (laughs) so we get a little bit more background on Minnow. We find out she may be the destroyer or the savior of this fucked up Canada, but uh, can 
Helix is on their tail, so, but can 13 get them out of Dodge before shit, finger quotes, yes. hits the fan? Or hits, hits Let's the, discuss. Or, or hits the van. van. Because that's what's going to happen. And yes, the rapping, I, I do not want a East Coast, West Coast rap <laughs> war between you and Reggie. Now that he's left New York now, that's right. you know, then it, it can escalate. <laughs> and next thing you know, Salem versus New York City. We I mean, hasn't, haven't Boston and New York have enough fights in that the That is true. That's right? very true. Plus, Reggie has not felt well. And I actually, I I, and and to send out to Reggie a little shout out because he does listen Indeed. to the show, and we would have talked to him by now on the show. But when I told you that he didn't feel well, because I was talking about to you when we were going to record some stuff when we had the failed Scooby Apocalypse that I bailed right. you on you, uh, I mentioned, and you you seem very concerned actually. I you, actually you was. were actually like, oh man, that sucks. Like I, I hope he feels better. So I, I did pass it on. So that's actually, the behind the scenes of yeah, the disc war. I actually reached out to Reggie directly and just yeah. say, and I heard Yeah, it was bad. Up. He, he actually got really, better. really upset thinking that yeah. he was done, thought yeah. that he was completely done uh, recording. Wow. Now, uh, on the Patreon this weekend, uh, I put up the cartooner. He actually does the editing. And in, in fact, I think you commented on, oh on the God. excellent editing. <laughs> Because I don't have time oh, for that Jesus. editing. I told you, I don't edit. He's got sound bites and all. And uh, oh, me and him man. doing that this week, you can tell he was still hurting, but he wanted yeah. to get that done. And yeah. that's like his big thing. He's uh, like, I like doing it, but he uh-huh. really, really is set on getting that up once a week. Uh-huh. And uh, it really killed him that he couldn't do it because uh, yeah. we did miss a week. But we're yeah. back. <laughs> and if you don't know what I'm talking about, we have a cartoon show, me and Reggie on Patreon. This week's is Mr. T. Next week's is Pac-Man. Nice. Nonsense. Nonsense. <laughs> that. But Wait, which? Uh, there were a few Pac-Man. This is the original there? one. The I'm original telling you, when you go to watch it, the Pac-Man sounds like a 1950s uh, radio actor. He's <laughs> ridiculous. It does not ma- match the deal, but we're here for high level. Plus, high level, and, yeah. And, and so with this, you had Aiken, who was a former friend or old friend lover, maybe, of maybe. 13. Uh, mm-hmm. bringing this little girl and saying basically she is going to be the savior, the end of all this war. And it, it's kind of a funny thing because as we go through this, me and you both, and you, you yeah. mentioned it to me. I was going to mention it while we were talking. This book's Logan. Logan. If you've yeah. seen the movie Logan, it, it's this is 100%. I mean you exactly. can't even – Pull yourself back and say, well, no, no. Oh, it is. <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> even Minnow, before she gets her hair cut in this one, yeah. they go undercover, lo- looks like she's right from Logan. Yep. She looks like X-23. Yeah. I mean, it, it's crazy. Uh, the whole deal. But right, actually, crazy. even before that, they take you back uh, yes. at six years. And you yep. see that creepy guy who show, he's like a he's like an Obi-Wan Kenobi, yeah. I guess. Yes. He's got that, that hood on. Yep. He showed up at the beginning of the first issue Yep. Uh, in that ominous kind of tone. And he said he's... He's an emissary from the Red King, mm-hmm. and and he gives Minnow to the to the Black Helix. Yeah, she term. gives. Yeah, that's where she gets on Black Helix. You kind of have a cool deal where you have the you know the guy there. He's looking at the map. He looks frustrated. So it, it's a. I'm telling you, Rob Sheridan in this, he does enough to tell a story. He yeah. does enough that. You know, everything, there's nothing that's frustratingly bad. 
I know the characters now in two issues. Uh, I give credit for that. It's not too diverse a cast. You got the idea of everything, what's going on. Even as we go with the the quote-in shit that hits the fan, (laughs) even that was set up. It's not out. And in fact, while this was going, I was yelling myself, (laughs) why aren't you doing this? I didn't know she was going to blow it up. I thought she was just going to cause a shit slick. That's what I thought. Yeah, so they're going, but it's all set up, and this sets up, you know, that you have this continuing that the key to all of this, the war, ending the war, whatever, is Minnow. And as this is going on, you then go to the present, and mm-hmm. there is 13 Aiken and, and Minnow in between them in the seat of right. the car, driving. They're driving the shit sucker <laughs> van there, and they're arguing about what they're going to do. And, and like you said before we started, <laughs> it, it's like a little, like a little kid, kid at that a dinner like table. Yeah, that looks getting, like me with yelling my going parents. On. Yep, you know, like that's the, the old, thing with me, the too. Old car, the old cars just have that front bench seat, yep. you know? <laughs> yeah, so that's what you got. And it's that's pretty good got. of the whole idea. Yeah, and it also sets up what comes up later, too, where there's Minnow, and yeah, she's the mm-hmm. key. We have the setup. We have 13, who is our main character. You have Aiken that we don't know much about, but there's Minnow in between, and she is the key, but nobody wants her. Nobody right. wants anything to do with her because, you know, you, you hang around her, you're going right. to get killed. Right. Um, but, you know, they, we set up the whole deal where Aiken's like, I can't do this. I can't take her. I need you to take her. I will pay you $100,000. And, right. and when that happened, I was like, wait a second. And she even's <laughs> like, all right. because She's like, uh, okay, yeah, man. <laughs> and it, it's one of those, it's 100000 uh, you know, it, she's out. 50 right. down front, 50 when you get there, she's yep. in. And we see that she has other plans, again, which was set up in the first issue because one of her buddies was heading off to high level. She ends up being kind of a piece of crap here because Aiken uh, drops off and you see that Minnow has an attachment to Aiken, like, please don't let me be with her. She's mean. But again, it's almost like she is a foster child being pushed between families. Yeah, Yeah, bounced around. around. But she gets there and they, they get to town and she thinks that it's the great place ever you know yep. you, you go in and it's all colorful an amusement park yeah, it's right? an amusement yeah. park so you go and then you know she even takes her into her little apartment house deal and yeah. uh that while aiken dropped her off said them in a like you'll like her she she plays with robots and things right. and even right. earlier you had aiken say to 13 do this and you don't have to scavenge anymore right and you know then you can play with your robots and right. so you're really pushing the robotic yeah, deal which yeah, has ezra the flying robot she- she says that she builds those toys uh, yeah, toy. later on, and those are uh, you know marionettes yes. and stuff like that. So. Yeah. Now the big thing that Aiken does reveal while they're driving is the thing is what Minnow's power is is she can find and open old government bunkers. That's all it is. That's all it is. She seems to be like a skeleton key right. for however they open. If it's her biometrics if it's, it's a, a sh- thing that she does does she have a power that all of a sudden because we, we're not a strange seeing, power <laughs> yeah and we're not seeing many like mutant powers in, nah, in this book nah. so i don't know if it's something like her dna we find yeah. out that she ends up being the great 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 granddaughter of you know president roosevelt who is the dna that they said every who knows right we, we don't know yet you know, that's a good point i didn't really even appreciate how kind of deep that yeah, I don't know how it is. Implication but, yeah, goes, because we don't know? really see powers. Yeah. You know, you know yeah. I can imagine yeah. she gets her, her hands glow, but I, I don't know if it's going to be that. Yeah. I have a feeling it's going to be something where 
her DNA is is important. That it's yeah. something that you know it'll end up being Kurt Cobain's or something. You know, something, <laughs> it'll be wish. something crazy. <laughs> uh, yeah, or it'll be uh, you know Rick Roll. It'll, you know, something Jimmy like Page. that. Yeah, yeah, Jimmy no, Page. Oh, it's Jimmy Page would be awesome. <laughs> then she'd be wearing you know some wizard's outfit, walking around with a double neck guitar. But yeah, so the, you're exploring the town here a little more than we did before. Yep. They end up going up on the, which I thought was a cool deal. The Dean yeah. drop one of those drop rides that i can't yeah. stand oh, that i God. shit my pants every time i go <laughs> in them the worst is you shit your pants in that and it goes right up into your face that's the worst well actually before that though actually i don't mean to, to yeah, bring yeah. it back but there is a two two cool things one is you find out she has like this little stem implant on the back yes. of her neck so Mino does yep. yeah Mino does so you, apparently now most people have that except for the outland outlander yeah so yeah it looks like the, the high level or yeah. they, they again is that uh, it, you know now we're matrix because right. it looks just <laughs> like the matrix like right <laughs> so, like it. so yeah, we're, yeah. We're, what what he, uh, rob sheridan seems to be doing is grabbing a bunch of different properties and throwing them in but That's, it's not awful the way he no, does it no, i actually even like where she uh, you know i i like the idea too that uh one of your favorites was when they right. go to they go to bed they and bed, they're yeah. like oh let's go to sleep then and they're there and Minnow can't sleep. She's all excited. Right. She's in a new thing. Also, I think that this is also to show you just how small she is. I right. mean, she is a little girl. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and that's right, true. right before that as well, uh, I actually went by a bunch of things because, uh, mm-hmm. 13 ends up cutting her hair. Right. And so she Makes doesn't look, look like, like X23 anymore, anymore. But yeah, they're, they're looking for a girl. She needs her to look like a boy. They're going to go buy, mm-hmm. buy some presents, uh, not presents, some clothes, some oh, boys yeah. clothes and stuff. And, and there, I'm telling you, there is one line in this that kind of, I was like, really? Because <laughs> that there's the stress of, you have Minnow looking at clothes. Are boys allowed to wear dresses? Uh, and then the 13th's yeah. like, here you can, but not yeah. in a high level. I'm like, all right. Oh, it's like, such a weird little <laughs> aside. But I did like right before that, that you also see that 13 loves old books, like right. actual written books. Engineering that, yeah. books in particular. Right? She's going to get them from this hippie guy. I mean, that guy's a hippie, but he has the books. But, yeah, she likes engineering books and stuff like that. But what makes me laugh is at this point, she has $50,000, and I thought that she was going to go and just go crazy and buy tons of stuff. She doesn't. She just gets some She goes to the thrift store. Yeah, yeah, the whole plan's a thrift store. Then they go up on that demon drop, that ride that just drops, which is better than those ones where you go and it goes in a circle. And then the bottom oh, drop, because then you throw up and it goes right back in your I face. Hate all yeah. Those. If you throw up in the demon drop, it'll go up. And I guess when you hit the ground, it'll land on you. But by then you're far away. Uh, but they see what we thought was nice little flavor. Yes. Um, you definitely. get a, looks like a bunch of birds, like a flock of birds. I thought they looked more like uh, bees. Yeah. Things like <laughs> that. But like, oh man, look at those birds, Minnow says. And, uh, yeah, you have 13 goes, yeah. no, th- those aren't birds. Those are drones. Yeah. And I thought, oh no, like here we go. We're going to, but no, they're, they're actual drones that seem to have gotten like almost like reprogrammed themselves yeah. Yeah. to be and birds. That's yeah, the birds. They've kind of taken on their own sentience yeah. like life. And she, and <clears throat> she implies that it, it's, they've been there a long time. 
time because she says, yeah, our people have always watched them to tell which way the storms which are coming way and the stuff storms, like that. Yeah, so yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. I, and I you know, you don't cool. have birds yeah. anymore. You have drones. You have drones. That's how bad this world is. The drones yeah. have turned into birds. And they, again, it's that kind of like the whole deal with those Amazon drones that there were so many. Now they have gotten their own deal and they don't seem bad, even though when you see the one. It does have a gun. It looks like you, it has a gun. Yeah. You have <laughs> you have an idea later where Ezra has to jump in. Her 13's mm-hmm. robot has to jump into the deal and doesn't have – it's not weaponized. He's not weaponized, but right. 13 is into robotics. You have a full army of drones that just <laughs> right. fly around that obviously have guns. I believe by the end that you'll have 13 repurpose oh, these and, and hack into yeah. them. They're definitely going to be involved Astros at one point. It's yeah. so pushed. But I like the idea. Even when she says, oh, you know, they're, they're, they're primitive, but they've been in the sky for ages. And she says that when they come out. When the sky's clear, they come out to recharge because they're solar powered. And I right. thought that was pretty neat. I like the idea of this world having birds that are just old drones from our yeah. time. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, me um, too. Now, you, you kick in, and we're almost done the issue. Yeah, but what happens fast. then is, you know, you have 13 go and talk to some guys, and then basically. Uh, talk oh yeah, to... these are her. These are her buddies from the first issue. Yes. So that was set up nicely. Yep. And then and... Jas, who yep. is going to a high level and wanted her to go from that first issue, yep. she says, "Hey, can I talk to you?" And this is where she shows her piece of yeah, shit. Yeah, she's deal, a bit of a piece. Where of she shit. and and basically she she's a piece of crap at this point, but smart yeah. because. She's going to get away with 50000 for doing nothing. Right. She because she's, no, she's going to – it's not even like I'll give you 25 down now. No, she right. goes to Jess. You're already going to high level. Hey, can you take my cousin, <laughs> nephew, niece? You know, Can you right. take him oh, – they're putting him off as a boy. Right. Can you take him to high level? Mm-hmm. And when you get there, you get 50000 Right. And they're talking about this, and that's where you have Minnow. She overhears her, him. Yeah, and runs away yeah. into the tunnel of love that's now the hydroponics, it says. <laughs> oh, and yeah, they, they, It's so ridiculous. <laughs> they go in there, and luckily this happens. And it's one of those where, again, I like yeah. the way it progresses because – if they were out and about, she might have been caught we because Black right. Helix shows up and they yep. start shooting guns. They're there to find this girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know that she's here. And they, they pretty much – there's no doubt in their mind that she is not here. It's not one of these that they're going to say, oh, OK, well, we're moving along. Right. They're going to kill they people. They know. Somehow yeah. they know exactly where she yep. is. They're going to burn the place down and kill people until somebody comes out and says it. Um, luckily, not as many people knew that that there was this kid there at, up at this point because I think somebody would have again though I think that Black Helix should have come in and just offered people you know twenty bucks yeah, I think it would have well. been better than shooting people because they already hate them yeah. Uh, but yeah they, but they the, and I like the way that Sheridan does this too like he he used that that way to get them out of the way yep but but in the same time he uses it as as an opportunity to develop Minnow yeah. as a character yeah, right she's yeah. she's complaining hey everyone's throwing me around like garbage. Yep. All I, you know, all I want is just to not be thrown around. Yeah, and you, you start, be... you start to bond like with with the character. You start to care about her a bit yep. more, and it moves the plot along, right? It yeah, gets it into what you need to be. So, and it, then, really well done there. Like a a book where we always talk about the things where if a superhero tells you the secret identity, you die. Poor old <laughs> Jasper looks like he's dead. Yeah, he's the he's only done. one who really knew. What, you know, 13's plan was and he gets shot in the stomach. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't think he's living. 
they yeah. take off. They, you know, Minnow and Thirteen run they get, get in the, the truck. shit truck. They they're out. The shit sucker truck. They, so they now, are out. I don't know exactly how they know that's them. I know the truck. It, it must be weird, right? It but, would be one of those like, where are they going? Go and get them, but yeah, boy, exactly. they are positive that yep. it's them. And yeah. they just start shooting. You have minnows like, can Ezra fight back? No, not weaponized, but that's a good idea. How about this? Uh, you know, distract them. They need, 13 needs them to start firing at something else. I thought, I thought Ezra was done. Me too. <laughs> Ezra's Me done. Too. I'm like, really? Like, I like Ezra, even though Me we don't too. get enough of them. Uh, uh, but goes off. And while this is going on, a weird deal here, too. I'm telling yeah. you, this might be the most forced thing in, but I was yelling the whole time, you, you're, uh-huh. you got shit. Shit slick. Yeah. But <laughs> she ends up, 13 ends up going, she says to Minnow, which is cool, like, hey, take the wheel, and I don't know how to drive, and just go straight. Right. Um, and, but with that, she has a bomb? Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. C4 in the back? I mean, it looks like a complete – and it looks like a, a bomb. Yeah, it was ready and, to go. Yeah, ready to go. <laughs> Why is that in there? I know she is a scavenger, but I yeah. wouldn't keep a bomb in the thing that I'm going around in. <laughs> right. But she attaches it to the, the – it is. It's a sewage shit pump yeah. shit sucker deal and all mm-hmm. the crap in there. I also don't know why that wasn't emptied the last time. Usually you would empty because <laughs> if you, you had the next job. With it. Hey, yeah, yeah. They, they went back to – I guess because Minnow was there, they didn't have enough time, but she ends up unhooking it, pushing it, and blowing up, uh, you know, the Black Helix thing with shit, and even says, eat shit. Motherfuckers. Motherfuckers. (laughs) And while this is going on, you also have the thing where Sheridan seems to not want them to have an easy route to high level. So while this is going on, all of a sudden Minnow's like, oh, no. I need help. I'm driving and I don't know how. And they go into what appears to be a a, a shit crater. (laughs) It looks like sewage. They go in and it ruins the van. And now they have to walk. And I'm telling you, at the end, they have the the end page. And again, these aren't these haven't been like huge, like, oh, my God, cliffhangers. These these. But it's so much like old man Logan slash Logan, the movie. They're walking. I do like Ezra's there flying above them with the holding the, uh, you know, the backpack type deal. That's pretty cool. And it looks good. And I like the art. And this is the thing. If anybody, you know, we listened before, and Ruben, I know, was interested. He went and read the first issue, and he said he completely agreed with us, that it is very generic. It kind of didn't. The thing is, is Rob Sheridan, for somehow, some reason, whatever, he's making me care about these characters. Whether or not it's the way he's setting it up, or I just like him. But even Ezra, when I thought Ezra the robot was going to die, we haven't had much of Ezra, but I was worried. Yeah, And even like Jasper, I'm like, oh, Jasper, you're dead. Oh, man, you you were nice. Guy, but yeah, I I think that the idea of thirteen being kind of a jerk, but then you already see her liking Minnow, and Minnow's cool. And and again, if you are reading any of the Marvel, Minnow without the crazy powers or anything does remind me of Gabby in the X twenty three book. Yeah, and I love the young character. I do, and I love (laughs) Gabby, and I like this idea. Now it's Gabby without powers so far, but she she seems. She's vulnerable. She seems tough enough. But even when she's driving, I thought that was cool. She could barely see over the steering wheel and stuff. But they get some things really good. Now, again, the Black Helix showing up and just shooting everybody. and It's very forced in a way, very going. But 
you don't need to hang there that much, right. I guess. Exactly. So we go on. I want to see what's Moving going on. on. Yeah, yeah. And I said at the end, you have the map. And I didn't even see where they, they point out where they're going to be next. And I'm looking for like the next couple towns. I didn't see. And you pointed out it's like way up there. I <laughs> mean, we're near Winnipeg. There. And Winnipeg's <laughs> islands now. So we're going up there. But yeah, it's it's also funny just to think that this is Canada. Which, which Canada. again, though, is very Wolverine. I, yeah. I guess all these things are just so i don't know maybe it's just one of those that by the end we'll be like you know what it's a package of a lot of things that we like yeah. and then we'll go with because yeah. i like it and it's the worst thing yeah in fact i'm going we talked about scores earlier uh-huh. i'm going up I, i'm gonna give it a seven five i was I, just I, gonna say i'm going seven three yeah because, i'm going uh, seven five I had, I, I had fun talking to you yeah, about I it liked and it. And the art is great. The coloring's good. Yeah. Um, story straightforward. It's easy. I'd rather read this than Batman any yeah, day of I'm the week. Yeah, I'm saying. I think that that might like that. be one of the things that when yeah. you go into it and like, oh man, it's like Logan, it's like Logan, but I enjoy reading it. And, yeah. and by the end, I told you before we started also that I don't get angry. I didn't get angry at all. And th- there's a couple things. A couple uh-huh. things in this. Didn't get angry. Now, uh-huh. once when I was reading, did I have to look at what page I was on because I right. wanted it to end. And by the end, I was actually surprised it was over. Yeah. Actually, then I looked. I'm like, what is this, a 12-page deal? So yeah. I don't know. Yeah, uh, I like uh, How crazy could it be that this might end up being one of my favorite books? Uh, nonsense. This is one that we didn't even know about. And right. then it came out. We're like, all right, we're adding this. Yeah. Like I said, yeah. Goddess Mode has more of a – and we'll get that next week, which that yeah. obviously had some sort of delay, right? Because I think we, so, yeah. We talked about Goddess Mode, then this. And we, yeah, so we have that in Hexwives next week. Yeah. And uh, Goddess Mode is one of those where the world itself intrigues me a lot more but it's frustrating and not getting enough stuff, so I couldn't get behind it uh, as much. So hopefully that turns around and we actually have some fun books because yeah. that's so what I need. Yeah, I need so some fun. As, as generic as this, you know, this really kind of is though. It's a lot of good pieces put together. Yeah. Care about the character. I mean, I mean, that's kind of what you ask for, you know. Yeah, I mean, that's what I want. What you ask for. And, so, and, yeah, definitely and solid so, seven three. I, yeah, I, and I'm I'm I, going. I, I don't know five. if I would go out of my way i mean i guess if somebody was like hey i'm kind of interested i'd say yeah definitely go ahead yeah. and read it I, I wouldn't go out of my way and start yelling through the through the no street I'm, I'm not going on twitter and saying that this is my book that everybody <laughs> right. needs to read there's been right. few of those the, right. this wouldn't be it but if you are looking for something different yeah. you kind of want to get like i said a logan vibe even an x23 type of vibe with this uh-huh. uh you you could go with that and, and enjoy it yeah, yeah. i i, I, I think it. that it's it's pretty good and and yeah that's and barnaby vahenda's art was pushed at the beginning as like the big to do because mm-hmm. he and if you if you don't remember he did a mega men with tom king was the right. last big right. big thing he did and i really like this art yeah. i like it a yeah, lot it, it last issue, I think this issue looks even better. Last issue, uh, maybe it was like he has that specific style yep. that does kind of like throw you a little. But now yeah. that you're in, I'm like, it looks That's really it. yeah, good. I'm used to it now, and I didn't even think about it. I yeah, just yeah. jumped right it's in. It's like that color. It, it, it looks like a watercolor, watercolor type thing yeah. sometimes, but it, mm-hmm. it looks really good here, and and it it fits a lot of the things like the vegetation mm-hmm. a little and the, this world and stuff. So uh, yeah, yeah, I liked, I liked it. it. I got to see what Ruben thought of the second one. I got to yeah. see if he liked it as much uh, yeah. as we did. But yeah, I awesome. if you want to, if you think that it's cool, check it out because I'm glad we did. But yeah, next I'm week glad, me yeah, and I'm you. Glad we're reading it. Yeah, next week me and you, Goddess Mode, 
Hex Wives. We got the review copies so far. I've not yeah. looked at them at all. I wish yeah, I could yeah. say that I, I, uh, and Hex Wives should be the big, big to do. This right, should be should the be. issue yeah. where it like yeah. all hits the fan, but we'll yeah. see. But thank you for coming on, Pete. Yeah, and man, this I will, is great. I always yeah. have fun. I always and, have fun talking. Yeah, and I'll talk to you about Ed Whitson some more next week. <laughs> oh, maybe I in can, the Slack chat. I oh, could go God. on and on about the yeah. 80s and 90s oh, Yankees. Oh, the 80s, 90s want. Yankees. Uh, my worst <laughs> thing to end it as a, uh, you know, a uh, uh, freaking bookmark here uh-huh. uh, is the idea that uh, I went to college in 90 uh-huh. and then didn't get to see any Yankees. So when <laughs> I went, all of a sudden, the you Yankees, missed I missed it all. I'm telling you, I would get word from my one buddy who screwed me oh, out. The, the guy I went to college with, he ended up screwing me out of rent and stuff. Uh, and he ended up, but I remember one of the last things, there's this guy Jeter. He's going to be so good. <laughs> like, really? And then by then, it, and that, that was the deal. Again, and, if we, if we were going to baseball, right? The I guy know. carried yep. that team for yep. like so many years. And then Has he got retire. his last season with the, I think they got to the wild card and yep. lost. And, and then they won. And then he missed it all. Yeah, he missed it all. <laughs> because, guy. yeah. He 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 didn't have a good back and, yeah. and all that. Yeah, but even back. so, the the funny thing is, is when I would go back and read the stuff, and it's obvious as we talked about George Steinbrenner in the beginning. Mm-hmm. It's when he was banned from baseball, and they actually started using their you know their minor leagues yeah. and their their developed guys and I bringing mean, that, up those guys. That whole know. core came up through the through the system, yep. you know. Yep. Yeah, them, so. all of them. yeah, that was the deal. You know, mm-hmm. you had to set it up. Don't try to buy every year, George. Which yep. he did, and he, yeah. he failed miserably. But yeah. there we go. But all yeah, right, Yankee Jim, talk. Talking, yeah, we're doing talk anytime. Oh, I could all the time. But <laughs> I will talk to you next week. All right, and we have one book left. One book, and what a book it is! What a book it is! Book them, Dano. <laughs> There you go. What I have uh, back because we ended up recording with some other people, Reggie and Chris, I, I can't seem to get back into this recording program without it resetting completely, Eric, which does allow us. It, it's baseball people are time, saying, people. Now, here's the thing. Brian Michael Bendis is telling us that the biggest mystery is Naomi's identity? No. The biggest mystery is what exactly ballpark Oregon. sound effect is. Here it is. Charge. Charge. I knew it. I knew it, Eric. You know, that's how it goes. Yeah. That's I have an a awful ball. rim shot. Oh. You know, people. Oh, my God. We had a lot of fun tonight. We Serious talked time. a lot of books. You know, mm-hmm. some people still, on this still have pod, one more to go. Some people on this podcast were a little more positive than some others. It's some true. others really seem to think, in my mind, that all comics are just made to please them and them alone. Mm-hmm. But I'm mm-hmm. here to tell you that is not the case. Oh. Comics are for everyone. Okay. And you know what? Everybody's favorite comic is also somebody's first comic. Just remember That's a that. Weird thing also, to say. remember that at some point there aren't bad characters, just bad writers That's writing right. those characters. There, thank you. There you go, Eric. I, I like these sound effects, right? I'm kind of sad now. <laughs> There's another one that's called Intro Outro. I don't know what it is. I, I know what do you are. want. Do you, do you want to hit that? Do you, you want to spin the you wheel? Hit, you hit that outro, I'm out. Yeah, well, this is Intro Outro. It's not my sound effect. This is their sound effect, Intro Outro. Do you want to go dramatic piano again, or do you want what's behind uh, you know, a wall number three. Give me wall number three. Wall number three. Wall number three. Why is it a wall? All right. 
right, here we go. Why isn't it a door? I don't like doors, Eric. Doors are for opening, but also for closing. Eric, I Uh I don't need that. I I don't know what you're telling me. This This is the show that we're going to do tonight. Eric is a jerk. We're going to fight. Yeah, here we go talking about Naomi. She's the biggest mystery. You better tell me about her. There you go, Eric. You like that? You better she tell me about maybe her. From Gem World, but I don't like Gem World. Neither does Eric. But we got Thanagarians and possibly Ranians. Oh, he definitely got I'm some Ranians. I'm gonna run over there. Over there. I have no idea how this song goes, Eric. But I did it pretty good there, right? That was okay. Yeah, you keep going. Uh, this guy uh, looks like a set of there. Yeah. Here we go, Eric's drinking soda. Papa people around here like to call it soda. So he can go and fuck himself just one more time. Just one more time. Jess isn't here, that means Chatterbait. Chatterbait. He's gonna watch the Chatterbait. I'm going a little B-52 stuff. A little bit. I like it. He likes the Chatterbait. There you go. You Chatterbait baby. You should see this awful dancing I'm doing. (laughs) (laughs) It's so bad. I think this song is going to end, but the podcast just beginning. We're going to talk Naomi. Uh, who's winning then? Not me, not you, not anybody but Brian Michael Bendis. Brian Michael Bendis, the Bendis, Bendis, Bendis. <laughs> it's an awful, awful sound you make. <laughs> oh, that's the worst bunch of singing. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, it's time for Naomi. Which, there we go. Naomi spoilers, man, damn, this is my favorite issue of Naomi so far. What? What's that? What did you say? <laughs> I didn't say uh, intro uh, or outro. Uh, Eric likes this Naomi more than the other two that came before. He likes it. He might oh, yeah, the best be bit in of heaven. Ever done. I'm gonna spoil this bitch. He gives it a seven. Uh, uh, seven. It's a seven. Oh. There you go, Eric. I hear me echoing in it. <laughs> I'm like, how annoying is this? <laughs> oh my goodness. Anything else you want to say before nope. we start this? Nope. Nothing at all. You, Nothing you at don't all. have anything to talk about? Okay. <sighs> Eric's clamped up. He don't wanna talk. If I keep singing, I think the motherfucker will walk. Uh uh-uh. uh. He's walking down the street. But he's a big fatty. He doesn't eat meat. Meat is murder. There you go. What, what does me good, walking right? on the street have to do with me being a big fatty? Well, it's also I needed something to rhyme with street. <laughs> you know, fatty doesn't ahead. rhyme with street. This is the thing. When you are singing songs like this, you're How like a chess fatty player. Rhyme <laughs> with street. Uh, no, I, I just uh, fatty is just in general. That's just you. But I, you know, I'm thinking ahead. You went to the wrong-term school of rhyming. I Well, no, it was street and meat. Fatty was just thrown in there as one of the lines. you got to pay attention. It's like you're not listening to me. I try I, not I don't to. Know. Uh, uh, he's not listening to me. He's not using his ears. He's a big fatty. He's got a big rear. All right, I'm done. I was going to say, how about this? He's not listening to me. He doesn't use his ears. Just don't pay her bills. She's in arrears. 
How's that? She, <laughs> she's full of tears, Jim. Tears. Yeah, she's in arrears with her what bills. Do, what, she hasn't paid. What does that even mean? In arrears? Don't you know that that term being arrear? Yeah, I've never heard that. Go look it up. You, you freaking learn some languages here. Learn English, maybe, before you start talking. you nonsense, uh-huh, Eric. That's uh-huh. what I say. Yeah. Uh, 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 now, is uh, that rears I wish or he'd arrears? Arrears. arrears. I wish that he would learn the language. He's got to learn English. And I just hit a brick wall. <laughs> I don't know what to rhyme with that. Uh, it, it is, is money that is owed and that has, uh, should have been paid. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, right there. So there you go. That that worked out way better than you ever thought it could, didn't it? Boom. Naomi number three, written by Brian Michael Bendis and David F. Walker. I'm not going to go to there. You remember Artist back by- on Friday when you're like, oh, yeah, we're going to have this done by 830 tops. Yep. Well, yeah. that was when we were going to have it done 8.30 tops on Friday, and then we decided, <laughs> I said, we ain't recording. We were just going to do three books then. <laughs> Art by Jamar, Jamar Campbell, Jamal Campbell, and Wes Abbott. We're halfway through Naomi, and I'm starting to think this book might not change the DCU as we know it. No. This issue is good, though, with great art and a better focus on Naomi, her parents, and what I Mostly always know Eric loves, the D. Plus, we get two big reveals, okay. just not the huge one we were promised <laughs> yet. And the D. Yeah, I think that the art in this is really, really good. I like the focus on just Naomi. And yeah, you can say that most of this is a continuation of her just yelling at D oh, and yeah. D yelling back. But and you even do this get whole a progression. Thing with, with Naomi, I'm like, yeah, there's not much of Naomi in my mind. It's like more of D and her parents. Yeah. Yeah. Well, again, you know, we're going to find out more about them. I think that now we can kind of be rest assured that the six issues is just going to end up with us finding the, you know, what Naomi is, who she is, whatnot. You mean the secret heir of Gemworld as far as I'm thinking? Yeah, that's what we thought that from the beginning, actually. And so going through this, though, is I went in and and no, when we saw the baby, we said she's in Gemworld and she has to do something with it. And I would think she's important. Um, But the idea of the six issues and it is six issues as a season one. Is how Brian even, Michael Bendis has said it. So it'll come Just back like at some point. Just like first six issues of Prez, right? You yeah, know, I was going to say. Season two is going to come back. It really is going to – it's going to be decided of the sales and things right. like that. But So I was thinking we were going to get into this. And, you know, am I crazy thinking that Brian Michael Bendis would give us info right away? I wasn't thinking that this full six issues would just be, hey, by the end – we're going to reveal who she is. I thought we would get through two issues, find out who she is, and get a story based on that and go forward with that. It does seem like that's not the case. It does seem like the six issues is just going to be a, hey, read these to find out who she is. Then we'll go from there. Maybe she joins Young Justice. Maybe she ends up, you know, we wait and have another, you know, season two, whatever. <laughs> but it does seem like this first six issues is just going to be, you know, I can even see that the trade will be called like, you know, I don't know. What you're <laughs> Naomi, say, uh, Naomi. Secret Origins? Birthright. Something like that. that yeah, Secret Origins. Something. So, you know, it would be called. I, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, I had uh, nothing there. Like my song. It goes like this there. Uh, no, but with that, by this issue, it did lessen my anger about all this because we did get some big reveals here. Yeah. We did get some good character work. I like the D 
I, I've always been a fan of the D. I don't know why you refer to people by calling them the before <laughs> you there, say I'm it. like, you know, like, the Shea. You know, I'm going to go talk hey, to the, the Shea. Gym. Yeah, that's what you say. I'm going to go talk to the cool guy over there is what you say when you go to talk to me. That's not but my no, name. Once, uh, once this issue, I got done and it made me, it wasn't just like, okay, I'm going to review this one issue and this happened on this page. This, boom. It was more of almost like a light went off and like, okay, I kind of get what he's doing here. And I'm more on board with it because that first issue, which I still say one of the most frustrating number one issues I've ever read where you want to jump in and learn some things and you get these friends and where people argued with me that whole time that, oh, it's important to see these. It's important to see that she works at that cafe. It's important to see, see her therapist. These may tie in later. But we haven't God, seen them so. since. We haven't God, seen I them since. So. so that's the thing. I can't say that that paid off yet. And I can't say that anything from now. Now you're already at the at the least you're getting them an issue for. I forgot all about them. I, I, yeah. I don't know. We were trying to remember some of these guys' names. I said, you know, you know, the Riverdale gang. <laughs> that's what it seemed. The guys. <laughs> you know, you had you know, Goth Girl. You She's got, the basket case of the Breakfast Club. Goth Girl. You got Letterman's Jacket. Yeah. You got Letterman's Jacket. Bigger guy who looks like Moose. Uh, you know, the, we, where, we did where's know Reggie? Yeah, Annabelle. We did because Annabelle was in last issue where she was talking to her. So that was, you know, that's what you get. But at the beginning when you had that art and the art was great, but that that spread page with all the friends talking, I, I, I never want to see friends? that again in my life. Who, who talks with that many word bubbles and says things in the exact same deal? Me and you are talking, and obviously, you don't talk like me. You didn't even know what arrears meant. I mean, how could you even talk arrears. like me? You can't even grasp the English language. But no, well, everybody well, sounded alike. I'm sure you've heard the word arrears a lot. I have. Well, yeah, your position. <laughs> All right, legs up. Uh, but yeah, with the, she is still she's still arguing. I will not stay away from your arrears. <laughs> and so when you have this, she's there with D. And the big thing that we wanted to know was, is D or father is the lady in the picture mother d pretty much spells it out here and i can only trust them that this is the case specifically because by the end of d's little section here naomi's mom comes up slabs d like a jerk and d does not say yeah d does not say at a point like I didn't tell her that. Uh, hey, I still have the secret, you know, stuff like that. So I can only think that what he's telling her is true. But what he is is a Thanagarian. And that was not it's kind a, of a big shot. I'm saying like, but it's, it's not a like bigger he's a deal. Hawk man, but he's a This is what I said. Yeah. But I said in my Aliens review live among us. where we're promised the huge thing. We're promised a, a thing that will change the DCU forever. I realize I don't need something that big to enjoy this book. I need something, though, and that was something. That was the beginning of something where I can say, okay, you know what? Things are going on here. This is interesting. This is chock full of new stuff that we didn't know before because before we just had the idea of Superman showing up and fighting Mongol in the town. Besides that, though, we haven't had anything really interesting in this town besides for Naomi trying to figure out who her true parents are and what's up with this weird thing that nobody knows about old superhero stuff or they're hiding at this idea. Now we have a Thanagarian, we have Gemworld, and we have Ronnie's body. I'm like, all yeah. right, you have thrown a bunch yeah. of stuff at us now that's very interesting to I'm be a part you. of the DC universe. Now, I don't know why somebody wasn't more alerted to this when he was in, uh, you know, a Blackgate or I, was he in Iron Heights? I guess it was. You know, yeah. when he was in Iron Heights, maybe they should have looked more into his Thanagarian background and we would have known or whatnot. It's okay. 
Uh, I'll let that pass. Uh, because I don't know. It's For cool. some reason, if you go back to the original, like Savage Hawkman in the New Fifty Two, he was a Thanagarian, but somehow got a goddamn college degree as an archaeologist. I'm saying no, but stuff. nobody knowing, you know, everybody avoiding him and that he was in Iron Heights, and she could look that up on the internet, but nothing about him being Thanagarian. I guess that's a secret. You know, he's too yeah. But he he has that picture. We do see that he was part of this Thanagarian covert like you know undercover he's I like, love it. As like you, you mean, say undercover it's like, like you know uh, uh you were a soldier i guess that's what you call that yeah, here yeah, i'm like no, i no, was no, a soldier my god <laughs> so it's so ridiculous like, he's like lived here you know, for fucking how many years 17 and then at he's least like we would go from planet system to the planet system on different covert missions sometimes and you call it undercover i got you covert, i'm like this man. isn't this isn't starfire and teen titans go here I mean, he knows undercover and and soldier. I, I think I mean, he thinks just, that kids are more idiotic than I think. Maybe. Like, Let me explain this to you. We used to be called soldiers. <laughs> soldiers. Uh, but I like the idea because – D then also becomes a sympathetic character, not just because the love of his life was left behind when they were trying to go. Soccer mom comes up a bitch slap. No, but also the idea that he, I like the way Brian Michael Bendis writes this, that he kind of, in my mind, he wishes that he could tell Naomi more. He wishes, I don't even know that he knows everything that's going on, but she's like, you know, is this my mother? Are you my father? And he's like, oh, no. kid, you know what? I'm sorry. I, I, you know, I didn't prepare myself for this. I didn't think that you were ever going to ask me this stuff and I'm sorry about it, but no, I, I can't really help you very, you know, a lot with this. And I liked it. He even says at one point that he's, you know, he's a shy guy. He's got, you know, social anxieties and stuff like that. that. And yeah, I, I like yeah, and a, a huge guy like that, you know, should be able to go and just hit people over the head if he gets upset. Eric. But I do like the idea. Like the world he, you think he becomes a very, he becomes a very nice guy. Now again, when this happens, usually I usually say that I believe he will die by the end. I think that maybe somebody will come. I think that the idea of this is that when the jig is up and gone here, maybe we'll get something happening because it's it seems more than just. Oh, Naomi realizes she's this or Naomi realizes that something else must be at play here that they can't let the stuff out or shit is going to hit the fan. And then you also have the cool idea of the mom showing slapping D in the face and saying, you know, you you promise you promise me. Yeah. Well, we don't even know. I don't even know that we're going to reveal at the end that that's not the adopted mom anymore. Who knows? But she ends up. They adopted her. (laughs) No, I'm saying. But who knows? That's the story they might have told everybody. They're Ronnie and she might be a combo of, uh, you know, six different aliens that they actually had. I don't know anymore. No, I'm just saying the thing is I I want to differentiate just because we talk about the mother and the big thing right now is trying to find out who Naomi's mother is. And we need just to say separately that the, the adopted mother comes in instead yeah, of saying the mother I, i'm saying though we don't know anymore i i don't know i'm telling you if, if the reveal at the end is she's ronian and they had her and they had to make up a story to get the you know kind of in or whatnot or whatever they did i i don't know i don't think that's the case but it could be it i don't even know do you think the mother's ronian because i don't anymore no uh, i still this. think that the mother's the thanagarian that was with d and gemworld yeah, I actually think she might even be, yeah, something like that. But yeah, I, I don't know how this is going on because the dad's definitely Ronnie and he goes and shows and she says, he's got to show you this. But just showing the dad as Ronnie and 
doesn't really explain anything along the lines no. of Naomi. And some, it's a weird uh, we'll thing, see. too, having this whole idea where we have the, the reveal that D is a Thanagarian and him and his, you know, so- soldier companion, you know, they, they fled and they were somehow got the gem world, which seems like a weird place for Thanagarians just to go to gem world and then getting out of there coming to Earth. But then we also have Ronians in there. It seems like the Ronians and the Thanagarians, they are not known to like each other, but they seem to have some kind of pack going on. Because you have the adopted parents who are Ronians, it appears to be, and D, who we find out here is a Thanagarian. And there's a big mystery going on, but the mystery is still just up near. But they are giving us things like Chamrod, which I do hate, but it's something. Thanagarians no. and Ronians. I'm like, okay, these are things I can sink my teeth into in the DC universe. You're giving me at least something I can understand going on. These are aliens. But when we do have the thing where... They were in general. They were trying to get away from all of this, you know, war and covert yeah. soldiering, you know, the whole thing. And they were in Dark Opal's palace. And then in the basement, there was a gateway. And they're trying to get out of this whole thing, go through the gateway. And before that, uh, Dee's companion, who I believe to be the mother of Naomi. Yeah, I don't think she it is seems because be, she okay. says she – I mean, Dee says it's not. Yes. And I believe it. But I But Dee also believes that she was killed there and hasn't seen her since. Yeah, I don't know that he thinks she was killed. Uh, he may think that she couldn't get through. He kind of looks and sees her there and kind of, you know, yells. I don't know what he thinks. He's never going to see her again because the portal, he says that right. I'm stuck here. I actually believe that she doesn't have parents. I think that her parents, the Ronian, at least the one, and I'm saying the adopted mother, I don't yeah. think she's Ronian either. It looks like, I mean, you look. She doesn't go down and says, this is just something with you and your father. Now, I wouldn't know why she wouldn't go. And to me, that ship looks like something that only one person would fit in. And D even says, is that the spaceship you found me? And I don't think that's a two-person ship. I think the mother's right. something else indeed. And I actually think that Naomi, if she's from Gem World, if she's from whatever, I actually think she's something that doesn't necessarily, like she was just made, she was created, something like that. I, I actually think that. I don't think there is going to be a mother only because of the fact that they're really pushing this mother and father of being the, the mother and father father that raised her and there's no other i don't think there's another one i think that it's going to be some wacky thing that explains like she's a construct that came to life something right. like that with this but uh, yeah i i can only think that with only three issues left d getting slapped and kind of out of the picture now uh the big reveal i think that th- there's no way that that lady was the mother and again how could d get there if the mother couldn't and and you have d pretty much spell out she never could to earth because if you think that this woman then went and got pregnant and then later the you know d or naomi shows up from uh-huh. the the mother d there's no well, way the portal's d, still d, open no but d says there's no way i'm stuck here i can never see her again i could yeah, never because go I'm saying back. That the, port, the portal's one way to earth he went through she stayed behind and he shot he like saw her get shot before yeah, i don't he know went that the, portal. the portal's even open anymore it closes out it gets dark and i don't know that that portal's still open it's just he comes out and it closes so i don't know that that is actually something that's always open they they open it up to get out of there and then it, it closes up so i don't know that that that's the case. I just I don't know how Naomi got there if that's her, you know, the mother. And then all right. of a sudden we're having a, a story that in three more issues where we barely move an inch every time that it's going to be able to explain that this woman that we there's no way to even show her now. 
you know, what happened afterwards because nobody was there with her that we right. know of. Uh, I just don't see them doing that. But, you know, we'll see. But, yeah, by the end, the I dad- just want to know what is up with Naomi's adopted mother's baseball bat because this thing, I was trying to go back and look because at one point you really noticed how dented up it is. No. And it was like this before she ever did anything with it. What were they doing with this, like, aluminum baseball bat that it got? I've never had a bat get that messed up. What is she doing I, with this? I had a dented up aluminum baseball bat. Did you? A piece like of crap that bat? bat? Yeah, if it's a piece of crap bat. Yeah, and plus guess. she's going and she uses it right when she thinks that D is up to something. I mean, this isn't something they're just hitting fungo with i think that they she has fought with it and they must have done something but again i i don't know necessarily what's going on but i with only three issues left and the idea that it was kind of like is this of the mom is this the mom you know in the picture and then i'm just saying no no that's not your mom it would be really wacky to pull it around in three more issues to explain fully that this woman then gave birth because she was pregnant and he didn't know. And then they put her in a portal and they got here and got there. There's just, it doesn't seem like there's that much time left uh, to explain it. And at this point, the dad kind of seems like he knows what's going on and they're just about to tell you know, the next part of the story right. with him, even though he looks like the fattest Ronnie and I've ever seen that, that, that <laughs> he has been on there. earth for almost 20 years. Yes. If not more. He's yeah. just sitting around doing suburbium stuff. He's not doing Ronnie and soldier work. And, and the right? thing he that's weird about it too, is the idea that I thought that maybe they were set up to, you know, deal, but this doesn't look like the ship was just, it looks like it crashed there. You know, it doesn't look like it's like set in there in a nice place to kind of, hey, let's hit this aside. It's like got shit all over it. I don't know. It's a weird ship the way it looks, but I, I don't know how this is going. It's obviously D and the parents have something where they have an understanding. He right. says, I wasn't wait I was waiting for you to say, but I wasn't prepared now. The parents say the same thing, like, Oh man, I knew you were gonna, you know, ask about this and we we're gonna have to tell you, but not this early. And it's one of those like this is like almost like her puberty of rite of passage, even though or she's even just a the whole earlier. thing too, where you tell somebody that they're adopted and like and they wanna find out who their real parents is, but you wanna wait till a certain age for them to really be able to process this. Yeah, but she seems older than what you would normally get that at. I don't know. Cause she's like like 17 or 18 yeah. it seems a little older and that they're like oh we weren't prepared to do this yet when were you going to be prepared at 30 um well, it turns yeah. out they kept putting it off jim and then it just got away yeah, from like them I because said, they wanted I, to keep I, waiting because they wanted her to be their little girl forever i actually well i actually i think that is and the, brian michael bendis pushes these wonder comics of every one is supposed to be the moment where uh, a kid becomes uh, an adult or the, you know, the wonder of learning about yourself and what's important and things like that. I just wonder, you know, how this is going to be. But I, I just I get this idea that after three issues and not knowing anything about, you know, her mom and she's really more concerned, it seems, about a mom than a, than a dad in my mind. But uh, it's just that it seems like if we're just going to go a couple more issues and then all of a sudden go, Oh, by the way, here's your mom. Oh, this was your dad. It just seems like we're past that point and it's something more than that. I don't know. That's how I, I think that if we right. get six issues and then after at the sixth issue, like, Oh, by the way, uh, your mom was uh gem world's, you know, queen. And then you're like, okay, well, where do we go from here? Uh, you would think that if it's something big, you would want it by now. So your that mother's can see Gary her. and your father's well, I'd dark like to opal. See if you could end up seeing her reacting to this. And then again, like just say it was that lady in the picture, 
then we're not going to have time for her to go in and find her or even help. You would think that then D would want to go find her as well. But D seems to know who it is. He just won't tell. I, I, I don't know. I don't know when the mom shows up, it basically is like, you know, we had you, you're all with your honor and your, your nonsense. And now you're doing this and there's really was nothing to it. But I did like this because of those reveals that the dad oh, yeah. at least is Ronnie. Well, and, right now there's and, no uh, real freaking, you know, continuity for Brian Michael Bennett to screw up in this wonder comics, you know, series. This is my favorite wonder comics comics at this point. Now that we have this, because it is something that it feels fresh at least. And I'm not looking at like, you know, young justice where it's like every time I read something, something new is wrong with them. Like, God damn it. Naomi's a new character. You throw some gem runs, some Thanagarian stuff, some Ronnie and, I'm happy enough, and you are slowly giving me a reveal to something that you, Brian Michael Bendis tells me is important. I have to trust him at this point. I, don't, yeah, I can't I'm say not it, it's going him. to be. I'm not, not trusting him at all about but he that. Keeps There's telling no me it is. way. Yeah, the solicit. He also keeps telling you that Young Justice is fully God in the continuity. <laughs> so he's wrong. He, he, he lies to get you there. Uh, you know, and so, but I, I did like the reveals. And like I said, wrapping it around to trying to figure it out and trying to see what it is and knowing now that I'm pretty pretty set that by issue six, that's all we're going to get by then is the, you know, reveal, then we'll see. Now, I was looking at the the site to see, you know, what's going on with the next couple issues and what the solicits are. And right. the weird thing on the DC site only goes up to number four. And uh, they've solicited out to to June, so this would have been weird. And this is just April solicit. Yeah, That's April seventeenth. This is odd, and it just says the newest sensation again. Uh, DC what a sensation! Uh, hop on board to look at the DC multiverse you never knew existed, and the new mysteries what? and threats it brings to our world from the creators of behind Jessica Jones and Bitterroot comes a brand new look. But that's only four. It does that's not have, you know, when we sense. go, you know, when we, well, that's what it's saying. Again, is Michael that going to be, it's just going to be multiverse nonsense, but you know what I'm doing when we go to the thing and it has yeah. all of the issues below, it should have all of them and it, it does not, it just has the four. So uh, we'll see. We'll see what's going on. I wanted to see at least by this. I just wanted to see by the sixth issue is what <laughs> I like. The truth is going to change both her and the DC universe forever. <gasps> Oh, my. Secret of Naomi opens the door to an enormous reveal you will not want to be missed. In. I just love the idea because I'm telling you, this is my own little headcanon of what I have my theories going on, where she becomes like the supposed heir to general. Like, we have, yeah. so her and Amethyst are at odds with one another. I'm like, you th- like, this is that giant thing. Like, you'll never want to miss. Yeah, that's what Amethyst I'm saying. This and Naomi seems, being mad at each other. This <laughs> you seems, know that thing. Yeah, yeah, you know, everybody's <laughs> talking about that. That's why it seems like. It can't just be the end, like, oh, man, here's the big reveal. It was the lady in the picture. Oh, my God. Really? This changes everything. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think different that maybe it was the love of the multiverse that created her. I actually think she's like some crazy ass conscious. Tell me that D had himself one of those wishing machines, but it didn't get his wife like back. She was a baby. I think we may have seen this. I I think that it might be something like that. And it's going to end up. That's why it changes the DCU forever. Because that's not your mother. That's complete and utter nonsense. That's what I'm telling you. It's complete and utter nonsense and it changes it forever by ruining every other story so now all the other stories do the same thing 
But no, I, I like the reveals here. Yeah. I like that Dee's and Gary. I think so that far. he is a cool character, and the dad being a fat Ronnie and at the end <laughs> named Chuckle. Still want to know what's, what's up a Ronnie with mom. and a Thanagarian and, and, doing, and keeping secrets of each other. Even Crazy. The, yeah, even the dialogue in this, and that's cool too. But even the dialogue in this wasn't as sing songy. As right. it was. In fact, I really like when Naomi gets in the car and the mom, yeah, she's repeating midnight and stuff like that over and over. But when when Naomi basically says it's not just, oh, man, you know, you're kidding. It's that she saw her mom get mad and hit D and, and wasn't even like, man, you hit a huge hulking man. She, I've never seen you raise it. And I like that. It was very natural why she was upset and what was going on. I t- then all of a sudden you have the dad like. We're going in a cave, baby. And I was like, what is going on? I actually like that bit too, because the whole idea where the, the father, the adopted father is a fan of horror movies and has had Naomi watch the, look, yeah. you show me all those clown movies and you want me to go in this cave? Yeah, you want the, me to go look, in this cave. I've been I've been your father for 17 years. Why would I wait from now to kill you? Yeah. That's what and I even plan. that, That's when she laugh. sees the Ronnie and Starship, she says, oh my God, is this the ship you found me in? Oh, my Superman deal. No, no, no. That's my ship. And she and turns around. I love that she like turned. Oh, my God. It's I'm like t- wrong turn. It's a scary wrong turn. Like all of a sudden he's in that fat, fat suit. Oh, no. Was, you're a it fat made me Ronnie. laugh too because even the whole idea of putting myself in Naomi's place where my adopted parents are now driving me out in the middle of the woods out of nowhere, middle of the night kind of shit after this whole after big showdown. freaking out. Hey, yeah. Exactly. I am not getting out of that goddamn car. No. I am terrified. No. I'm not doing it. Yeah, but she trusted them. Rightly so. She and trusted her adopted parents more than I trust my trust own. trust was not in arrears. Uh, but that's it. That's the end of the oh, I give it a seven. I right. give it a seven. That's what you gave it to, right? It is. Yes. Give the it art a is great. Yeah. I like the reveals. Yeah, we both like it. I, like the I look forward to see what's going to come next now that we have these reveals. And I like the uh, the smaller scope with just the couple characters and picking pretty much the interesting things going on. So that I But like. essentially, this could have just been issue number two because everything yeah. we had last issue was just a continuation. Issue one and a half. Exactly. I I'm mean, really, we've had she so could have went to D one time, complained, saw the picture, said, is that my mom or you my dad? No. Have the mom come in, slap, boom, out. Yeah, that first issue was just, again, that was the worst of the worst. That was the sing-song dialogue. And maybe we're seeing, as we go on, maybe we're not giving, we we barely mentioned David F. Walker. No, we we never mentioned this is co-written by David F. Walker. Maybe he's getting more, well, maybe he's getting more involved in the writing because there's less of that sing-song nonsense. Maybe that first issue was Brian Michael Bendis. From the mind of Bendis, (laughs) where he sets it up. And then, you know, hey, I'm going to go do some other things. You do this because I'm starting to like it more. Uh, But, yeah, we both give it a seven, which leads us to our book of the week. Eric, what's your book of the week? My book of the week is a cross between Naomi and this week's Nightwing. Both it's sitting at seven out of ten. So hopefully things pick up for me because that's not the best score to have yep. for your books a week. Mine are uh, Teen Titans and Justice League. So that's nice. a, a tie with me as well. And in the meantime, one of the issues of the Teen Titans Go would have won. <laughs> the one with the pimple. That might be my favorite <laughs> issue that I read all week. So there you go. But that is it for the end of the podcast. Uh, this is what we're going to be talking about next a week and there's a really really big book and i'm not just talking that it's almost 100 pages eric uh, oh my you know, crisis it is, is 100 pages it is detective <laughs> comics number oh. 1000 and if you want to go and support us for all this nonsense and all this songs and stuff eric like this one Dan, no one's supporting this no one's supporting any of this i just three people just quit patreon <laughs> as we speak uh, <laughs> if you go over to patreon.com slash weird science 
one or two of these books will be on the spotlight because what I told everybody was if the badasses of the Get Fresh Crew beep, boop, beep, boop. pick Detective <laughs> Comics, that'll be the only book on the spotlight. It is, it is almost Not the idea pages. that it's a big book. It's a lot of pages. It's, we it's a lot of pages. So, with a hundred page book. Uh, if they pick Detective Comics, which is winning now, that will be its own spotlight. That'll be the DC spotlight. If they pick something else, then it'll be the next two books there. And we'll see how it goes, but uh, you'll get to hear a bunch of these books. And there's a little more next week than we've had. We have oh, Action yeah. Comics number 1009, a little Leviathan action, Eric. We'll People see how are starting out. to worry that <laughs> yes, Eric might be right because he said that he thinks Brian Michael Bendis thinks Leviathan is a character, and people are starting to get I'm worried sure. about it. Batgirl number 33, we'll be talking to Reggie about that. Batman Beyond number 30, Batman Beyond Mark, we'll be talking about that. Books of Magic number 6, Reggie and Chris will be on that one. Detective Comics number 1000 that we talked about. That is the big book of the week. Uh, Dial H for Hero number 1, the next That's the Wonder big book comic of the week in my mind, huh? Sam Humphreys at that. Freedom Fighters number 4. And usually when we get Freedom Fighters, I say to you, uh, it seems like seven months since. This one seems to be quicker. And I know. I, oh, we just talked about that, so I'm excited for that. Me and Pete from NYC will be talking Goddess Mode number four. Me, Eric, and Reggie will be talking Heroes in Crisis number Aww. seven. Uh, yeah, we'll be doing it. It's uh, pretty much the penultimate issue of the regular story because people. that last issue was a tag on deal. Yeah. Hex Wives number six, me and Pete from NYC will also be talking about. Justly got to see number seven. We also have Martian Manhunter number four that Jeremy's going to talk about. It is a Orlando zone. We have, yeah, and we have Shazam number four. Me and you Which are I look forward, forward to, to that. We always look forward to that. The Flash number 67. The Silencer number 15. All right. I don't know if you've seen the solicit, Eric. I have. But the solicit says Blake's cover is blown. Blake's <gasps> cover, it says, Eric. I, oh, my God. I saw that today. I'm like, what? Uh, the Terrifics number 14 we'll be talking about with Reggie and Wonder Woman number 67. I hope that improves. I need to like that book. And it's just it's killing me lately. But, yeah, if you want to get the spotlight. And all the other shows we do over at the Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash weird science and sign up to support us and get some new shows and all that sort of jazz. But Eric, we're done. We're what do done, we baby. Say when we're over with this podcast. What, what do we say when we're over with what this podcast? What do we pod- say when we're over the podcast that we're done with? Huh? And, and uh, I'm telling you, you've been doing this all night. Yeah, I don't know wrong. what arrears is. And you're like, oh, you should learn that some English. We're done with the podcast. It's over now. Eric is a big fat cow. He's a Aww. cow. <laughs> what do we say again? There? Everyone have a great week. Way better week. than my week now. Way Keep better. it weird. Weird. And we'll see you in seven. See you in seven. Oh!